Asuma, I thought you said there would be a cappuccino in here. I know, sir, but I found something. Is it a cappuccino? Uh, no, but... Then I don't care. Captain, will you just look at this? We've confined all the incidents to these three specific areas. And? I put on a scarf for this, you realize. And this is the actual distribution of the labors around the city. Hmm, that's interesting. Means there must be something causing it in those particular places. Any idea what? Actually... If you say aliens again, there'll be hell to pay. That's about as superfluous as the Gundam Project. The Gundam Project? Hello everybody, this is Dollar Relance, and welcome to a very special episode of Gundam at MHQ. If everybody remembers, I did a clip show episode for Gundam last year, known as Gundam the Two-Year War. This year, I thought it'd be a good thing to do, to do another clip show. So today I'm here to introduce you to the special clip show episode for Gundam Year 3. Uh, I appreciate Sobro for letting me do this episode, and... This episode is going to cover episode 44, Dynamite, on December 30th, 2009, all the way up to episode 68, Christmas Bebop, with December 12th, 2010, with, as the, the date. So, I just wanted to let everybody know what this episode is going to be covering. Oh, and also, it won't cover specials numbers 8 or 11. Eight for obvious reasons, and eleven because, well, unfortunately, I was a little pressed for time, and well, I couldn't, I just couldn't uh, get episodes out of it, or clips out of it. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that this is mostly going to be a clip show. I tried to do my very best in terms of editing it together, and to make sure that the, well, that the clips didn't burn anybody's ears off with in terms of loud sound and various other things too. I also added some signature sound effects that I had for myself to, in my memory banks of my computer. So I hope a lot of people will appreciate the the touches I did make to the episodes with some of the fourth wall breakers that I put into it in the style of the last clip show episode as everybody might know about. If not, well, you're in for a big surprise. Also, I'd like to thank uh, Chris for this next little bit that I'm going to be doing. I know that a lot of people are very familiar with the, well, the Straight Talk Express that Chris is very fond of using, but he was nice enough to lend me the Straight Talk Express for at least a little while. So I'm just going to uh, do a little Straight Talk right here and now for all the fans of Gundam and all the anime fans that might be listening. And first and foremost, I just want to say I normally don't do this, but I thought this was something that needed to be addressed a little bit. And it was, and it came about in the time scale of when I was editing this episode just recently. So with this, I transition into the Straight Talk Express. Anime fans, I'm pretty much everybody know, sure everybody knows about Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the card game as well, but also the animated series too. A new Yu-Gi-Oh series was just recently announced called Yu-Gi-Oh ZL or ZL. I kind of noticed a lot, a lot of people on the internet bashing this series immediately before the series actually got out. And when it was announced that it was coming out, 
that these this new series was going to replace the 5ds once 5ds concluded its run i noticed a lot of people were complaining and complaining about this series i'm just going to state this right now and for the record this show has not premiered yet it's only going to be premiering after 5ds concludes its run in the summer of actually it's the spring the spring of 2011 so i just want to make that very clear that the series has not premiered yet in any case i've noticed uh, three things that really that rubbed me pretty damn wrong number one um i noticed a lot of people have been saying that that the show's going to suck and based on the character line out there i've been seeing a lot of comparisons between bakugan and what's the other one Bladers. And first of all, like I said, the show hasn't premiered yet. And these character line arts that we've seen are all done by Kazuki Takahashi. So if you're blaming a series that is going to be crappy based on the line art, that's kind of ridiculous because, again, the show hasn't premiered yet. So you're going to just say that the show sucks just based on the line art? Get over yourself, please. Also, I've noticed that a lot of people have been saying that this show is going to suck just as much as GX does. Okay, again, this series is might might not be aimed to you, but the show hasn't premiered yet. And to compare this show that hasn't com- premiered yet to a show that's been done since 2008, I think it's premature. And the say and the say that even GS sets is a little over egotistical in my opinion as well. But if you're gonna say a series sets compared to another series then watch the series first okay also i've all and this is a small set of people i also noticed a lot of people saying that because kazuki takahashi actually wanted 5ds to be the last Yu-Gi-Oh series it's a reason to actually not support this series and i've noticed a lot of people out there saying that this series is going to suck because takahashi wanted the last series to be 5ds okay first of all no offense to mr takahashi but if we looked at the Yu-Gi-Oh! series as a whole, does anybody really believe that 5Ds was going to be the last in the Yu-Gi-Oh! series? I mean, that's like saying that this rendition of Ava is going to be the last one. I mean, say what you want about Ava, but it's very popular enough that it's going to reappear very often. And Yu-Gi-Oh! is the same thing. It's a very good franchise. It's strong. It's very popular still here in the States and around the world, especially in Japan. And... If you had to compare this series to anything, especially the Yu-Gi-Oh, I would say the only comparisons you can draw between this series and GX, which I've been noticing a lot of people have been saying this series sucks and comparing it that it's going to be nothing more for little kids. Well, this series is probably not meant for us. It's probably meant for the next generation of fans to get them in to play the Yu-Gi-Oh card game. GX was all about getting the next generation. That's why the series was called Generation Nets. GX. I can't really see why people are bashing on this series already. And I've seen a lot of stuff. It's not that bad. It's actually pretty interesting. It may not be uh, aimed towards me, but hey, what we what can we say? It's they're gonna they're gonna aim for the younger crowd, and that's a good thing. So long as the so long as it's popular, so long as it keeps going, I don't think it's a problem. I can't understand why everybody is so enraptured about hating on a series just because. It looks like it, it looks like it's meant for little kids. Newsflash, everybody. This series is about a, is about a show that talks about a card game. Naturally, this is going to be aimed towards kids that 
want to play the card game, okay? That's my Street Talk Express. I can't understand why everybody is hating on this new Yu-Gi-Oh! series, the Yu-Gi-Oh! ZL or ZL. Everybody calm down already. It's a simple series. It's not the end of the world. And ultimately in the end, it's just a, it's just a simple uh, show about cards, okay? So lay off on the series. All right, that's my Straight Talk Express. I just wanted to say that because honestly, when I was watching when I was watching stuff on the internet and looking up the show, uh, I it kind of took me aback that there there would be this all this hatred. And I'm from what I can tell, a lot of people are saying this simply because Takahashi wanted Five Ds to be the last series, and the fact that this new Yu-Gi-Oh series is going to be replacing Five Ds. Well, first of all, again, the franchise. It's I don't I don't think anybody should have really believed that 5Ds was going to be the last. And secondly, of above all else, really 5Ds was going to was going to end one way or another. All things come to an end. So I just want to say uh, thank you everybody on Mecha Top Forums, and I like to thank the the hosts of Gundam, Neo, Lornoak, Chris Guanche and Sobro Ryu just for letting me do this uh, opening. So I appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, if anybody has a problem with the show uh, about how what I what I said just now, just let me know. And above all anything else, I just want to say thank you to everybody who thought that the last uh, show was such a good thing. I mean. Honestly, everybody, I, I thought nobody would be interested in listening to a bunch of clip shows from previous episodes. And I thought it'd be a, nice, a good thing just to try and do this. With that in mind, I guess I will see you next year. And one, I mean, well, one year from now. Uh, as the next, the next time I do this, I might uh, come out on another clip show. So I appreciate everybody listening to this. And I think I've droned on a lot too long right now. <laughs> so I will just let you out on this special episode, Gundam Year 3. Thank you very much. Bye. Day one, junior detective Jitsuyama and I are tracking some guy named Ichi Hova, a slippery fella with about 26 last known addresses, each one now derelict or completely knocked down. The acrid smell of rotten wood and moldy masonry overwhelms the senses as we trudge into this mess that was once a thriving little community. I used to live here when I was a kid, and the skyline framed by the window in Hova's 15th apartment reminds me of what the world is coming to. Progress is the new concern. And the past is just seen as garbage, all of it. Would it kill the city to just use some of the taxes to clean this shit up? Like we still need a Gundam over there and a Gundam over here. Just bulldoze them Shut up! down for crying out loud. Hey, Jitsuyama. Yeah, boss? Shut up. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Alright everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and we're going to be going into the final 
uh, chapter of what we would change in Gundam. Uh, our previous two episodes, we did what we would change in the 70s and 80s Gundam shows. Uh, the second portion was all of the 90s shows up into uh, 2000, which was the live-action thing of G-Saver. And uh, now we're going to be going, finishing up uh, actually the decade. It's, it's kind of funny. This is going to be our last show of the 2009, and these, uh, this is the end of the decade, isn't it, supposedly? Oh, yeah. Isn't that how they do it? Yeah, because 2010 will be the next, the second decade of the 2000s. So what we're going to be doing is just like we did in the other ones, we're going to go through uh, chronologically with one change here. We're going to be doing, first we're going to start off with the first show of the 2000s, Gundam Seed. Then we're going to do uh, MS Igloo 1, but we're going to do both the Hidden One-Year War and Apocalypse 0079, even though Apocalypse 0079 happened a couple years after um, MS, uh, the Hidden One-Year War. Then we will hit Destiny. Uh, then Stargazer and Double O, um, and then finishing up with uh, MS Igloo 2, The Gravity Front. So I guess we'll just kind of kick it off with uh, the first one here, which is uh, the first um, Gundam of the 2000s, uh, Gundam Seed, an alternate century, and Solbro, you're on. What would you change? Well, um, it's funny. Uh, this is like a political show, man. You, you're my two pundits. I go right to you. Solbro. <laughs> well, there's Comment. actually two, two plot points I actually agree with. Let's hear from Carl Rowe. What are you have to say, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Please bash this current administration. Or who's that, who's that one guy on CNN with the dog face that... Uh, the real liberal guy. God, talk, I always forget his name. You talk about oh, you either talk about uh, uh, David Gergen or uh, no, no. Well, oh, you, no. you mean uh, the bald, the bald yeah, James Carville? The bald? No, not James Carville. But there's another guy. Never mind. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but uh, oh, I know he's he's a fat guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, David Shrum. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, I know him. But um, well, uh, I actually agree with a, a a good friend of mine who's actually here in the room with us right now, old Nick the Stampede, number one Bright Noah fan. He's here, and we talked about this last night about the things we like to change in Seed, and we came up pretty much with these. Um, one of them is not so much reused animation throughout the course of the show. You know, during the battles, there were a t there was a ton of scenes we saw over and over again. It was almost it, it like the show um suffered from macro sevenitis. <laughs> No, oh, dude, come on. Uh, Macross 7's use of yeah. stock was nowhere near as bad as Seed. <laughs> yeah, Seed, man, it's almost like every episode you can count on seeing some of the same things, like like Voltron Foreman in every episode. <laughs> the same animation. How many times can you watch <laughs> Nicole and Kagali's dad die? Oh, my gosh. And, and, and that includes flashbacks, the scenes we've already seen. Um, numerous times they show, would, would show those. They showed up even in Destiny. And in Destiny 2. <laughs> <laughs> With flashbacks of people who don't even who weren't even there or don't, don't know anyone involved, <laughs> but flashbacks are happening regardless. Exactly. Chris, what were your uh, what were your thoughts on what to change on Seed? For God's sakes, the the flashbacks! Oh my God, there, there's a reason why uh, Ganoda nicknamed um, nicknamed Fukuda flashback them all Fukuda. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Because as murder crazy as Tamino was back in the day, Fukuda just. Loves to give you flashbacks over and over and over and over again, even for shit that happened like the episode before or earlier in the same episode, exactly. or, or was shown in the recap, or you <laughs> or know the, the recap, the, the short yes. little recap uh, prior to the the episode. Yeah, and I swear to God, I think in the episode after Nicole died, they must have shown uh, 
that that uh, that batter up death like four times. <laughs> yeah, up. that that was getting it was too much on that. And and how many times do you have to see uh, Kagali's dad just chilling there in, inside the flames and getting blown away? <laughs> and then and then you had the one that was uh, it was only for a short time, but it was about a span of about eight episodes. The uh, uh, Kath, uh, the Akira Atherin fight, you know, round one. Yeah. When they they yeah. went after each other. They, the, the next couple episodes, it was like I think in some episodes they even showed it like twice. I think from both of their as- aspects. <laughs> I don't know. It was terrible. Chris, uh, what would you change, uh, Mein Kaiser? More space Nazis. Because uh. <laughs> that's exactly what Igloo needs. It just needs even more. It needs guys doing freaking Sieg Heils and and you need to see like the Zeon Youth and. I need to see like the triumph of the will in space. Well, didn't wasn't and, and that space wasn't concentration what, camps? Well, we didn't see space concentration camps, but we did have Hitler Youth. We did have crazy zealots and uh, rubber gloves. You know the 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 the, the Das Boot feel. <laughs> now let's keep this very short because we've already devoted many times of time and bandwidth to this uh, <laughs> mobile suit see destiny, Chris. Would you like to tackle that? Where's Austin when you need him? Yeah, 50 words or less. <laughs> Everything. We'll do this debate style, presidential debate style. You have three minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, literally everything, because even the parts of the show that were good had some problems. The fact that um, they started off with another Gundam Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Was Even though it was done well, better than it was in Seed, like, yeah. Did you have to start a Gundam Jack? Couldn't you have just started with, say, uh, Unius 7? Yeah. Like, the ship's launching and then bad stuff starts happening? Yeah, that would have been awesome, actually. Yeah. You it would have worked a lot better. Um, and also the fact that they ignored, they didn't really develop, like, any of the why behind Unius 7, right when it happened or after. It, just, it was just kind of this thing that happened. The, 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 the greatest 10 episode show idea that was one episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, that could have been a really good arc to start things off, but Whew. it just got cut down to like a single episode. Um, you know, obviously uh, Shin having this show stolen from him by Kira. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shin being turned into like a Jared Gray knockoff loser villain. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> and having his character development like completely destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kagale being destroyed <laughs> and going from a kind of annoying chick who you know, would fight for her friends and her ideas and stand up for anything to a uh, crying, useless ninny. Uh, the, um, the comic book resurrection of Moo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, destroying Kagali's relationship with Athrin, which was one of the good things about Seed. Yeah. Um, turning Kira from an okay guy into a total robot. Mm-hmm. A total, total robot who never experiences anything and never has anything happen to him, and who is absolutely perfect. Eyepatch Matilda. <laughs> yeah, uh, making uh, Captain Ramius like totally subservient, like some maid to Lacus. Yeah, yeah, I know. What was that all about? Uh, Andy being useless and wasting his resurrection. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, the the you keep going. Shows. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I think he re- I think he reached the word limit. <laughs> oh wait, wait. One last thing about um. Destiny. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stop. Stop recycling and slightly changing animation uh, from seed. Oh boy. Oh boy. Retconning on the fly. It's, I swear to God, half of that show was like, let's take this scene from seed, 
change the mobile suits around, have them move the exact same way, change the background, and voila. Well, it, it, it seemed like the only battle they ever fought was Orb, just in, in yeah, different it's the same, suits. I mean, like, it's ridiculous when, when you have the final battle in space. It's just like a space transposition, practically, of the Orb. battle in Orb five episodes earlier. <laughs> You're so true. It, 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 it's funny because it's true. But, um, it's also oh, sad because it's true. What about the obvious? Less of Saji. Oh, Pizza Man, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I just learned to accept that he was just something that would... He's just... That Saji Crossroach yeah. was just one of these things that no matter how much you wished he would go away, he wouldn't, so just deal with it. He's like a rash. He's like yeah, a rash that won't go away. He's, he's herpes. Ooh, haters. He's herpes. <laughs> he basically is herpes. He's there. He won't go away. He may seem to disappear for a while, but in the end, he always comes back. He just wears back up every so stronger often. Stronger than yeah. ever. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, the endless debate. <laughs> this sort of relates to what I just said about the uh, some of the, the, the ace characters. Uh, Graham kind of got a little bit of a short shrift in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So did Ali a little bit, but uh, I, I know that supposedly you know Graham's uh, role was rewritten because of the movie, so apparently there's going to be more of him in the movie, so I, I can understand know. some adjustments had to be made for um, for the movie. So, But even then, I think the, the series, as it ended, uh, was just fine, even if there was going to be no movie. Yeah. So, I, I think uh, one of the best things is you have one of the better final battles that like made a lot more sense and didn't have to be rushed. Like uh, we had talked in the past of, you know, like some of the shows in the Seed universe, and even, and even some shows... Um, in in past Gundams, you know, they really had the ending thought out where, you know, final battles, the second to last episode, and, you know, and, you know, you have the, the, the first half of uh, the last episode to kind of clean up everything, and then a nice little epilogue, so. So, aside from, you know, maybe just reducing the pace of some of the combat, cutting maybe a couple of battles out that weren't quite so necessary, um, and, and either losing the innovators or beefing up their skills, I thought uh, Season 2 was, was fine overall. Season 1 was fine as is. I don't have any, any uh, things I'd change about that, and uh, that's it for me. All right. In the eyes of the population, he's a hero. But, but in the military, he's disdained. Yeah. I mean, wow. they try to keep him down. The only reason why he even takes command in the movie is because all the other commanders above him get killed. <laughs> Sounds like Patton. Yeah, and and you know the and like I said earlier, the tactic that he uses of igniting the gas on this um, gas giant planet it doesn't win them the battle, but it stops them from losing. Oh yeah. yeah. But had these guys been going the way they were going, they would have certainly lost if not for his intervention. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side, you've got Reinhard, who uh, is equally as brilliant. But he's held back, um, not so much because of bureaucracy. There certainly is that, that stayed, stale thinking at place in the Empire, too. Maybe perhaps more so than the Alliance, because they have a longer history. So that's working against them of, this is the way we've always done things. But then, as I also mentioned, just this complete hatred of him by the nobles, because uh, his sister, Anirose, is the um, concubine to the Kaiser, uh, Friedrich IV. And a lot of people just, you know, derisively call him the blonde brat yeah. and see him as uh, just some young punk. Because he is very young at the start of the series. He's only about, say, 20, and he's already pretty high rankings at admiral level. And they see him as, you know, just getting his position because of who he knows. When it's kind of odd, given that a lot of these guys are incompetent 
and yeah. they're only in the places they are because of the people that they know because of their family names. So exactly. I don't get what they're complaining about. <laughs> Just jealousy again. So his yeah. genius is diminished because of nepotism, which they themselves are, were, are at because of that. I mean, it, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Should mention Yang uh, is kind of his character. He's kind of very interesting because um, even though he's a tactical genius, he never wanted to be a soldier. He just joined the army for money so he could go to college. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. He did it for the GI Bill. For the GI he, Bill. <laughs> he he wanted to be a historian. Yeah. But then he just got sucked into the war. He became part of history. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about uh, Young is he he likes to drink a lot. Nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time uh, every time he orders tea, he always makes sure to uh, ask that uh, brandy be put in it. Nice. That's awesome. And, and he's very much kind of like a lazy slob. Yeah, and, and, and this is a guy that will sit there, and he'll actually drink during a battle. And Ooh. in between battles, he'll sit there and fall asleep on the bridge. Yeah, with his legs propped up on top of a console. <laughs> yeah. What? Or sometimes sitting Indian style on top of a console. Oh, and and he's just a total slob if, and yeah. would not function as a human being if not for uh, his foster son, Julian, who cleans up after him and basically takes care of him. Yeah. Man. Instead of the other way around. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of funny because you know you have him as as you know the tactical genius on the alliance side, just a you know a complete mess in his everyday life, and then you have somebody like Reinhardt who's you know he's very disciplined and yeah. you know he makes sure yeah. he has all his bases prim covered, and, prim and proper. Yeah, even even outside of battle. Yang sounds awesome though, man. He sounds like a male version of Sumeragi, man. But um, <laughs> maybe. And you see here a sort of political debate, uh, especially in the first two seasons, of what sort of government is better. Is it better to have a benevolent dictator or a corrupt democracy? Yeah. Because you see the alliance is riddled with corruption, and it's ineffective. And it's sort of like a story for the ages, because uh, it can apply to sort of any age. I mean, I'd say it's relevant now, you know, the question of... Uh, how effective a corrupt democracy is because you see the alliance is not run well at all. Yeah, it's not. It's run by, you know, the military industrial complex. Uh, the war is viewed by very narrow terms of patriotism of, you know, let's keep fighting and sending more men to die. And a lot of the uh, hawks who, you know, are sending men to their death are sort of fat cat politicians who themselves are not fighting, who are not risking their own family. So these are the sort of like the cheerleaders who uh, who egg on war from the safety of behind the front lines yeah. back home. And then you've got the empire where, you know, one benevolent dictator can make um, great societal reforms. Yeah. But the counterpoint to that is uh, once that guy's gone, the next one who comes along may not be as good. And that becomes yeah. kind of the central issue of 3 And, and then the pendulum swings back the other way. Yeah, and exactly. that kind of becomes kind of the central issue with 3 and 4 when we get into uh, those two seasons of, you know, it's it's great that Reinhardt's did all this stuff. And in some ways, a lot of these reforms are democratic reforms, which is actually a little shocking to even yeah. even to the alliance and even to those within the empire. I mean, who would ever thought of the, the nobility just being abolished like the way that they were? And, um, you know, so. And it's interesting to see that even though these topics are discussed throughout the series, it also becomes a very central focus of this encounter between uh, Yang and Reinhard, where um, Yang basically lays it out that even though a benevolent dictator is good, once he's gone, the next guy could undo everything, whereas 
with a corrupt democracy, even though it's slow and ineffective, you can always replace the government with a different one. Yeah, that's true. And 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 sometimes the reforms aren't as aren't as drastic as as they would be in a you know. Yeah. No. I uh, got a few. Oh, go for it. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Uh, you know, since this is the uh, beginning of the new year, a few things. Um, mm-hmm. Next episode, uh, you all can look forward to. We're going to be introducing some new things to mix things up and keep the show fresh. So oh, uh, I'll be deliberately vague about that. <laughs> you probably know more about it if you've seen the listener participation thread in uh, the Gundam forum. So if you want to know what we're talking about, go there and have a look and yes, uh, have your say. Uh, I can promise and give the sobral guarantee that we are finally <laughs> this year going to talk about Gunpla. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. And also Full Metal Panic. I'm making my way through the series now. So um, you guys um, have been asking for an anime spot that, that. that guarantee. Well, we're going to review it finally. We'll do it the for, guarantee do it of you finishing listeners. the show might be that. Yeah, I'll finish the show and, we, and we'll finally talk about it. And um, anyway. What um, about Zoids, Chris? Zoids? chance of that? Dude, we're we're gonna we're gonna you you blew the surprise. We were gonna oh, go and do Zoids Roundup. Zoids and SD Gundam, man, it's coming up. Zoids followed oh, with the uh, SD Gundam Force anyway. Followed with the um all the uh the different analyzing all the different versions of Ava, the Samoan version. How did you know? Yeah, you read his mind. Special guest, Pedo Bear, <laughs> North. How how did you know? And then finally, um, to again be deliberately vague, um. Make sure you uh, check MHQ on April first. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh man, mystery. There'll, there will be something there. Mystery. Huh. Nice. Will be something to look at. Okay. Well, all right. It's not going to re. You know what would have been bad is if those guy, those hackers, like had one of the navigation buttons uh, redirected to the petition that Solbro had for um <laughs> for uh, for Gundam X. No, for uh, the for seed what? movie. Yeah, because I'm the one who made that one. <laughs> oh, you're the chump behind that one? No. <laughs> Although you would think I would be. You would I, I kind of did. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry for you. You had me fooled. Man, as I tend to do. No, I, I want a refund on my Sobro guarantee. Oh, well, Give me back get in my line. bandwidth. <laughs> Give me back my bandwidth. <laughs> but um, anything else to add, sir? Nope. That's it for me. Man, just when you think you got no info, you got plenty. Always hitting us when we're not looking. But um, that's it for episode 45 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time, and Happy New Year. Yeah, same here. Gundam, you see uh, the new uh, Gundam Unicorn. As Bandai Visual has announced on the that the first Japanese-English Blu-ray volume of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, the greatest Gundam series ever, will oh. be re- available on, on the Amazon website exclusively for two months starting on March 12th. Um, I have already pre-ordered uh, my copy, and by pre-order, I mean actually <laughs> pre-order <laughs> for a Blu-ray. What? And if I may uh, make a straight talk comment here, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed lots of people uh, as soon as this news came out, surprisingly, were complaining. Why? <laughs> surprisingly, yeah, they're like fifty dollars for fifty minutes of this crap and this stuff and it's too expensive and i'm not gonna buy this or it's like hello it's amazon yeah (laughs) when do they ever sell things at cost yeah they don't (laughs) and always you know (laughs) all these people who just bitch endlessly about there not being enough anime on blu-ray or that you know 
there's not enough Gundam being released here. When something comes out, what do they do? They complain. They bitch about it. They cry about it. And 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 remember, on Amazon, anything over twenty five dollars gets free shipping. Yes, <laughs> it's thirty five freaking dollars. That's I think that that is a okay price for a Blu-ray. It's an okay price for an hour-long Blu-ray of New Gundam. Yeah, of of something that's not very popular here. You know. Yeah, I mean, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to pay thirty-five dollars with free shipping on Amazon, or would you prefer to like you know have to go to some Japanese import site and have to like pay like sixty or seven dollars to have it imported? Over here, with bad Hong Kong uh, subtitles. Well, let's be let's be, let's be real. Well, I mean, import the actual. Oh, actually, yeah. import yeah, that too. Yeah, actually, import the actual real deal. So, what's preferable: buying something from an American website or having to import it for like double the price? I mean, let's. Yet, of course, the bitching continues. I mean, I, I I'll be real about it. I know a lot of these people you know like to complain about the price, but half of them are not going to buy it anyway. Of course, and, because and they're 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 this uh, current generation of whiny entitlement fans who think that all anime should be free yeah. and they have no concept of the value of anything when they're when they're slowly killing the, the the industry as is i mean if anything if you're a big gundam fan and you would love to have a, a gundam series on blu-ray you can either a buy it when it comes out or b wait for them to box set it later you have two choices well, i don't know when that later is coming that, that's but, part um, of the problem yeah that was part of the problem wait for the box set but that's but i mean what, what's whatever. really cool about this is that it's coming out now it's coming out this is probably the fastest turnaround for any gundam project it's and, a day and date release which yeah. if I remember correctly uh there's never been in uh in the past, a day and date home video release in Japan and America for a Gundam series yeah. ever. Yeah. This is this is a landmark a landmark event, and if it costs a little more than your average uh, Gundam Blu-ray or DVD, which there hasn't been any prior um, Blu-ray Gundams in America, that um you know just just if you really want to be a part of that, then spend the extra coin. I mean, you don't... yeah, and it's like yeah, it totals out to two hundred and ten dollars. To get the whole series, but if you like it, uh, is that a problem? You're buying it in installments anyway. You're not paying lump sum yeah. for the whole thing. So yeah, is, is it going to kill you? I mean, we don't know what the release schedule is for future volumes. I would assume it's like maybe every other month. You know, unless you're like dirt poor on the street, probably in which case you can't be posting on internet forums to <laughs> bitch about the cost of anime. Exactly. Uh, is it going to kill you to spend like thirty-five dollars every other month to buy a, a damn uh, Blu-ray of uh, Unicorn? I don't know. I would hope not. I think so. I would hope not, but again, if you're if you're that desperately poor, you probably don't have the time to be bitching on anime forum terms. Okay. So that's that's my straight talk comment. <laughs> you, you say that, but but inside your 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 heart of hearts, don't you hope against hope that uh, that the Renaissance is, is upon us, just <laughs> waiting to spring out at any time? I'm hoping that Isn't live. It true. I'm hoping to see that live action in my lifetime. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys are hoping hoping the end of the world happens before that, but man, I'm maybe that will be the end of the world. Maybe that'll be the last I, I, um, the last sound of the apocalypse. But when, when that happens, I think I'll have an appointment with uh, with a long walk off a short pier. Yeah. Amaro <laughs> <laughs> played by Michael Sarah. <laughs> oh my God! Don't even say that. Hey man, I'm just I'm just talking oh. nonsense. But um. Oh God. You... <laughs> No. And, and you Char just get you just get worse every time. And sharp, sharp played by Sean William Scott. I'll be here all night. 
anyway. Um, what's, what's next? Uh, Gear and Zombie played by Zac Efron? Hey, man. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, that would be... Zac Efron would play Garma. Garma Zabi all day long. Lala Soon played by Vanessa Hudgens. Hey, man. Sayla by uh, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Ew. With her blonde wig. Ew. Terrible. Let's see what um, my friend um, Jeff, a.k.a. Jabman025, has to say here. He says, not in our lifetime, no. Anime as a whole got a huge boom from Cartoon Network, as more anime was shown on American TV than any other time in history. Now Cartoon Network barely shows any anime, period. Family Guy and Robot Chicken are now considered the premier cartoon shows on that network. Put simply, the majority of the American population has yet has has to see it to accept it. No anime on TV, no growth of the fan base. And he goes on to say, um, the only real hope I see is the coming wave of live-action movies from Hollywood based on anime shows or movies. Um, Battle Angel Antilla. I'm not sure what that is. I think he meant Alita. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. I had to rip you on that one. Don't worry. You'll get me back. Um, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Cowboy Bebop, and the other anime series are currently being backed by Hollywood stars. If these movies do create a new growth in the anime and Gundam, the fan base will be a very slow but growing one. And See? He's a, he's, he's a little, little bit of a hoper and dreamer there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jeff. But, you know, <laughs> what I would say is what do any of those movies have to do with anything? Right. Um, you know what? What is what is what does Battle Angel Alita or Ghost in the Shell Cowboy Bebop have, Cowboy Bebop have to do with you know angry youths piloting samurai-looking robots in future wars? <laughs> well, there movie there would be movies based off of um, animes and maybe. But maybe, what I'm saying is, a, a I'm saying is, small. even if mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, if you know, even if all of those movies get made, because of course you know. They could all disappear into development hell. Yeah. And even if all those movies were successful, mm-hmm. what does any of that have to do with Gundam? Yeah, with that's Gund- true. Um, nothing. No, no, I mean, not, directly, no. Uh, you're right. It, it really has nothing to do with it. I mean, the most you could hope for is people trickling down and happen to stumble, stumble upon Gundam because, you know, they have it. it, it, it it's an anime series just like them. So, um, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge logical leap because most of the yeah. things he mentioned, uh, you know, Akira very well known here in the community yeah. from the VHS days, Ghost in the Shell, also known from, you know, like the old days of the first movie. That's that that was like the gateway drug for like everybody and his little brother in the nineties. Bebop true. was very popular when it aired on Cartoon Network. I mean that show aired like you know, they reran those twenty six episodes for how many freaking years? <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> on Adult Swim. So even all of those franchises, they all have history here. Right. But again, just because those things are successful, you know, doesn't mean Gundam will be. If if A and B does not necessarily mean then C. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so those being successful does not, you know, that that does that does not connect the dots directly to Gundam. It's a huge logical leap to just assume that those things will somehow pave the way for this. And and they're all a little different than what Gundam is. I mean, those are all more cyberpunk type shows and you know which have a different feel this is more you know Gundam's always been more young younger protagonist um kind of war story giant robots so it's yeah. it's got a little bit of a different feel to it the stuff that was pushed the most for the longest amount of time until like you know the pokemon era yeah 
And then, then, then that's a whole other animal all to itself. A lot of that people is, think that's a whole other that's a whole other uh, <laughs> can of worms. Exactly. A lot of people think that's all anime is is just a bunch of kids um, dueling monsters. And I, I don't know, know what's worse. We've we've moved from porno yeah. uh, <laughs> monsters to um, you know little fighting monsters for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but for the most part, it, it, Maybe it, next we'll have uh, fighting porno monsters. Hey man, that that that's a thought. <laughs> but it's about synergy. Synergy. <laughs> Guess what? I mean, it, one of the bright sides that you can look at everything is we're getting English releases of Unicorn when that comes out. So I mean, there might be, there must be something. They yeah. might have identified something that we're. And we had last year uh, Double, Double O on Sci-Fi. Yeah, that, we did. Know, which, you know, was the first time in years that a Gundam show aired in America. The first time in five years. So to come out of like near oblivion. And to air a show on Sci-Fi, and presumably do well enough that they aired both seasons, yeah. and probably expose some new people to the franchise. That's good. Yeah, and the fact that you can't find those box sets now, of uh, <laughs> you know, of, of Double O. I mean, and, that... you know, Double O, you know, probably reached a wider audience, you know, now because it aired on TV than Destiny did because it didn't air on TV, and that's a good thing. That's really and good. And whatever the next Gundam show is, if it happens to air here too. That's great, and maybe it'll attract some other fans. So, you know, it's it's not a failure by any means. It certainly does well enough to, uh, you know, continue being brought over because, you know, they're not going to keep bringing over something that's failing. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that, you know, there's, there still are crappy video games that come out. <laughs> there's still manga that comes out. There's still DVDs that come out. That, to me, that's fine. Yeah. As I mean, long as I can get my hands on these things that I want to collect, you know, I'm happy. Kick it back to you guys for more Mecha Talk comments because I know we've got some there. I've got one from our man Wielder, and it starts out with um, Short of Harmony Gold suddenly deciding to license Macross Frontier themselves and market it as some sort of alternative Robotech license, a Robotech universe, which might sound like the worst idea ever, but it could be a blessing in disguise if the stars no. are in alignment. <laughs> no, it could not be a blessing in disguise. He goes on. Ever. Because you're taking. Ever. No. Very no. He goes, yeah, you're taking he goes something on. that's already been conceived as something else and then just butchering it up and trying to make it make sense out of it for something else. It doesn't make any sense. Making a horse like, out of a donkey? Hey, you know, yeah. uh, you know <laughs> this thing got butchered before, and uh, if you want any hope of seeing this, this, this other thing over here, too, uh, we gotta, we got to chop that thing up, too. Yeah, because <laughs> they chopped up Ma- the Macross. You know, they chopped up Macross, and we still didn't get Macross. Well, we got Macross over finally, but... I don't even know how they did that. But, Again, um, more work that really shouldn't even have to be done. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, let's see, and hey, at least that crazy idea would be better than Shadow Chronicles. <laughs> or even, who knows, more profitable. Too bad it's too unlikely. Well, I, I have one last uh, listener um, listener submitted um, uh, response to this. It's from our friend uh, Mula Flaga over in Australia. Um, he says, uh, after Shadow Chronicles, I wonder about that, and I'm surprised that Harmony Gold is still try- still keeps trying to go on with Robotech. I saw the trailer for Shadow Chronicles and vomited. And, and this 
<laughs> and the CG looks bad. Worse than um, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> he wow, says that's... it was. He says it was worse than Voltron: The Third Dimension. <laughs> well, here, here's here, here. Try to watch it. I, I, oh. I doubt you'll think the CG's that bad. Oh man, there's about you three know, other things that are worse than the CG. <laughs> you know, you secretly love it. <laughs> like like the writing. <laughs> man, voice acting. <laughs> voice acting. The the two D animation, which ain't that great either. Damn. How you how you messed that up? Music. I have the no, whole the music. Oh, hey, I was I was thinking about this since we were asking, we were talking about it earlier about bringing over Macross Seven. Mm-hmm. If they did do Robotech Seven, how do you think the music would be? <laughs> uh, you'd have uh, Gary Rogers, Gary Rogers, Gary Sing- Nelson, because uh-huh. it'd be. Um, Basaraniki, so it'd be Gary Nelson probably. No man, they would st- they dig Stan Bush out of me uh, out of those mothballs. <laughs> get, get him back in the studio. I don't know. You know what it would be? Oh, I got it. I got it. Since this is like you know, this is the year 2010, uh, and this is coming over to America. It would be Robotech Seven and Firebomber, which would probably be renamed something else. Oh yeah. Uh, it would be uh, total like Lincoln Park. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Instead of Planet Dance or something along the lines of crawling in my skin. Some Creed. Throw some Creed oh. in there. <laughs> Creed. Scott Stapp, oh, baby. Why would you do that Woo. to people? God, I'd be why out the door. You, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I took that DVD out my... And you know what? It'd be perfect because in Harmony Gold, they'd freaking want to like... They'd want to have like tie-ins with Hot Topic. <laughs> That, that really happened. I take that DVD out of my DVD player and put it right into my skeet shooting. Equipment. This is like a, this is like a bizarre nightmare world that I could see happening and be not too far from our own reality. Get get volume one of Robotech Seven this week at Hot Topic. Oh my God! And get your Gary Nelson T-shirt. <laughs> awesome. Oh my no, God! And Firebomber's number one hit single, "Cut Myself Thinking of You." <laughs> And why is life so hard? Oh my god! <laughs> and I texted you, but you didn't respond. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's better than um Macross uh, Robotech Frontier coming out here with um what's it uh, Rank of Lee being played by um Miley what's her Cyrus. name? No, no, that chick from Evanescence. Um, Amy Lee. <laughs> Amy oh Lee. god. <laughs> God. <laughs> of course, Britney Spears is um. Oh, that Britney Spears is '90s, so we have to go with someone like um. I guess Miley, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is um homegirl um Cheryl. Oh, oh boy. God. And oh. mind you, this is one of those like bizarro universes where where everything is like the sky is pink. <laughs> everything is just backwards and twisted, and, and yeah. these horrible creations exist. It's like everything's in negative here instead of a positive. The, these things we're describing dot my nightmares. And George Bush is president for life. Woo! Whoa, and he's immortal. You got to pull back now. You he's a Highlander. Back. <laughs> president for life. There can only be one. Oh man, I think we well, I think we ended this um, segment on the high the, note. You know, um, the sad thing is, is, is what, what was the point of the segment again? The, the sad thing is, know. is what we joked possibly could happen. I'd oh, probably oh, say oh. about. It, 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 if the, if they were able to do it, it it would probably go that route about eighty five percent of the time. Live action. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you can joke about stuff, and then it really happens. Like, Ooh, uh, 
case in point, like um, when I did seven years ago the uh, MHQ April Fool's prank with the <laughs> fake Seed sequel. Yeah. <laughs> with the fake New Gundam. You got what you asked for. There's been there was a massive plethora of giant backpack Gundams after that, and half the made up plot points that I just pulled out of nowhere for this fake sequel ended up happening in Seed afterwards anyway. So I blame you. We have you to blame. <laughs> I I guess I'll, I'll 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 take my licks like a man. You will. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'll I'll pay I'll pay for my sins in hell when I die. <laughs> Well, I like to. I would like to thank all the all the listeners that participated in this, uh, not only on the um, the M- the uh, MechaTalk.net boards, but also at uh, Macross uh, World Forums as well. Thank you guys for listening and for um, adding your thoughts to this. And uh, any last questions, gentlemen? Or any last comments? Should I get a Japanese American dictionary? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Why are we book. here? Hey, if you if you come across a word you have trouble pronouncing, just throw it to us. Just throw it to us. We'll, we'll, we'll bail you out. We'll bail you out. That's okay. Well done. <laughs> anyway, um, that ends our um, our discussion on uh, Harmony Gold and Macross and the, <laughs> s- the State of the Union. And we'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ in just a moment. By the way, uh, to interrupt, since uh, since we're talking about doctors, yeah, um, we haven't mentioned yet, and and we can't go without mentioning uh, oh, Doctor yeah. Cottle, who Oops. is also a very great standout supporting character. Yes, that guy's got the bedside manner of a slug, but uh, he catches you up. <laughs> he, that's that's my man, Donald is, Rhodes, um, man, Danger Bay, man. I grew up is, with that guy. Uh, he's like the Adama of the me- of the, sick the medical day. field, man. I mean, oh, and and always smoking. <laughs> Around yeah, his patients, it, it, around it's pregnant women, around patients. He's got pregnant women as patients, and he's just smoking it up all around them. He just doesn't give a crap. He's, tre- the he's treating the the um the 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 uh, the president of her cancer that she got from smoking, and he's smoking in front of her. <laughs> you know he's cool, man. He hooked he hooked up with medical marijuana, so you know that's. <laughs> Oh, the man. I guess they don't have a. I guess they didn't have a, a surgeon general in Caprica. Hell no, he was the surgeon general. Or maybe the uh, the the uh, space cigarette industry was so powerful in uh, in in Caprica that uh, you know they lobbied to uh, you know keep all this information hidden about all of the, about space nicotine. Uh, Philip Morris ran the FDA. Worst ending ever. <laughs> of course, the internet season two. <laughs> okay, so as much as I love this show, the last hour of the the two part finale mm-hmm. is utter crap. Really, Virtuan? Yes, man. Okay, so all of the stuff that's been uh, hinted at, all of the mysterious goings on, everything's been going on in the last five five years. Um, it was all God, but uh, don't call him that because he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that is that. just it, that is the laziest, most cop out uh, narrative device ever. It was all God. That literally is the the Deus Ex Machina, the God in the machine. Yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's all they, God. They do say that in the end. Yeah. 
you know, all of this nonsense of colonies and this has happened before and it'll happen again. All Oh, that's all God. And, you know, why it is all these years that Baltar was seeing hallucinations of Six and Six was seeing hallucinations of Baltar. All oh, those are angels uh, and they work for God. But don't call them God. <laughs> you know, we don't know from that situation where these people are basically being chased across the galaxy by things that, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily be build with their own hands, but was something that was from humans and you know you, you don't know and you know they went through a lot of crap so yeah I, so they they decided to j- get rid of all of that junk and then savages, you know yeah. like a hundred thousand years later the implication is sony ibo is is the uh, <laughs> the beginning of the next cylon <laughs> well I, I i think that i think that kind of maybe a, i should i should burn my ps3 and I, as I think all, that evolves from the whole hey, you know social commentary they try to do so. There was, you know, when the PS3 launched, they had this really weird ad campaign, and one of the magazine ads said, the PS3, it's thinking of ways to kill you. <laughs> well, didn't the, didn't this, think, didn't think the Dreamcast? Be... Didn't the Dreamcast? Hmm? The Dreamcast, Dreamcast it was, was always thinking. thinking, too, yeah. Yeah, it was always thinking. It's thinking. So it's like, it, it's learning your moves in Soul Calibur, oh, and it will man. know how to defeat you. This is the day you have trained for. The day you have studied for, utilize your superior skills, your superior intelligence. Sit down, Rodent! Oh, you were one. Don't make me hurt you. Learn to defeat your ruthless enemy, Steve of Hackensack. Ryan, you're gonna get root. Shut up, quadruped. Can't sleep. PS3 will eat me. <laughs> PS3 is a Cylon, man. You'll have to get adjusted to that fact. Uh, I- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go smash it right now. So <laughs> man, well that 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 you you got one of the big bottles. So it's like that, <laughs> it's gonna take more than just a bat to smash that one. Regular sledgehammer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I will use the righteous fury of God to smite this evil toaster. And, and here's the other thing. Um, I think that the. Uh, like that last thirty seconds of of showing like our modern society. Yeah. One was needlessly lame. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, showing our modern society, and two, it kind of counters. It kind of ruins the whole point they were just trying to make two minutes before. Yeah. Because you know they start they're they're on Earth and they're talking about okay we'll build a city here and then you know Apollo's like no man we gotta go native dude, <laughs> and they all agree to it. And it's like okay. You know, they broke the cycle. No more of this has all happened before and it's going to happen again. And then the last 20 seconds is, you know, evil Sony Ibo robots all coming back. It's all going to happen again, even though we just put it in your face a minute before that, no, it's not going to happen again, that they broke the cycle. (laughs) That's true. I mean, and it's funny they they even comment about that. They toss out their entire history in order to have a fresh start and it's like well you know if you forget your history you're doing to repeat it sometimes and um maybe that's the point they were making is that maybe they shouldn't have gone completely native um who knows if they went completely native um that might explain certain things like atlantis but you know i'm just <laughs> running off at the top of my uh, top this of my stargate. head stargate yeah this isn't stargate at all <laughs> wrong, wrong wrong sci-fi channel show <laughs>
forgot about that, but you're right. Um, it, it was there, and um, you got to see them walk and talk, and it just gave me nightmarish flashbacks of the original show. But <laughs> what your father yelling at? Well, my father don't sat, speak during this. Sat me down in front of. Damn him, like, you! This is good television. Wait till the commercial. The, Why'd oh. you break my band tape? Oh, dad. Oh, dad. You tell and... me you love me after after the commercial. <laughs> during the commercial. Damn you, kid. But, I don't care if you need dinner right now, and it's 10 p.m. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> Peter buy the over overpriced DVDs and Blu-rays, right? <laughs> hey, in in Peter's defense, I know somebody who actually spent a hundred dollars to get a five-minute Blu-ray with a preview of Black Rock Shooter. A hundred dollars, huh? A hundred dollars for a five-minute Blu-ray. Wow. So. Let's let's not uh, let's not knock on Peter when when there's someone who who's far worse out there. <laughs> but um, and we, we we love Peter anyways. Just one of those things. But um, okay. And that kind of leads us to um, Gundam X, which has a kind of similar treatment of new types, where even though their powers are a little different, you know, there's something that are not very well understood, and you know, both sides are obsessed, literally obsessed with new types. Yeah. For different ideas, uh, the space people because you know they are worshiping them practically as the next evolution of humanity, and then the Earth people who are uh, terribly frightened of them and want to control them and use them as weapons. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think that really um, the one thing I liked about the whole thing with Gundam X is they they just out and said it's an evolutionary type of thing. It's just a mutant. It's almost kind yeah. of a, a, a mutant variant of, of humanity, just for whatever reason. Which and is a pretty close explanation to what you know Tamino's ultimate conclusion is, yeah. because you know new types were heralded in Universal Century as the next step in evolution, but then you know seventy or eighty years later, when you get to Victory, there's hardly any of them around. Yeah, and, and I, I, I wish they, I wish Tamino would have used the. Um, and I, I guess you could use it in in the fact of bringing over relating what's an X, where the reason why we see that new types are so mysterious and and so few is because after that war, because of all the emotional distress of people dying, that it basically either killed the new types or they fried their powers, like we saw with Lancelot and uh, Jamil. And I guess in kind of a way, after you see X, you could possibly put that maybe as an explanation of why we see so far few of them in victory. You know, we, we see that the, these wars have been going on for so long and, you know, maybe um, and, you know, I guess maybe the other thing, too, is that maybe some of the new types just stayed in hiding like they did in X uh, because yeah. they didn't want to be treated as a as a weapon. For the first question, we got a couple coming from the man who makes the impossible possible, Mula Flaga. One of his questions is, after so many years and varying incarnations of Gundam set in the same universe or alternate universes, would you be able to come up with a unique story-slash-plot idea for a series? Double O tried to do this and did pretty well, but still borrowed some ideas from previous Gundam shows. Hmm. Well, I think, I think with Gundam... Anyways, it's just going to be one of these things where you're always going to have some semblance of the other shows and some kind of cliche that's going to be um, part of the original show or, or the shows that came after. As long as it's not, you know, put it ad nauseum, it's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um, in terms of like an original story, I guess one of the best things would be um, maybe set in the far, far UC and they finally. Encounter aliens or something that could be something that'd be very different, um, or um, you know even something where um, you know there's maybe they 
go in the ways of creating like robot it, robots, you know, like actual robots, and maybe they rebel, like i.e. Battlestar or the Matrix or something like that. But nothing too much I could think off the top of my head. Nice. But and I always think I'm a little bit more forgiving when it comes to the Macross one. Because in a lot of ways, a lot of the different stories are different. You know, it's they they just are that they're different. Yeah, they have the Valkyries and stuff in them. But I understand why there's some people that just like Macross Plus, and not any of the other Macrosses, and you know, or the first one or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that I don't really have that much you know well, trouble with it either way when it comes to that. The only thing that I I hate is you know the obvious thing when it comes to Macross, but. I, I guess like Gundam, you can you can pick and choose what you choose to like. I just don't get the whole thing about esta- establishing your dominance on um on what you think is good and what you think is crap when you can just state your opinion and exchange your you know have an exchange of a uh, you know opinion on on what makes one series good and what makes one series bad. I you know I, I guess that's the whole thing with the internet today is people just like to 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 make these emblazoned statements and then and watch the reactions fall into place because well there's no so, consequences you yeah. can. You can you can say you can say a comment in cyberspace and walk away, yeah. and not have to deal with it. I like to see some. I like to, I like to get into conversation with some of these idiots and <laughs> find out what makes them tick because I don't think they could win an argument. Well, there you are. You're 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 doing a thing saying they're idiots. Uh, uh, they may not be idiots. Maybe not. But I mean, when when you when you like, so you're being the person suit. you're you're complaining about. Oh no, you're what twisting this now. Man? You're twisting this now. What we're talking? Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my god. Hold on. For the most part. So I think people who watch the prequels as their first exposure and like the and don't like the old movies, it's this ageism that bothers me in any franchise of why is something bad just because it's old? Yeah. You know, because, you know, right now if they're young at this age, they think that the prequel trilogies are prequel trilogy is so great and the old trilogy is garbage. 20 years from now when they're our ages, you know, these young punks are going to say, "Oh, well, you know, this franchise is so awesome and those Star Wars prequels are garbage and then they're going to be scratching their heads just like we are. Man, looks like Chris is talking about somebody we know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All I know... All I know is that Picard doesn't have a, a whole subject, a whole subsect of fandom of slash fiction pairing him up with his first mate. <laughs> not or yet. So you think? Oh, I hope not. Oh my God, Kirk slash Spock. Should, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I'm, go with that. I wouldn't I'm, go with that bull prophecy I, there. I'm, I'm just going to pass on that. That uh, I don't know. If that's kind the of, um, line of argument. Of, Peter could probably tell us that if if it's fanfic, it could happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 34. No, somebody has written it. You mean yeah, somebody has written Picard Rikers? <laughs> so Picard Riker slash Vicar slash trash fiction on a on a lonely planet. With God. no way to contact the Enterprise. That's soon you. they give in. You have always been my number one, number one. My heart just sunk. Not called first mates for nothing. Oh. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one. Make it so. Number one. Can I hit you? Can I? Can I hit it where the number two comes out of you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as long as I can rub your head, Captain, when you do it. Awesome. Yeah, so I wouldn't go with that line of 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 thought, Solbro. But please, other other than and remember, folks, his his email is sbrmhq at gmail dot com. If you find any 
Um, any examples of uh, Picard uh, number one uh, loving fanfic? And uh, make sure you copy uh, both myself and, and Chris on that because we want to laugh too. Please see them both. <laughs> That's fine. Blind CC us. But, but um, other than that, um, uh, Neo. Of course. Make it more like Robotech. I wish the Valkyries were Veritex. Protoculture, man. Yeah, protoculture. Proto-culture. Was it's all about stage fright, man. Stage fright. <laughs> Go away. Stage fright. Come on. That's it's the best song ever. That's way better than than you know anything. Yeah. This is my big day. <laughs> well, of course, maybe have Roy last a little bit longer uh, than how he did. I would agree on the whole thing with Maximilia. Yeah, it would be nice to see better than just stab, stab, stab. I love you. Let's get married. The other thing I would like too is if we had more of a transition between the last battle and the whole after war arc. Uh, you know, maybe just like an episode or two are really kind of going a little bit more of how they kind of dug out of everything. And um, I, I was kind of scratching my head trying to find out things I would I would want to change outside of like the obvious, like some of those horribly, horribly animated episodes. But, um, you know, I, I, there's not too much in there because I, if I think I if you change too much, I think it, it might have lost uh, the, the way the story was and what made um, Matt Cross so special. Change everything because Macross sucks. It's the worst Gundam since Orgus. Where are the Cyclones? <laughs> Where's the Veritex? <laughs> now, uh, the first thing that immediately jumps to my mind is get Anime Friend the hell away from that series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, give it good quality, consistent animation because there's episodes, you know, the ones that are done by Studio New, you can tell those look really nice. And, you know, it's a shame that their next show, Orgus, had pretty consistent animation, but Macross, like, sometimes from week to week, it's like, oh, look, here's some other studio. Oh, look, now the characters don't look anything like what they're normally supposed to. It's like, you look at these Anime Friend designs, and they barely resemble the character designs by Mikimoto. I mean, they're just so off-model, it's not even funny. <laughs> that, that, the Maximilia one, it's just... In particular, episode oh, 25. God, that's just terrible. <laughs> If the series could be a few episodes longer, you know, it would have been nice to see some things move along at the pace that would have been originally intended, like the Max and Maria storyline, rather than it all being compressed into one episode because they were an essential part of ending the war. Yeah. Right. Um, With the baby that saved the universe. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, as great as the last battle of the war was, it's a lot of stuff to go into one episode. Uh, Resolve the love triangle. Have a proper size. Oh, to also have a proper size. Well, I, think, I think it's pretty. It's pretty well resolved compared to later incarnations of the oh. Macross franchise. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, hate, 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 hate. <laughs> okay, can can I go with what I would change in uh, in Frontier, Chris? Or do you uh, want me yes, to wait? please, please, uh, please jump in. Okay, remember that episode? I think it was either one or two where Gilliam gets crushed into sauce. The first episode. <laughs> yes. Insert and replace Gilliam with Ronka. <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, that's basic. I mean, outside the fact that the whole thing between her becoming a bigger star, you know, halfway through the show and, um, and Frontier, she was completely useless. And, I mean, it was just, it, it just got worse the more and more that everything went on. Yeah, okay, we had the little plot device of her being the half uh, Verugia and half human and all this other stuff. But it just, you know, the character itself, it was just nothing there. I mean, there were, the, I, uh, yeah, 
I would have liked to have seen Alto slapped up upon the head because how could you not choose? Either you like little annoying girls or a woman. So it's like... <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have my friend uh, bring you one of his t-shirts for Megacon because uh, <laughs> it, it would just work perfectly for you. Because to be honest with you, I don't... You know, he's, he's, a, he's a simpleton and, you know, kind of a puss too because, you know, I'd have more respect for the character if he... Hey, if you want Ronka, Ronka, that's fine. But at least make a choice. You know, it's like... It, it, it just didn't it didn't seem anything um so what you're saying is alto's your favorite lead no All right. it's not um <laughs> you know actually in some ways no, I by wish... definition he's your favorite lead but, oh y'all yeah. get the hell out of here because <laughs> well actually if, if i could change another thing and, and search and replace michael getting sucked out and stabbed and shot out the in the space put alto Damn. and then have michael just save the world what? That would have been better. <laughs> so, as you can see, my interpretation of Frontier would be a completely different, um, completely different reboot. I have a question, uh, Neil. You're saying how Ranka doesn't do anything for the whole series, and no, she doesn't do anything for the story for the whole thing and, and the characters and stuff. She's just a very, she's just the little cutesy moy chick. That okay, I understood the part. I thought the part where she becomes a bigger sensation than Cheryl that was okay. I don't have a problem with that. But then all this other stuff just got. I mean, she she was so she was so just indecisive and just so just so uh, on the fence. And then you know she she's wanting to be with Alto, then she doesn't want to be with Alto, and then she's getting mad. And then, you know, yeah. and he's part of the problem too because he was such a freaking puss. In some ways, he's worse than Saji Crossroad. Oh Jesus! I, my question oh, was going to be like how Cheryl was much different. Hey, don't bring well, Saji into this. Cheryl Cheryl was much different. First off, because she was a little bit older. Secondly, um, you know, her character and Alto's character, they had a good they had a good kind of chemistry going because yeah, he's that low key kind of reserve guy and she's she she's got that little bitch streak in her. Mm-hmm. But you could still see that they did care for each other, and there was a little bit more chemistry between you know the traits of the characters, and that he pushed her to be her best as much as he pushed or she pushed him to be his best because you know she she was supporting him, she wanted him to be be pilot and be the best he could in the same way that he did for her when she was wanting to quit. Rocka didn't do that. Rocka was just like, yeah, I'm I'm got my little squeaky my little squeaky cell, and I'm I'm you know oh god I can't believe you're talking to Cheryl, blah, 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 blah. you know. No, it's just like, I don't really agree back because like Ranka did push Cheryl too because she introduced the whole rival factor, so Cheryl had to step up to compete. Well, that, that's see? that's a that's a there's a difference between being a rival and being supportive. I think. Well, they were pretty supportive. Alto, but- Alto mm, I don't think so. Look, Cheryl man. was more supportive of Alto's dreams and some of the things that he wanted to do. Look at the whole thing when she went to her, his house with his brother, man. and she's trying to learn about the family, and she she tried she was trying to understand who Alto was instead of being you know instead of doing what she wanted to do. But, but that's Neil, exactly what it is. They're both his wings, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're both my wings. Like peanut butter and chocolate, man. The Reese's. Of mecha anime. God. <laughs> Before we go back to the audience, uh, might as well throw out the granddaddy of all robot cliches, even before the accidental teenage pilot, and that is waiting for the robot to combine before attacking it. <laughs> this really annoys me to no end that whatever, whether it's a super robot or a real robot, they always freaking wait 
until the robot comes by and is before attacking it. And of course, by then it's too late. Every once in a while it gets subverted. You know, like in Victory Gundam, sometimes Uso would be docking up and they'd blow up either the top or the bottom, which they had more of those than they did like pairs of underwear, I think. They did the way they, Zeta too. The way, they, the way they do that, but um, sometimes you do see that, but more often than not it's like, my God. And at least Gal Geiger came up with an excuse that, you know, the parts have a protective field around them, but you never see the enemies trying to test that, so did they just naturally assume that that's the rules of decorum? Do not attack the enemy's robot while it is combining. While the cloud of smoke is around me, you yes. must not attack me. Look, they've pulled out their stock footage. We should sit down and wait. Let's take a coffee break. So you're picking apart, like, the, Vol- you're picking apart the Voltron defense then? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. The Gal Voltron Geiger. defense. We must give them time to form. You have, a, you have a comment, sir. What the hell was with this? <laughs> did that mean? I never understood it. That's the best, man. It, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's shoe, you know. Oh, the commercial break, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the eye catch. Like what, what? What? I understand it was like to get your attention to get get back in the series, but what? Would, what purpose did it have? Like, what is it? What were they what, trying to mean? That is, what what meds were Tamino on during the seventies? Nineteen seventy nine. Hey, it was nineteen seventy nine. A lot of stuff was going on in seventy nine. Some Zoloft. Disco going was on. alive. It's uh, what we like. It's what we like to call love. unexplained Tomino genius. There's a lot of that in the franchise. So, bro, what 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 are some of your thoughts? And try to leave Capcom and Ryu out of this. <laughs> Wow. That doesn't leave me with much, huh? Okay. Uh, and no. Saji. Saji Crossroad. Leave nice. him out of this, too. I actually read an article not, the lo- not too long ago. It was a, and don't quote the Daily Movie blog like I'm not did last segment. <laughs> According to some sources, Toby Maguire... And don't was... quote Shoryuken.com. Yes. <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> um, Welcome to my no, world. Read, Original thoughts here, sir. I read a really good article recently. Um, it was... It was... <laughs> No, no, no! Like, no, it's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was talking about. I was reading something on the Daily Movie blog one day, the, and there was a famous, um, there's a famous uh, chat board, you like 4chan, but I guess it's originated 2chan, where they, um, a lot of their, um, I guess someone came on there and and told him he was a lonely guy who liked to ride on subways and whatnot, and he met a girl on there, and he wanted to know how to approach her, and everybody chimed in, and I guess it. Um, from everybody's responses, they made a book called Train Man, and it became a big hit in Japan. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people, you know, contributed to it. It was almost a, like a, a book that was based off of a forum post in there. And um, what does it have to do with anything? So well? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that happened in early 2000, and it was around the time where there was a kind of a shift in the focus of what what was popular in anime. Before that, there you had like a Train lot Man of Train Man is live action. Train Man was live action, but what I'm saying is that uh, what happened is the anime industry kind of tuned You're on irrelevant. <laughs> the anime industry Objection. Kinda, the anime industry kind of tuned Sustain. in into what was um into what what people wanted to see and that's how Moe got popular. So there was a shift in the focus of what anime, you know, was what was starting to get animated and and you got all these shows nowadays which are like Moe focused and and, 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 and are completely different from the shows we grew up with, where you had like a whole plethora of different subjects that were tackled. And I just, there's a, there's a to me, there's a, a schism between <laughs> the old stuff that we grew up watching and then the new stuff that, um, that is out there. And my taste in anime have kind of changed throughout the years. So, you know, I, I really, you know, I, I guess um, 
I'm the opposite of a lot of people who are young nowadays who don't want to go back and watch a lot of old stuff because it's just old and the animation isn't as good as today where it's all CG and, and, and computer enhanced and whatnot. <laughs> but, um... Are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk. <laughs> you said, you said uh, you've strung together a lot of things that have nothing to do with anything, and no, I'm, no, just, I'm just, I'm just, and I'm just, I'm just honestly giving, really lost. I'm giving you my viewpoint. <laughs> I don't know what your the, viewpoint the, is. There's a generational gap between what we enjoyed growing up and what is enjoyed nowadays. But that's always the case. Well, the things I, we enjoy growing up is not. So wait, so wait Adam, Adam, Adam. So I have, I have, uh, I have a lonely guy in a uh, train to thank. For this, <laughs> <laughs> this being a black a black rock shooter. shooter plushie. Well, I'm just saying, it's just that you know, unlike the opposite, where you know, a lot of people like all the new stuff. I, I I'm I'm prone to the older stuff. Hey, um, damn kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> you know, it's nothing, it's nothing against the youngins, but I'm your just sex and your drugs and your rock and roll everywhere. Yeah, apparently so. And your free love. So I mean, that's 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 something you got to take a look at there. And boy, they are definitely rocking out back there. <laughs> I don't Rocking know what is going on. Woo, man. I, I, guess, I guess we're in the wrong room, man. I mean... We missed the party. Nobody told us. Man. <laughs> we should have left when Soul Bro was speaking. <laughs> we should have brought cardboard standees. I hate y'all, man. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, a lot of these people that are getting into anime now or been in, been in it, like, since 2000, you know, they need to pay, they need, they need pay in the words of uh, Tracy Morgan, homage. Homage. <laughs> homage. They need to pay homage to like you know such series that like got you know anime on the map like you know, you know Evangelion's the one that you know got people got companies showing that you know you can't people will pay twenty thirty bucks for overpriced VHSs no. over got, and over and over exactly. again. You got Gundam Wing, which opened the doors of syndication for anime you know on cable. Very you true. Know, you got all these you know and these are old ninety series you know and these are series that people refuse to watch because animation and so forth mm -hmm. and you know they don't realize there's like tons of these really good series out there like slayers you know and uh what else uh, you know lost universe also the you know all other stuff outlaw star yeah you know and they just need to like you know get over the animation fact and just get into like what's there uh, <laughs> red shirt has a comment too red shirt, red shirt. <laughs> not not the convention my man Alright, yeah, my comment would be on, like, how the fan, like, the fan base that, like, as soon as they watch the show, the first show out of, like, the whole series, like, take Gundam Wing, for example, first time they see that, immediately, that is the best Gundam ever, and best they have Gundam not seen, ever. they, they've not seen Universal Century or any of the ones before it, and immediately, G-Savior. Best Gundam ever, <laughs> even though it's the only one I, I ever saw. Yeah, I know. Seriously, like, it, it, take Final Fantasy an example. They played seven. Or what about the what about the fans that guarantee you'll love a Gundam show or yeah, your money back? With a seal of approval. Who could that yeah, be? Yeah, that, that, that's wrong. <laughs> but like, take an example, like in Final Fantasy, people who started on seven are like, oh my god, that's the best oh, video game ever. Why would you have to bring oh, up here's Final my, Fantasy? Here's my favorite seven. ones when um, thirteen was coming out. Mm -hmm. and they were complaining about Xbox getting it they're like Final Fantasy is a Sony product I'm like bitch it was on Nintendo before Sony <laughs> so yeah that's, that's mostly my quarrel I can't stand those people who are like the first show they see is automatically the best out of the whole series or it's the worst yeah most likely it's the worst, the worst. Yeah. 
Anyway, Sixteen double O. Too many or one, or, or too one many episode will, is one. You well know, the said. first episode is going to dictate the tone of the whole show. Yes. <laughs> this this will be the w- most god awful piece of garbage for this next series. What about when they say Street Fighter Four is actually a good fighting game? Oh god! Oh, 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 oh. It's I don't Jonathan. think you're going to survive the night. <laughs> Street Fighter Four is the worst double O since Mark of the Wolves. Oh, awesome, man. Me and me, me, me are throwing down. I'm a, I'm a host Since World Heroes. <laughs> I'm going to host your weight. <laughs> I guarantee it. I, I, I'm, I'm actually expecting a very special opening for the podcast. Oh, you, you bet. This. What, 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 before I'm that, before that, that Adam, mm-hmm. we, should, we should take note that we have a, a, a Banagher Lynx cosplayer. We do. Who has nice. just entered the room. No comment. <laughs> Ben but then again, I don't know what show that is. No. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's after is. the 13th. I watched it last oh, night. Oh, yeah, okay. It's cool. I watched my Blu-ray last night. Oh, you oh okay. <laughs> yes. Man, man, you man. can talk openly about it now. That's awesome, dude. There's a Gundam in it. There's Haro. There's, um, <laughs> looks it, good. There's, there a there's, a, there's a Gundam in it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a horn. With a horn. We're talking about Gundam Unicorn, by the way, but, um, props to your, props to your cosplay, man. You came through, man. You came through. You came the other day dressed as the, um, he was the Siberian the, bear, man. He was the bear. Well, who were you, who were you yesterday? Was that you were Patrick? He was he was Team Patrick. Oh shoot! Seriously? Oh, we missed oh. that. Oh, we missed Patrick. that, man. Damn it! Well done, man. Hopefully, he took some pictures. Got some pictures. I want to see a Howard Mason costume. Howard Mason. So it, it, it's just like a mobile grave. He's the man that sparked the entire war. Or do watch out for pew pew lasers. Oh, yeah. Red shirt. Um. Just for yeah. you people who do not, do not know, Denny's the coupon. second episode of Unicorn should be coming out in the fall of this year. Oh, right on. Okay. I was wondering when. Obviously, Adam has not been keeping up with the news from like two weeks ago. <laughs> or even the news we do on the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Adam's still worrying about Train Man and Moe. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's right. I think at this point we should... But I'm sure he has his clock set to uh, Super Street Fighter 4. Exactly. You know. <laughs> 11.59 p.m. to the exact second. <laughs> Gotta get it. So are you going to be standing in line a day ahead of time so you can get that special edition don't DVD? You know they the don't special ever... edition, Ryu gets shoes. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, 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 Adam. You... Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Gundam. This is our 1,000th episode. <laughs> Feels like it. And uh, i just like to thank everyone over the uh, centuries who's helped make us uh, popular and has gotten us to this point. Uh, ever since, you know, a few centuries ago we had to uh, abandon our bodies to join the hive mind. <laughs> but um, we've still been able to do the podcast, so... We're very happy for that. Uh, no, this this is Chris, and uh, you're listening to episode 50 of Gundam at MAHQ. And even though technically we've had more than 50 episodes because of all of the uh, the specials, this is you know s- still a big milestone because it's our 50th numbered episode. So you know before we uh, get into anything, uh, definitely oh a lot of thanks to all of our listeners who have been with us for nearly three years, and of course to the two men who started it and made it all possible. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. 
But we expect more out of you listeners. You need to help us get higher and better so we can quit our day jobs. You need to beat up your friends who listen to other podcasts and make them listen to ours while they're recovering in the hospital from your wounds. Exactly. (laughs) Over and over on the same loop. Yep. Rip those buttons off that iPod. And buy more products. Awakening of the Trailblazer. I don't know if this is about the Portland Trailblazers or or maybe the Trailblazer truck. Or uh, weren't the old pioneers to the West called Trailblazers too? That they, that they were, man. Yeah. So, I.e. Um, Oregon Trail. Who? It's, it's the Oregon Trail. <laughs> Setsuna died of dysentery. Oh. <laughs> Setsuna died of GNA. Innovators surrounded your wagons. <laughs> Lock-on's going to have to ford that river. And if if you go to the link that if, if you go to the link that Mister uh, that Mister Jabman's uh, put on the uh, in the in the Talk forum, um, there's actually a picture of it, and I guess the trailblazer is uh, Setsna because it shows him in the uh, double oak uh, and he's getting in the cockpit and he's kind of looking back like, yeah, I survived GN8. Yeah, I was I was I personally was very surprised by this because you know HGUC has been running for. God knows how long, and there's still so much stuff that hasn't been covered in HGUC. I'm very yeah. surprised that they, who, what uh, alternate universes they picked. You thought they would pick some of the more uh, recent ones and maybe more popular ones lately, but the fact that they did uh, AW and, and FC is kind of interesting. And I yeah, love the I fact that was it along the same. Um... In the same announcement that they're doing high grade alternate universe, they explicitly have the one UC suit that they want, you know, included with the alternate to be double Zeta. <laughs> regular double Zeta or double Zeta yeah. armor? Yeah, you know, just a regular old double Zeta. Oh wow. Well, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because I've noticed that in the last few years, um Gundam X has been getting a lot more attention in Japan. Under it's, the moonlight. It's the yeah. it's, it's the same old treatment that you get with a lot of shows and stuff. I mean, we we've even seen it here in the United States where you have these shows get canceled before their time, or maybe they end. You know, they're they're a short running show, and the interest in it mainstream wise doesn't really come out till years later. You know, it's like it's almost to an extent where you the it seems like Gundam X is the one Gundam show that was kind of ahead of its time. Along with like turn A and stuff, uh, you know, and and even G Gundam, you know, the you know, it's everybody hated those things when they first came out, and then and then now it's like five years later, it's like, oh man, this is just wonderful, or, or ten years later in some cases. So yeah, maybe a, a new generation of fans is giving it a, a second look that um, it wasn't getting before because you know you got as Andres mentioned uh, the Under the Moonlight manga that came out and was very successful enough so that it uh, got expanded. From its it original, run. it wasn't that bad. I, I read the first two volumes. I thought it was it was good pre- stuff. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's been showing up in a bunch of video games. You know, you got things that came out like uh, the X uh, fixed figuration. Mm-hmm. You know, now you got um, this uh, X high grade kit. You had recently um, the web contest for what Damashis people wanted to see, and uh, Gundam X came in number two. That's freaking cool. I, I would probably say, I, I would think it's, I think to an extent, I you would probably owe it to Double O with being kind of a more un-Gundam Gundam show that was pretty successful, you know, and it had some of the tropes in there, but it was, you know, it kind of went its own route, and, you know, since maybe people enjoyed that, and it seemed like it was very successful here and also in Japan, maybe um, 
like you said, the interest just went back to, to X because X was always seemed like it was kind of the redheaded stepchild of the franchise. Yeah. Nothing and wrong with it. And they're pretty sturdy, too. They're not going to fall over. And if they Except do against fall, dogs. Well, that's, yeah. Well, yeah, my, is... friend's got eaten, my friend's freedom got eaten by a dog. Oh, Man, how fitting. He should have fed him strike freedom. <laughs> well, if he liked his dog, though, if he fed him strike freedom, he probably would have choked on it. How many times does freedom have to die? As many times as that little girl and her bear. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> Andres, uh, one last thing that um, I'm sure we'll get into further, but I'll let Chris uh, go into his his impressions of uh, Unicorn. Well, you know, being that I'm a, a UC elitist, as the internet has made so clear <laughs> over the years. I uh, must love it, this then. It, it was the most amazing thing ever, and I, 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 in my review, as you saw, I gave it 100 out of 5. Nice. Yes. <laughs> And, and everything else that has come before or will come since is garbage compared to this. And every alternate universe that ever has existed and ever will is garbage. Man. Now, now that glorious UC is back to um, you know, shine the light down upon the heathens of the alternate universes. So to, to, show, to show these alternate universes how to be Gundam. To, to show these, these worshippers of, of these golden calves yes. what... The true word of our Lord Tamino is yes, and the word Tamino wrote the uh, the Ten Commandments on the on the two uh, beam shields and sent them down to whoever the director is of uh, Unicorn. He, he he wrote the Ten Commandments on the uh, the Operation V manual. <laughs> <laughs> that big ass that big ass manual. The end. Yes. Anyway, um, you know, as you had mentioned in, in the beginning, Paul, uh, th this is rather a momentous occasion because it's the first time in Gundam's 30-year history that an anime has been adapted from pre-existing material because uh, Gundam's always been kind of unique with some of these large franchises that um, it's never had anything adapted to anime form before from a pre-existing work. Yeah, and, and, let's, and let's clarify, there are mangas of most of the shows in Gundam but those came after the show premiered or mm -hmm. you know something like that it wasn't it wasn't the adapted from the manga offering yeah. so the, the closest is um Char's Counterattack being based on one of Tamino's um novels but there's a lot of differences between the two so you know it's not like a straight up adaptation and it was never like uh plugged as such so that 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 is um you know, rather important that Sunrise finally uh, decided to do that. But then again, if you remember back to about three or four years ago when the novels premiered and they put so much effort into pimping these things, oh, yeah. you know, they, they, they brought back Yaz to do the character designs. They had Katoki doing the mecha designs. It seemed that if they were ever going to change that policy and make an anime out of something, it was Unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Especially since it was so high profile with having a very famous Japanese writer doing the story who you said is like the tom clancy of the japanese writing scene i think he's been described in terms of uh you know i've never read anything by by fukui because i don't think anything's been translated in, into english but uh i think he's been described in terms of um you know popularity and numbers of books that he sold as sort of being like the michael Crichton of japan oh, okay and the story what i like that it kind of turns its head from the traditional Gundam conflict is that instead of the um, factions just outright fighting each other, you have them all chasing after a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, you got Londo Bell trying to keep a lid on things, 
You've got this ECOA's task force trying to seize Laplace's box by itself. You've got um, the Neo Zeon sneaking around kind of like the Aug to get this thing. You've got the Vist Foundation trying to pursue its own agenda. So you have all these different factions, and they're all after the same thing. And I think that makes for a nice change of pace from, you know, we're space people, so we're going to fight you Earth people. And, and what's funny, too, is one of the things I noticed right away from that is the fact that Londo Bell had no problem fighting inside that colony. Like, Jesus. you know, in, in previous Gundam entries in UC, it always seemed like one side was always worried about having a fight within the colony. Lando Bell did not care. Yeah, or they'd at least say, don't use beam weapons, or, yeah. you know, use a beam saber and aim for a cockpit, but these guys just didn't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> All the rules went out the window, man. Or, <laughs> or blowing up mobile suits uh, in close proximity outside of the colony. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. I, I think it, it. I think it shows the natural progression of if you were to if you're in a time period and you had war after war as kind of like what we have here, and the fact that the people that are trying to get control of these remnants, they just they've just gotten to the point and say, you know what, we've got to be just as bad and just as nasty as they are. Just the only way that we can can do it. And you know, unfortunately, as we see in Unicorn. A lot of people get wasted, <laughs> including uh, you know. I thought a, a, a great sad little scene was the um, the Anaheim professor yeah. getting vaporized while saving all of the other people by locking them into the emergency shelter. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little touch because the guy only had maybe about two minutes of screen time ranting about history and and the one year war, and then you see him evacuating these people, and you know. He puts himself out there, closing the door from the outside. And it, and it, it, to, make, to make sure that they're safe. To save them. And he could have, to make sure they're safe, because he could have been trying to seal himself in there and then exactly. gotten them all killed. And, it, and it's funny, because he's one of the few like older adults that you see throughout the whole thing. And it's like, you know, he was probably around even, you know, when he was younger, he was around the one-year war. And it's like, for whatever reason, either you don't know, but you get kind of the gist that maybe he was kind of more of the cowardly type of guy throughout his life and just kind of took, you know, maybe took care of himself. And uh, he has that last little um, heroic thing there. So uh, moving on, um, one of the things that I found most interesting was that they finally encapsulated what uh, Tamina was working towards all of the time with um, his exploration of new types, which yeah. is. The evolution from them being these advanced people who could understand each other and live without conflict to being little more than weapons to use in war. Yeah, Yeah. ace pilots. Yeah. And even though you see that, the way he treats them in Zeta, Double Zeta, moving on, and then jumping far into the future with F-91 and Victory, you see that that's apparent, but no one in the universe ever actually acknowledged that. Yeah, nobody admitted that that was the case. So it's interesting the way that, you know, Cardius is having this uh, this conversation with uh, with uh, Zinnerman from the Neo Zeon and is you know pretty much laying that out exactly that uh, you know the Federation perverted the idea of the new type from what people originally thought it was to just being synonymous with an ace pilot yeah and that that's the way people view new types and you see that in the way they talk about new types later on you know the, I think with one of the quotes from F ninety one was oh new types you know they were um, Something like they were uh, ace pilots with unhappy lives. Yeah. 
and Unicorn being set in that gap between Charles Counterattack and F91, I think with this exploration of new types, is kind of laying it down and explaining why it is that later they become rarer as time goes on and as humanity has been in space versus the opposite of seeing them develop more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think probably my biggest... I, I, the big beef I got with this show is the fact is, is my beef with Bandai because, um, and I guess we could kind of get into this, is dealing with the release schedule that it's going to be released in fall of 2010. What We don't know what fall of 2010 is. And you know, you're talking about six months from now. This is a six-episode show. And you know, if they follow that type of schedule, is this going to be like three years from now that it's going to be over with? It's Macross Zero all over again, man. Maybe they'll have a previously on Unicorn Gundam. There is no life beyond Gundam. <laughs> Gundam is everything. I don't know. There is nothing else in this world ever. I mean, I, I and, and and I think that that is. I think that that's a a big problem, especially when you live in the kind of ADD culture that we live in now, where you know I don't want them to to skimp on you know the cinematics and stuff just to meet a schedule but the fact that we just know that okay well it's just going to be in the fall okay great the fall you know it's like what's that the end of the end of september the end of october november what, hey, what is the fall i, so. I mean i I'd rather them not announce some kind of date that won't come true and then they um end up having to tell us that it's going to come later i mean fall is kind of vague but you know it at least puts me in the mindset that we might be seeing it as late as november so, it's, um, I I don't like the fact that it's taken so long. I, I, I but then again, I Sunrise is a pretty competent studio. I, I don't I don't think it's a good way of treating a franchise, and especially with something that's coming with so much hype, and you're doing so much too. Yeah, but and I mean, let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, Double O looked pretty damn good throughout its whole run, and that was a lot more uh, episodes and a lot shorter turnaround time. And you know, and and you know that that's just kind of a beef that I have is the fact of you know it's like, okay, you were t- everybody's been talking about us, everybody wanted it, you gave it to us, but now you're going to sit here and make us wait really unnecessarily. And, and the fact of, I mean, six months, mm-hmm. two twice a year, it, and it's six episodes. I mean, three could, years from now, are you really going to be caring three years from now about this? It could be due to financial reasons too. I mean. They may want to get it's a, you 55 know, minutes, a, dude. It's a not decent that. return on on the on the first OVA before they put out the next one. I mean, it could it could determine how well animated it is. And Sunrise and is not stuff. hurting for money. And we haven't had any Code Geass news lately. Oh man! And always remember, in Code Geass, that Lelouch is dead. Suzaku! And then Suzaku did it. Lelouch! And Suzaku did it. Way to go! You're spoiling. You're spoiling bastards. And. <laughs> And uh, uh, Shinke has mystery cough of blood disease only when it matters. Oh. <laughs> and this is um, courtesy of Zero Buster XX. And this is on the Nikong blog spot. And there's going to be a Lucia's birthday DVD. And what? it's going to have some new um, information on a new, the new animated entry of the Code Geass franchise. So... Yeah, he gets instead of I don't know how they're going to celebrate his birthday. Well, yeah. how can the deceased have a birthday? Well, you can. I mean, they they celebrate <laughs> dead people all the time, yeah. but yeah. It's going to be called Code Geass Lelouch of the Rebellion Kisuke's Birthday is a compilation of footage from the event of the same name held at the Tokyo International Forum in early December of last year with some new um 
with some new uh, materials added. It's going to be released on a April 23rd, and there's a Blu-ray and a DVD version, and a UMD version of it also. So for all you Code Geass fans that can speak or read Japanese, there you go. Excellent. And I'm sure once it's out, we'll get some more information on that. But um, <laughs> I just want to thank everyone for their submissions. Vroom. <laughs> now, these questions, you know, I just read them as represented. So, you know, if, if, if it seems rambling and, and whatever, uh, that's just the way it was posted. That's not me. So this question comes from a user named Kakatak, and his question is, now, how do I say this? I've been roaring with this, let's say, a tiny little bug about Shinji from the greatest mech anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now, I know he has done some, let's say, bad things that make him iconic, first ten minutes of End of Evangelion. No other anime character has done that, and that what makes him the best anime character ever. But my side agrees that Shinji is the reason that people watch mecha anime. Now, many people might disagree with me, but they just don't understand anime then. But Evangelion is still in stores, and Gundam, well, not so much. So the question is, why do people ever think that Shinji is weak? Okay. Huh? <laughs> now, that that's, now that that's out, it's time for the Straight Talk Express. I heard oh. that, Diesel Engine. I heard it. <laughs> Which has been rarely used so far in 2010. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, return. Yeah, aside from being uh, rambling, I'm sorry to say, uh, Mr. Kakatak, that I find the whole premise of this question to be really pretentious and elitist and something that just looks down on anyone. You know, you think that Evangelion is the greatest thing ever and that Shinji is the greatest thing ever, and if someone dares to disagree with you, then they just don't understand anime. Yeah. That's just a load of crap, I'm sorry to say. And also, as you're supporting evidence, evidence uh, Evangelion is still in stores, and Gundam, well, not so much. Uh, I don't know what stores you go to, but anywhere that I go, I still see uh, Gundam DVDs and video games and manga. So yeah, all, whatever all, you're trying to prove, uh, your, your point doesn't make any sense. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, all, the, all the anime legends that are being reissued, like Wing and O8MS and, and G... And all that stuff, and, and, and the new stuff like Double O, yeah, always yeah. on the shelf. And that's and, all out there. And oh, and hey, of course, look, Unicorn. The Zeta movies are are coming out, and we've got Unicorn. So, you know, I don't know what the whole point of that uh, that argument is. And Shinji's the best character because he he jerked over Asuka in a coma. <laughs> is that, I don't know. Is that that's what it sounded like the first paragraph was saying? You know, because yeah. that's what that first ten minutes of the Evangelion's about. I guess he hasn't so, seen hentai, so he had the baby you know. batter on lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, years later, um, of course, uh, uh, Federation, uh, sorry, Titans versus uh, the AUG comes out, which is of course based on the Zeta Gundam Titans. Titans. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I slipped into the uh, Japanese uh, pronunciation of it. Titans versus Ayug. Requiem. Requiem. <laughs> Comes out and, of course, expands on the whole, uh, the whole versus uh, series by putting uh, the, two, the two warring sides from Zeta Gundam and into a game. And had dream in it. Emma Sheen survives. Emma Sheen survives and pilots the Zeta Gundam. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. And... Um, you know, you could play all sorts of characters, and then later on on the consoles, they released uh, Gundam vs. Zeta Gundam, which takes, um, it pretty much combines those two games, uh, Federation vs. Zeon and um, Titans vs. Ayug. And um, I also put a really cool mode in that game, 
where you can actually go through the whole timeline of the one year war and then it fast forwards to the to the grips war and you can play some of the characters that you play during the one year war into the grips war and you know characters that didn't have any business surviving the one year war could actually carry on i still made Todd's die <laughs> or you have weird scenarios like uh Amuro becoming the hero of the titans yeah and and killing camille and destroying the Aug. And and that was such a cool mode. I mean, that's what makes that one game stand out is because of that that mode. And you know, there were all sorts of alternate timelines you could discover by doing different acts, doing certain stages, and it would it, you'd see the timeline and you'd see it branch off. Didn't Char, a have, a, didn't Char have a weird outcome too? You could have done with him. Yeah, I, I I believe he did. He had several of them. Um, I know that Haman had a really cool one, um, that involved uh, I guess judo and um play too because you could unlock those characters yeah. too but I don't think you'd go through the time maybe you could go through the timeline with them I can't remember but um, there were some double Z well, characters be told. too you'll be told on the forum uh, I can't wait yeah, <laughs> you should have remembered can't believe you didn't remember this soul bro again I'll stand corrected like I do every day the um, you know the next iteration of Gundam versus Gundam which mm -hmm. uh, you know unlike all these other games were confined to you know different timelines this is all encompassing yeah yeah you know, from original series up to, in the case of Next Plus, all the way to Unicorn. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, you have all these crazy fights with, you know, like F-91 fighting Double O Riser or Unicorn fighting, you know, Wing Zero Custom. And I got to say, in, the, in the, the, the Seed ones, they had the Atherin Transformation Spam Special Attack down pat. Nice. Because that was the first thing you did when you got Savior. <laughs> you just sat there, transformed, fly away. As soon as that suit was unlocked, man, that's yeah. all. That's all you had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that one of, at least in my opinion, one of the best suits in Gundam versus Gundam is Destiny. Yeah. What? Because you can you can actually use that suit the way it's intended with its multiple weapons nice. and not you know the piece of crap way it was depicted in the TV show. <laughs> the poor, the the terrible way that Shin piloted it. <laughs> it's yeah. Almost, it's almost like he got possessed by Marin. Damn. <laughs> or not Marin, but uh, the other, the other, what the hell's her name? Luna Maria? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, she's the crappy one. Sorry, Marin was the okay one. She knew her place. In the and, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun if you're in the double O riser to, uh, you know, just go into trans-damn mode and start raping everything. Nice. Of course. <laughs> you know, sports games don't count. So. Oh, they don't, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because one thing is Madden, another thing is uh, Guitar Hero Poison Edition. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a Guitar Hero Poison Edition. Pretty soon we'll be we'll be up to Guitar Hero Barry Manilow Edition. Nice, nice, Mandy. Jeez. Or you know, uh, Call of Duty Caveman Warfare. <laughs> uh, Along with Call of Duty Renaissance Warfare. Call it Call of Duty: The Battle of Hastings. Call of Duty: The War of 1812. Yeah. <laughs> Get your yeah. muskets ready. <laughs> Press R to reload muskets. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The drummer boy fell. I swear to Lord Flint. Oh no! The, the drummer boy fell. You know, press X to pick up dr uh, the drums to keep drumming. Make sure the gunpowder's tight. Yes. Tagged for extinction. It will be a silent spring. Anyway, um, the Battle Chronicle series, you might as well jump into the later ones. And they sell after four, but then they just released a new one with a new uh, new name, Gundam Assault Survive. 
Oh, wow. PSP. What and... English is that? <laughs> Assault hey, Survive. It, it is what it is. What can I say? So, Assault Survive uh, is pretty is, much is the, the idea to su survive the assault? <laughs> no, it's to assault to survive. Oh, okay. I just needed to know. Can you take a... Is there a stage where you can strafe a rock and leave concert? And just a strafe to stage? Unfortunately, no. But there are stages where you can control a super-dimensional fortress. What? Now, can you shoot Ronka Lee with the super-dimensional fortress? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Damn. Well but there is... It's not quite game. ultimate, then. No, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you hate Moe Blobs, this game is not ultimate for you. Damn. Sorry. So there is a stage in the um, original game, in the original campaign for the original series, that uh, you can control the SDF-1. Oh, awesome. Transform. You can do all sorts of uh, crazy attacks. The Daedalus uh, Maneuver? Can you do that? I don't recall if you can. You can, fire, you can fire like lots of missiles and stuff. But you can't also. smoke on the bridge. Oh. No, oh, smoke oh, on the, no yeah, smoking on the bridge, Captain. Man, false advertising, man. This game is an ultimate. In, um, <laughs> in Frontier, you can control the Frontier. Nice. Oh, cool. Which is fun. And I think in... So do they let you use the 7 in Macross 7? Yeah, I don't do you get to use Battle 7? But I think you can use Battle 7. They all oh. control exactly the same. They're slow, they transform slowly, and yeah. they shoot lots of missiles and lasers. Cool. And still no smoking on either one. Damn. Oh, no sm It's the end of the world, but you cannot smoke on the bridge, Captain. Tobacco has no place in the future. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, before we close this episode out, you guys got anything anything to announce or uh, anything... Uh, anything to add before we close out? Uh, Lelouch is dead. Nice. Season 2 of 00 sucks. <laughs> um, Razafon is crap. Oh, oh, and I've suddenly changed my view of Evangelion. It is the greatest mecha series ever. And without it, we wouldn't have things like Gundam and all that because it predates everything. Well, it's about time you it's got actually on board. in the cave drawings, like in uh, Africa. It's the only anime that uh, matters. A, 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 a little boy jerking off to a girl. But no, it still sucks. The first one actually comes from a poster of ours, uh, Takman. Takman, I get take 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 him take him. There we go, <laughs> take him. And uh, this is coming from the CartoonBrew.com website, and this is actually something. Um, you know, if you don't know who this name is, I'm sure in some way he's influenced your life uh, many a times. And that is uh, Carl Masick, probably more famous for being the producer and stuff for Robotech, mm -hmm. bringing it over in the early 80s. And uh, he died of a heart attack and uh, kind of sad. Um, and, you know, we've spoken about Robotech ad nauseum, but, um, <laughs> you know, he was a pretty influential person when it comes to probably even modern day anime view viewership in the United States because uh, he did something that a lot of people, especially in the early 80s, wouldn't take a chance on. And that's taking a very Japanese centric uh, show and basically Americanizing it and, yeah. um, you know, helping that really um, get into everything. But um, I'm not going to go too much into that. One of the cool things I like a lot is um, the mobile suits have all been redesigned 
all of them. Like uh, they have been um, completely been up- modernized. Like yeah, they've been you, updated. I mean, I would they don't say look super robot robotish at all. They look more like the Gundams we know today. I don't. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'd say they were redesigned. They were just kind of updated. Because redesign would would yeah. state that they look completely different. Which they what, don't. They don't. They, yeah, I mean, they're, they're still it's still the Gundam. It's still the yeah. gun tank. You, it's just that they look. They're not as cartoony. Yeah, as, as they looked. In, like they the even. PM. They've implemented some elements of the strike in the RX-78, like the fact that he could customize and change his weapons. Yeah. I remember the shoulder cannon. He, he sometimes swaps that out for the bazooka or something like that. And, you know, it's just really cool. I mean, he even sometimes when he swaps something out, it sacrifices one of his beam sabers because, you know, mm-hmm. where it sits, it, you know, it covers one up. You know, it just reminded me a little bit of uh, the, well, the strike. The cannon had to... The cannon's uh, input was through that beam saver exactly. area. So, and um, you know, just just common sense things like that. F- the the fact that they had more um, mobile suits on board the white base, the troubles that you know Bright would go and in, run into, and the the revamped uh, tactics that they would have to and yeah. and encounter during the times that they faced off with the Xeons. No, no Gundam condom. No gun. <laughs> no Gundam condom. <laughs> But you know, um, I, I, it's, it's my biggest hope that you know, when it's done, maybe Viz or some other publishing um, company will give it another shot. You could start a petition, online oh, petition. Oh, I sure can, man. And and, and if everybody, anybody miserably. wants, Solbro would need some signatures. So everybody <laughs> ma- out there, make sure that you know, email Solbro to get him to start the online petition for bring back mobile suit or bring back Gundam: The Origin. Nice. I'm gonna get it started now. <laughs> I, I'll, to be honest with you, and. I don't know what we'll see or, you know, if we'll ever see it come over here in its complete form whenever it does, uh, whenever it is completed. Um, this was always one of the one things up until Unicorn release that it's kind of in the back of my mind that if they were going to um, animate a written story, it would have been Gundam the Origin, I thought. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that that's going to happen now because you got um, you got Unicorn, Unicorn out right now. Yeah. And, you know, that that seems to be doing very well. Um, Thank God Unicorn's not as long <laughs> as Gundam the Origin because imagine how long we'd have to wait for those Blu-ray releases. <laughs> Volume 1, see you in 2012. Kill these guys. And he never allows his rage to take over. And it, and it was cool that, spoiler alert, that um, <laughs> you know Jim was taken over by the the Moonlight Butterfly cocoon and is you know trapped with the, the Turn A and the Turn X. And yeah, it's... It's definitely one of those those fights that it's so un-Gundam that it's Gundam <laughs> to an extent. I mean, I don't really see that. It's like a lot of animes can try to copy it, but it just doesn't have the same effect. And yeah, I mean, if, if anything, I, I fully agree. Uh, I... It seemed that Laurent was trying to get through to him that whole fight, mm-hmm. trying to tell him like you need to let go of the old ways. Even even at the point what... that he's even at the point that Jim's getting uh, yeah uh, getting a, attached to the Moonlight Butterfly, you know Laurent's trying to help him. He actually puts out his hand to try to get him out of the cocoon, and it's yeah. like, you know, wow. He's trying to stop him from making the same mistake they yeah. made so many many generations ago and you know jim is jim is from that old school you know he's not willing to let go of his warlike ways and i respect him to that fact he's a warrior bred and born man he's yeah he's not gonna let go of that laurent got through to a lot of people in that show but that was one man that he could not and you know laurent you know he didn't put him down he, he let his he let jim do himself in which he did and i, th- I think yeah. that's big of tamino to not have laurent kill him yeah i think that that's what really 
and you know it, it's like we we've talked about the turn a gundam before and and i can see where maybe back when it was made it was really ahead of its time because people are so used to you know the protagonist going through all the crap going through all the nonsense getting the upgrade fighting through <laughs> and de- and defeating his the antagonist you know with a, a finality like yep. you know the guy's death that someone has to go <laughs> yeah i mean we don't even know really know what happens to jim he may still be alive in in the moonlight butterfly cocoon yeah. you'll never know but that's what made it really really a, a great fight so Ooh. just kind of my parting shot on this is i always thought iron man would be a good comic book because or a good comic book to become a movie um certain stories to me just don't always translate well to being live action adaptations yeah i know people love the hulk but it's just I never thought the Hulk was going to be that great of a, a live action thing, and he, and even the one that they redid, it was good. It even, was better than the first the first one. Even even the Bill Bixby TV show, man. But it's just not, <laughs> you know. There's just certain characters I think because you know sometimes the the alter ego or even the character himself isn't isn't as human as um, you know people like to see, and I think that's why. Oh, what about Ghost Rider, dude? Oh. Cage. Oh. <laughs> the best Marvel movie ever. <laughs> I forget about that one on purpose. Oh, dude, what about Ben Affleck as Daredevil, man? Oh, classic. Or Deer in the Headlights as Electra. <laughs> we're gonna ha- we're gonna take a we're gonna take a um a story about an exotic Mediterranean woman and make her into like the girl next door. Oh, <laughs> no hey man, you know it, it's just the uh, the 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 whiteifying of of movies. Like uh, you know, look at Last Airbender, you know, which is an yeah. Asian Asian themed story, and what is it? It's a bunch of freaking white kids. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Looking at you, M Night. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't think he had any choice in that. No, yeah, probably didn't. Probably. That's that, that that's all. That's that 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 looks like it has studio footprints all over it. Well, looking at you, Paramount. <laughs> Is friggin' M Knight, dude's Indian. You think he wouldn't have wanted to be more true to, uh, you know, to the uh, to the color palette, so to speak, of that uh, story? If he, had the, if he had the ability. Pretty I think he, I think he probably would have been, yeah, if that, if if he had his choice in the matter. Rather than really, a bunch of white Disney type kids. Oh man, he really <laughs> he really doesn't have much choice with his previous track record as of recently. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But that's Ooh, that's a whole other story. That's a whole another segment. <laughs> to me, he's like the um, the Bill Gates. To um, <laughs> to Jobs. Tony Stark, Steve Jobs. Back when yeah. Steve Jobs was cool, <laughs> not Steve mean? Jobs. Steve Jobs is awesome. <laughs> Steve Jobs is awesome. How can you think Steve Jobs isn't cool? Oh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> everything Mac I, I was, is better. Oh, hey, I actually like Bill Gates more now than I do Steve Jobs. So, <laughs> job. Woo! How how funny that Apple's become the um become the face in that commercial. So, you know that famous oh the nineteen eighty four commercial famous oh heck Apple yeah. Mac commercial oh the irony it's oh. hilarious just like uh, look at oh George. the irony Cur- courtesy of Ridley Scott yeah mm-hmm. turnabout is fair play Jack <laughs> just 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 like uh, George Lucas became everything he hated against oh <laughs> <laughs> overbearing controlling person that doesn't Ooh. listen to anybody else's input oh the hippie is dead yeah <laughs> the hippie. The hippie has two chins. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Th- things get a lot different when that once that bank account starts to add zeros Ooh, to it. Man. So, Samus Aran versus Iron Man. 
who would win it their most powerful. And on Facebook, uh, Alex Catchpole wrote, I think they'd both just end up in bed. Tony Stark is just that smooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clay Coulter would get her down to the zero armor. They <laughs> have his way. <laughs> He'd admire her technology. <laughs> Yeah, Clay Coulter said same as Randall Werbein said Tony, and Justin Roy, he went with the ultimate answer. How are the Masons? <laughs> I guess somehow he'd be involved. I don't know how, though. Submission. Uh, next one is from Bushito, and this is from the Nikon Block Spot, and there is going to be the Sunrise Festival uh, 2010. And if you're lucky enough to be in Japan during those times, it's in August. And um, I don't know if I'd want to be there for August 7th, because that's a, a day on night. Ooh. So <laughs> everything must go. Sounds deadly. <laughs> so, sounds deadly. <laughs> everything must die. I bet you the organizers are gonna. It, 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 the uh, the event goes from August seventh to September the third. I bet you the organizers are gonna be like, "Wow, there's not as many people for the opening night as we thought there would be." Well, well, it is a day on night. They're probably scared. Dang. It's kind of like. I want to get bazookas in the face. It's it's kind of like when um oh, when they were Duke. celebrating the. Uh, well, they're celebrating the launch of the Macross, the SDF-1. <laughs> it's like, do you really want to remember stuff like that? Um, do such... you want to be on the island? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When that thing takes off. <laughs> um, and uh, on August 8th to the 14th, is called Early Sunrise Week, and they're going to be showing some of the early works by Sunrise, including Zambot 3 with Exploding Humans, uh, Mecha Zabungle, Blue Comet SPT Lasner, and Yoradin Samurai Troopers. And on the 14th, they're going to have a special event called Wataro Night, which I have no clue what that is. Maybe you can enlighten me, Chris, if you know what it is. No idea. Okay. So it seems like a very Japanese thing then. No round eyes allowed. Um, Out of the loop. Uh, from the August 15th to the 21st is Gundam Week. Imagine that. I, I was wondering when they'd have a Gundam Week during the Sunrise Festival. And it's going to include um, such things as the MS Gundam versions, the MS uh, Zeta movie versions, uh, Shars Counterattack, and the... Uh, Why do they have to do the Turn A movie versions? Mm. They're not bad, but... <laughs> And um, a special event on the 21st is Everybody's Universal Century Night. So I don't know what that means, but... Everybody's? Everybody's. Get out of here, man. That's yeah. awesome. All colony drops all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Heads up. All, all mass gassings all the time. <laughs> Are they gonna? Are they gonna replay the? Thir are they gonna reenact the thirty bunch incident? <laughs> you know how they have like uh, Civil War reenactors. They have First thirty visitors get free gas. <laughs> it was a gas. And and a uh, mummified baby. Woo! So we have Civil War reenactors. They have uh, one year war reenactors. Operation British. <laughs> Sorry, Australia. Okay, imagine. Trying to be really realistic here. <laughs> imagine this: you're on a colony. The gas didn't kill you, and you see that you're flo floating into Australia. Act, act uh, horrified. <laughs> and and sandstorms made of the particles of decomposing people. Yeah, nice. And uh, our last question comes from Furious Rodimus. Oh, says, "What has been the biggest failure of an anime you have watched every episode of?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, man. So, bro, why don't you tell us first? Oh, my God. And you can't go to Destiny. Oh, no, no, no. I, don't, I wouldn't even so say, I wouldn't even say a, Gundam, 
a Gundam series even falls in that category. Not before. And it's ironic because this series actually references Gundam a lot, and that's the only merit that it has Excel to me. Excel Saga? Excel Saga. <laughs> You're like oh, the only person I know that oh, hates I that show. Oh, I hate that show. And I know I'm in the minority, but You're like I, a big minority. Dude, I own it. I own that show. I bought every volume thinking it was going to get better. And save for a few episodes there are a few episodes in there that are gems but other than that i the the majority of that show i'm not feeling it and it didn't it didn't do anything for me and i like that's what i got you fail at life i <laughs> love that show man yeah it's like i think it's an all right show i'm 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 all, I'm, 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 I'm i'm quite like com- comfortable with my convictions i've ever heard hate on that show <laughs> hey man i own it too i spent <laughs> that's yeah, even weird on that on that show it's even weirder. You own it and you I hate it. Own it. I see Damn. it every day. Not even, not even Austin it. owns things that he hates. Yeah. Ooh, well, you know, I bought it thinking it was going to get better, and I did like the Gundam references and the in jokes for that. But other than that, they reference so much of Japanese pop culture that you know a lot of the jokes are lost on you. I mean, you can read the pop ups and you can you know you can get the insight on it, and some of the stuff was generally funny, but for the most part, you know, the jokes came every second, and you know, you just, I just. I wasn't feeling the rhythm. I guess you know, there's just it's it's my opinion in the end, and, and maybe I'm whack for saying it, but I just wasn't feeling Excel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's it is official. <laughs> whack dot com slash Ryu. Look it up. If there if there's a show that just pissed me off more than pissing me off, and I I sat there and I watched every one of those episodes. Preach. It's got to be it's got to be Witch Hunter Robin. <laughs> I remember watching this show, and I was like, okay, it's got a pretty good thing. You know, I'm kind of into, like, vampires and stuff, and, like, you know, like, evil stuff. Like, you know, I like that, but I'm sitting here watching this show, and it's just, like, it's got so freaking emo, and it's just sitting there. And the the penultimate episode for me was when they attacked the the, the headquarters of the special squad and, like, shot all these people up, and the the girl and the one dude, they they, they escape. And then you see, like, the next episode, it's, like, a month later, and everybody's back to work like nothing happened. Like, somebody just had, like, a, a blow-up, but this one was people got shot up in it. And I just sat there, and I watched it. I never wanted to punch a TV more than um, watching this show. Cause, and, and the thing about me is, if I hate something, I will force myself to watch it to the end, because I, like I like to have informed hate. There you go. And uh, That's what Austin <laughs> likes to call it. Yes. <laughs> Educated hate? Educated hate. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, it, it it just drove me insane. Oh, uh, Razafon would be another one that drove oh. me insane. Ooh, and if there's anything that I've hated, and this isn't even anime, that I hated more than anything than God, and, 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 and I, I, I sat here, and I watched it, and I wish I had those two hours back. What's up? It's No Country for Old Men. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> what Not that again. What a giant piece of dog turd. Is that? What did that movie ever do to you? Oh, it was created. And I sat there and watched it. But I sat there and I watched every second of that piece of crap, friendo. Damn. And, man, it was garbage. Take that, Cohen Brothers. Yes. <laughs> but since it's the Cohen Brothers, send, I should have uh, loved hop it. I'm to your house with a gas tank. Nice. We can press the air tank. Yeah, whatever. Solbro, uh, since you've read the manga, maybe you could, aside from your impressions of the movie then and now, uh, how would you say that it compares to the original manga by Masamune Shiro? Well, um, it 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 it's pretty much takes elements from the manga, you know, from several different stories that span across it, and and kind of you know they 
puts puts them together. It's almost like an abridged version of it. But um, I I um, if out of the two, I, as much as I adore the movie, I I do prefer reading the manga because you, Mazumi Sushiro is such a techno nerd, and and, and we should we should um let the audience know that Mazumi Sushiro is just not just one person, but um, <laughs> a I wouldn't yeah. say I'd say it's a, a duo of authors and 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 artists that um. That, that come together to put these stories out but um he's such a, a technophile that he'll and in very detail secretive. and very secretive um they um th- this entity um they'll um they'll write in detail what their technology is about and the terms that they discuss and take the time to actually explain you know some of the things you may not understand quite clearly in um little sidebars in the on the on the panels of the manga so you know I, and 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 that that leads me to the point where um when i first saw ghost in the shell way back in 95 uh, you know way back in the mid 90s uh, when i watched it i could not comprehend it it looked gorgeous i enjoyed watching it but you know the point it was trying to express across you know i got some of it but for the most part i wasn't a reader of hard science fiction or you know i i wasn't really all all i knew of cyberpunk was blade runner and maybe bubblegum crisis <laughs> prior to that so you know this was even up seemed to me like more of an advanced course of um of cyberpunk and just the uh the mindset it goes b- um, behind really comprehending it but i enjoyed the movie and um i i thought it was you know a very unique uh uh product that come out of japan and it was a a really a really great production and um it was something that i like to show my friends and and just introduce them to anime and it is one of those animes where they when you introduce the people you know it, it you don't have to be a fan of anime to appreciate it uh when and other when it comes to other comparisons to the manga uh for the most part uh the the puppet master storyline that's in the movie it's uh it's it's also in the manga as well mm-hmm. and um it it does convey that quite accurately to the point where it ends the same way where um of course uh, major kusanagi merges with the uh with the puppet master in order to create a new ent- uh, entity um it raises some of the same questions when it comes to her reality and if it's real if she's real um you know does she qualify as a life form you know all, all these different things that just make you think when you finish watching it are brought up in the manga too and um if anybody has never seen ghost in the shell or been exposed to how it, would you compare it go ahead how would you compare your thoughts of it back then in the 90s to seeing it now oh wow <laughs> Back in the nineties, yeah, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't prepared for it, so I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. After watching um after reading the manga and watching the, the T V series, watching this movie now, it's it's like clockwork to me. I can I, I, I now get everything it's trying to express. And also throughout all the years of seeing technology advance, you know, more of the stuff that they presented in this movie this movie was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, just like just like Neo said, and seeing some of the things they're expressing in this movie is more relevant to me now than it ever was back then when I was a kid and didn't even have access to the internet. And you know, I could AOL wasn't <laughs> like that back then, was it? <laughs> AOL was not back when we were rocking dial up. I couldn't imagine people being jacked into the internet mentally. Nowadays, I don't think that's too far off. I think probably for the first time in a year or two, it really struck me how. Um, you know, it's sort of showing where we probably will end up in the future because just look how dependent we are on technology now. Yeah. I mean, technology has developed so much in the last 15 years when, you know, we had AOL and, you know, 28.8K <laughs> dial-up. Yep. Mom, stay off the you phone. Know, it, it was <laughs> so when it's... Yeah, pretty much. I think a, I think a lot of... That familiar sound. I think a lot of that familiar has... Familiar sound of that modem. Oh, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> screeching in the background. Or that, or that happy day when your parents finally got the second line just dedicated to the nice, uh, dedicated to the internet. <laughs> yeah. I remember that day. We want an unlisted number just dedicated to the internet. Nice. Yeah. So, and you look at where we are now, where you know internet access is so pervasive, and you have people with uh, smartphones that, in essence, are you know handheld computers. Mm. You have so much of our you know political discourse being influenced by the internet you, know, you just everywhere you go even if you're not near a computer the internet's all around you i mean you're just surrounded by by facebook and twitter and all these things and you know it's got me to thinking like imagine how our world would suffer if i mean if this were just assume for the sake of argument this were possible but imagine if tomorrow the internet were turned off <laughs> I'd have to quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people would know what to it, do. It just, well, that aside, I mean, just imagine if the internet just completely disappeared tomorrow, you know, the world will be crippled, which yeah. goes to show how interdependent we've become upon it. Mm-hmm. The fact that um, if it did take a life of its own, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising. Take that 20 years into the future, and, you know, we've already come so far with technology that, you know, the the logical next progression from that is to start putting inside of our bodies. Yeah. yeah. And they already do. I mean, they already do. Are, I mean, there's already certain things that, certain procedures that are done with, like insulin pumps and... Um, RFID chips. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Insulin Pacemakers and, and all that crap. He, he, he did bring up Gundam 002, and I don't think that would be a bad choice, actually, given the nature of some of the situations. 00 could work in, mm-hmm. in, in, in real time, but Legend of the Heroes, that would just be torture. Ooh. Yeah. That would be torture. Uh, next, um, our pal Zanchi said, I'd say almost any of the Macross series, maybe even Robotech. I know you feel strongly about that. Well, that <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the voice, the, the narrator and, and Robotech would love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's 12 o'clock a.m. Rick Hunter just took a poop. 12.02. <laughs> well, what I would do is I would take real-time Robotech and I'd flush that down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as for flush it straight, I I don't know if it would work for Macross though either though I mean I honestly they would have to cut out you know so much of the other aspects that we you know come to know about Macross like um the focus on the uh, idle character and um you know there's those there's those slow moments in Macross that make it uh, that are, that are also memorable too and with the the real time format you know there'd have to be a crisis going on with that which would have to push the storyline along I. Well, they could do it for Frontier. You could just cut out all the Ronka parts. Yay. That would make it better. <laughs> there you go. Crisis averted. Yeah. So much hate for poor little Ronka. Yeah, well, <laughs> she sucks. Anyway, uh, so what, what were some of the things that we saw on Facebook? Oh, some of the things we saw on Facebook. Let's see. Well, um, Eric Keith says, and uh, along with uh, Jabman on Facebook, on, on, um, Twitter, uh, they both agreed that uh, Code Geass should be done. Uh, Eric writes here that uh, the revolution had ended within 24 hours, and Suzaku is the terrorist and Orange Coon. <laughs> um, I would like to see. And Jamin had also suggested 12 hours for a Nightmare Squad to get out of ten- enemy territory. Yeah, see, that's a nice, that's a really cool story. And um, you know, I guess they were all, they'd be on a mission where they. And they, they find themselves in a situation where they have to get off, you know, within that time period and just fight their way out. Or I wouldn't mind seeing an interquel that somewhere in um, Code Geass where Lelouch had to, you know, deal with the situation and had 24 hours to deal with it. And um, But how could you do that since he's dead? I'm 24 I mean, hours to study for a final exam. There you go. 
<laughs> to juggle all these. Cause well, the didn't they do that with the with the whole kissing contest or whatever too? There you go. That was like a twelve hour thing. <laughs> Man's like trying to he's plotting the plotting against the uh, the the oppressive rulers and then getting chased by all the girls for the kissing contest. Twenty four hours for uh, Revolves to try to ask the president of the club out. <laughs> and villain. And 24 hours to see if Sasaku really did it. Oh, oh man. You know he did. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Nice. I have one. Uh, go, uh, Cowboy Bebop. That would have been kind of cool Like if, if you had like 24 hours to get... Um, you know, 24 get hours to get... Uh, <laughs> na- to get real beef for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 24 hours on how to lose your bounty. <laughs> how to how to get your bounty, but um to lose the reward. Four hours of face scamming people. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Although the 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 movie the movie the premise for the movie that they um that uh, Cowboy Bebop had wouldn't be a bad one since they had to try to avert a virus from um killing the people of Mars. <laughs> so you know they were they were in some high pressure situations and I you're right Cowboy Bebop wouldn't be a bad idea. Oh my God! This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, this God bless her remains to this day When you ask me, oh, what's your favorite anime Or what do you think is the greatest anime of all time I'll say God bless her without hesitation It was just, like, I saw it a lot Before, uh, like, Gurren Lagann and stuff So I'd probably seen it earlier than Pedro did And, yeah, it's just one of those things That's kind of hard to describe Like, describe how exactly It, like, moves you Like, starting from the beginning Like, I, I like Noriko, like, so much She's Definitely, like, my favorite, probably my favorite anime character of all time, too. Man. Where she's, like, she's doing her best, right? But she just can't quite measure up. I mean, she, physically speaking, she's good. But when you put her in a robot with all those buttons, she's like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. But despite all that, she gets chosen by Coach there, who's voiced by Wakamoto, so he's automatically awesome. Hell yes. Yes. And... So she doesn't have too much confidence because she's just not that good, and it's compounded by like all of her fellow schoolmates are like bullying her and talking behind her back and like leaving tacks and stuff in her cockpit and stuff. Oh. So just when she like just breaks down crying there because all these people are like they graffitied her robot and stuff like that, it's just really felt for you know, especially me who was also the subject of bullying back in school. Mm-hmm. So like I really felt for her and. And when she like gets her training montage on there, then <laughs> by the end of it, she's not just a training montage, an '80s training, training montage. montage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's up there with like um like the Rocky training montages. That's what you think of when you see it. Cue the music from Chariots of Fire. Well then, um, <laughs> Gunbuster, man. I, you know, I put off watching this for a long time, and not because I didn't want to see it. I just never had it fall into my just lap before. Just because you fail. Every day. You didn't want to see it, believe <laughs> me. But I always heard lots of good things about Gunbuster, and you know, my first real oh, explosion. Oh, so that's why you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, Anytime exactly. you hear something good about a show, it's like, I'll delay it as soon as I'm done. So I'm definitely not going to watch I'm it. A, I'm going to duck that show. <laughs> I'm going to duck it. Soul Bro, G Gundam's good. No, no, no. Four years later, oh, that's the greatest show I've ever seen. Man, if anything, my first. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, bro, Legend of the Cures is good. Uh, uh, Ten if, years if, later, oh my god, it's the most awesome anime ever. You see, so, bro, you got to you got to see Battlestar Galactica. No, it's my dad used to watch it. No, it's nothing like that. <laughs> I know that, but you still got to watch this. This is amazing. Three years later, 
my God, that was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. You see, I got Why my... didn't you tell me more that it was an amazing show? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stress hard enough. See, the, see, the, the secret with Soul Bro is you got to tell him it sucks. Oh, then he'll watch it immediately. Then he'll watch the hell out of it, man. Like, I watched that yesterday. No. <laughs> Lost Blows. Oh, every, oh, every weekend. Man, sweet. What really floored me was the last episode. Because I always heard about the infamous black and white episode. You know, Gynax ran out of money. Gynax ran out of money. When I finally sat down and watched it, it didn't look like that at all. To me, they looked like it looked like Ono was trying to channel as much Kurosawa as he could when he when he made that last episode. Because I've been on a Kurosawa kick lately. I just watched Rashomon the other day, and I watched Seven nice. Samurai again. And you know, watching that last episode from the way they laid out the the, the storyboards and the shots and the dialogue and just the the drama that was invoked in that last episode, it's very Kurosawa-esque. I mean, right down to, you know, to, to the very ending, which I won't spoil. But it's just... They win. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely powerful. Maybe they had some budget constraints towards, <laughs> towards the end of the series. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> they win, and, and, and none of the main characters die. Spoiler! <laughs> But no, um, it ends. <laughs> yes. It comes to a close. Conflict <laughs> not continue for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, Gunbuster was an absolute joy to watch, and that ending makes it all worth it. But the ride, the entire ride, is 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 incredible. I, I did you it, shed manly tears? I did actually. My oh eyes, my, my eyes welled up. My eyes welled up in the last bunch of few minutes. Man, of course, man. I'm not heartless. What a bunch you of damn sissies. <laughs> No, there's only there's only like a couple things you're supposed to cry at. Old uh, Yeller. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I never cried at Old Yeller. I never did either. To be and honest. I've never <laughs> seen Old Yeller. Oh, oh man, it's terrible. Neither have I. Well, damn, you're un-American, man. <laughs> <laughs> but just just to make a long story short, it's it's a great watch. I call, I would consider it an anime essential, especially if you're a Mecha fan. See this out. The, uh, the Soul Bro uh, guarantee. guarantee. The guarantee. It gets the Soul Bro guarantee Ooh. twice over. Mm. Twice it gets, over. It gets double pedal guarantee too. Dang, going right. Well, he's got the double soul bro guarantee, so it's it's two times worse than uh, the second <laughs> season of <laughs> of Double O. Then <laughs> <laughs> two times worse than the second season of Double O divided by Destiny. Oh, Man. oh cool. damn! Damn! That That's when he equals <laughs> <Nanoha>. Oh, <laughs> strike witches. <laughs> I'm speechless, Chris. You can't really use Nanoha because that's actually popular. Strike witches is Shut one up. that people hate. Well, so is Destiny. It doesn't mean it's good. Oh my god. <laughs> is it popular or notorious? It's popular. Okay. Famous or infamous? Both. Uh, having um, discussed breasts, uh, we have two more two more topics at hand on, on this show, and one of them was uh, that Pedro Bear South asked if he could borrow the Straight Talk Express, so I'll let you take it for a quick spin around the block. Alright, so, real... Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys, right now, you know you have to talk like John McCain when you do the Straight Talk Express. <laughs> I, I, my fellow Americans, my friends. So I go and put some marbles I, in your mouth. I, I, kicked him, I, <laughs> I kicked him off the bus. I jacked his bus. I'm taking it for a spin. Sweet. All right. So, fans of anime that have started watching anime after 2000, it's okay <laughs> to like hand-drawn shows. It's okay to here. like something that came out even possibly before you were born. It's Are you serious? Garage sucks, man. He sucks. If he was, if he was even uh -oh. before the year 2000, it's uh, crap. Uh, He's back, the troll. The troll's back. Punch the troll in the face. The troll's like, hiding inside the bus. No, I gotta kick him off the That's bus. That's where he Get was. We were wondering. We were wondering where he went while you were gone. <laughs> we were on vacation. We were like, did he? Did he hide in the? Did he hide like in the the? 
the cargo bay of the Tonza flight out to Europe when Chris went. <laughs> he's following him we hadn't heard him for a while, so he's back. He's back in Dade County. All right. It was it was that it was that voice that was in the back of his head the entire time. But uh, no, seriously, like, all right. So you either get people who, and this will this will be mentioned also when you know we go to Diebuster that that you know oh you know because it's hand drawn and because it's old it's very clear this is an inferior product and oh you know I don't want to watch it. Guess what? It's better than about ninety percent of the stuff that's out there that's computer animated. It's animated better yeah. than ninety percent of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, um, pretty much. I think this has this probably has a lot to do with Bandai Visual and their uh, their attention to how they make um, how they like do the reformatting of DVDs and stuff. But I watched uh, Gunbuster on uh, on a PS3 on a 1080p TV which uh, with HDMI. And it looked better than some Blu-ray rips out there. Like, yeah, you know what? You can have a nice, you know, really... I'll take Macross Frontier as an example. Macross Frontier is a wonderfully animated things at, uh, show at times. But mm-hmm. there are times when... Uh, you get, get ready for the Street Fighter uh, cover-up here. When Shoosh! looks busted. All right. Oh, oh, Sometimes oh. you get you get some you get some weird proportions. You get some people looking kind of kind of kind of kind of nasty. Actually, but, my only complaint about Frontier is Ronka. <laughs> yes, we're, we're not well doing that again. That. I'm Good just Lord. saying. You're, you're, you're out, you are outnumbered here. There are two pedos. <laughs> two pedos. There you can see the real pedal bear Gatai. <laughs> the pedal buster will form. Uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that pedal buster on. <laughs> oh man! So then we jump to episode four, which, like Gun Buster episode four, is where things get turned up to eleven, where they go to um, Titan. The Spinal Tap episode. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go to Titan where um, they're excavating. What Titans? <laughs> They're excavating this ancient uh, bus. Camila's a man's name. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man. But our um our last uh our last uh, our last article here. This is kind of funny, and once again, this comes from a, a, a regular news source, not some fakakted uh, anime site or whatever. And um, it's actually from a poster Muppet Gundam, and uh, his icon's pretty interesting. He has uh, Kermit the Frog and like um, some um, very Gundam-like. He's got the goggles, kind of like uh, kind of like what's his face in um, Wing Catra, the sorry guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's funny because he just says. Um, South Korea is using the Minmay defense against North Korea. And uh, he's got a link on there about how um, it's from the New York Times. And it's just kind of funny how they're blasting, like, uh, Korean pop over the over the armistice line to North Korea to, like, I, I don't know what they're trying to do, but... Um, de-brainwash them? De-brainwash them, pretty much. Convince them that um, eating grass ain't all it's cracked up to be? Convince them that uh, the guy that was... What's his name? Kim, Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un. Yeah, with his cool jumpsuit that he has <laughs> yeah, but uh i just found it funny because it, it it you know with the with the type of podcast that gundam uh, gundam is it just finds funny that somebody would actually think of this as like some type of defense do you know history you don't know about culture <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you about culture kim Jong-un. you don't know the first thing about culture here's some korean pop but uh, it is think kind of Earth is the center of the universe. <laughs> Bullshit! You don't know anything. I guess they were like they were showing this K-pop group, girl group called Four Minutes singing their song "Hit Your Heart." <laughs> 
I don't know what this is going to do. With Clearly the, sounds very insidious. I don't know what this is going to do with the old tensions in the uh, in, in the Korean Peninsula there. But um, if we know, if if they've learned anything from Mecca or especially from Macross, this will actually defeat all the enemies. So if if the North Koreans start flowing over the border, they'll just have to you know put the put the K-pop uh, defense up. But um, and and they'll put down their arms. And then uh, they'll have unification. Exactly. And then, well, you think the, the freaking reign of death will come down, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll happen, too. And Roy will die. So, some guy named Roy. In, in Korean Korea. Roy. Korean, South, South Korean Roy. You know, years prior, I don't really have too much of a problem with spoilers because... It's my own fault for not watching it during that time. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a 15-year-old show and I didn't watch it 15 years ago or even, you know, 10 years ago and I found out what the end was, well, that's my fault. But, you know, sometimes I, I do kind of like, even though I did spoil Lelouch's dead, and he was dead, and he still is dead, and he always will be dead at the end of R2. But um, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really bother me that much because I... I understand with the internet and all that that it's um, you know you're going to find this stuff out. It Valley of White Silver, the next one, uh, another four episode arc that jumps a few years into the future where they've both gone up more in the ranks is called Morning's Dream, Night's Song, or as we like to call it, CSI Odin. I was expecting one of them to have a beard like Grissom. <laughs> Half, halfway through it, <laughs> I was expecting the opening song to be the Who. <laughs> So uh, in this arc, um, Kierkegaard and Reinhard are between assignments, and um, they're visiting their old alma mater, the uh, military prep school. Mm-hmm. And um, you know their names are legendary amongst all of the um, you know the uh, the underclassmen mm-hmm. because uh, they were just there a few years ago themselves. So everything seems okay until there's a murder afoot. <gasps> Who did it? The butler? Yes. The maid. <laughs> Yes, both. The mutler, the butler maid. The butler maid. The mutler. The mutler. So, Reinhard and Kierkegaard, uh, they are asked by the principal to help with the investigation because um, some kid, he uh, was found dead inside of um, a warehouse where there's a lot of uh, you know food and other materials that are stored. He got killed by flour. Yeah, he got killed by a giant sack of flour that <laughs> fell on But things don't quite look like they seem. So throughout the investigation, uh, Kierkegaard and Reinhardt, you know, they're talking to other students. They're talking to people there. And what they uncover is um, a whole web of corruption where school officials were basically stealing supplies yeah. from the school, like food and whatnot, and uh, selling them off on the side. Black market trading. The black market. And uh, this kid just happened to be unlucky enough to stumble upon it. And um, he was killed, but then it was made to look like it was an accident of you know, a giant sack of flour falling on him. It does kind of solidify in the end that he was... Yeah, he became absolute ruler at the end of, um, at the, end of the original OVA. And I hope we're not spoiling that, but... We've already talked about it, and twenty-year-old um, spoilers. Oh my God! Lelouch uh, did it. Lelouch did it, and Reinhardt is the emperor. Hey man, what you been up to? Mm-hmm. And what was cool about this? What was cool about this episode? I'll just go into my thoughts on it. Is what was cool about this little arc here was 
this only this happened within like the span of like two or three days. It was and unlike the other ones where they you know there was seemed like there was a little bit more time elapsing before this. I think this was bet- I think this was maybe two days, and it was during that yeah it was a time. few days because it was during the time that uh, Kierkegaard was waiting for Reinhard to catch up with him. And so it, it's a very short time span. And and it's cool, and I like this episode a lot because this is when we really get to see Kierkegaard because. Unfortunately, he's he's stolen from, you know, he's stolen from us in the first season of um, yeah. of the OVAs. I mean, he had four seasons, 110 episodes. This guy's dead by like what was it, episode 26? Yeah, 26. So it's like, and you never really got to. See, it, it seemed just as we were starting to get to know him and stuff, he's taken away in the in the main OVA. But I like this one because we get to really see him. It's all about him, and you know, we see that. We can see why him and um, Reinhardt are kindred spirits. You know, they have the same sense of justice, and they have the you know, and because really, Kierkegaard had no reason to get involved with this guy, and once he got attacked, and and even even Kesserling said the same thing. Is like you know, just don't you know, getting with me is just a bad thing because you know there's the stigma on me, and and once again, it further goes into the whole sense of what we were talking about in the previous two arcs that you know the. Empires rotten to the core with the people that are in charge and the people that are getting the accolades for things and stuff like that. And yeah. they do what they do to to make to you know to advance themselves to line their pockets, and they'll even sell out their friends and, like we saw in the end, sell out their own wife and and shoot her ass, um, you know, because that guy just got he got consistently crazier as this um, as this arc went on. Yeah, that but, uh, that guy just like was nuts oh. by the end. Yeah, and it was just like you know, you know, and 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 you felt kind of bad for the woman because she really did, she really did love this guy, and she stood by perhaps him perhaps a bit too much, and stood by him as much as a scumbag as he was, and the fact that he didn't really give two craps when he shot her ass, yeah, it was just like damn, and poor Kesselin got the same rejection again as this woman's dying because. You know, usually in these situations, if it's anime or whatever, it's like, oh, you know, but I always loved you. And it was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I didn't. I didn't. Thank you for being with me. I still love this scumbag, even though he shot me. <laughs> My next door neighbor was two doors down, but his name, his name was Bobby Bylas. I'll never forget that. <laughs> And I remember he was actually the one that introduced me to it, and it wasn't even real introduction. It was just something, a game that he had that I remember he was always playing and always yelling at the TV screen about. I'll never forget that either. <laughs> and it just, I mean, whenever he couldn't, I know, I can remember always the boss characters always being where he would just, he would yell and scream at the TV, and he, he would pass controller to me, and if I just happened to beat somebody, you know, he'd be, he, he would take the controller right back, and he'd be <laughs> back to playing it again, but uh, that was my first experience with it, the mall, and it's like, you know, oh, I got I, I always had to stop at that machine, because it would always be like a Friday night thing or something, and like, we'd go to the mall, it's like, oh, I, gotta, I gotta stop at this machine at, play at least once, it's like my weekly, weekly thing I had to do is get my fill of, of Street Fighter. <laughs> That's the only thing I had as far as systems that I didn't have anything that I could play it on, so that was all I could do is play it at the mall. And he saw me play that, and he's like, he's like, um, you know, we had this at home, right? It's like, wait, we could play this at home if you want. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, this is an arcade game. It's like, th- that's the only way to play it. He's like, no, you idiot, uh, dude, dude. There's these things, you know, there's other systems that you can buy and you can get this game. It's import. It's like my brother's already got it at home. I'm telling you, we were playing, we were playing it the other night. I was like, I, I call him a liar. It's like, no, <laughs> shut up, dude. 
And it, it you know, I, I kept saying that for a while, and then finally he's like, you know, you know, oh, you should come over and hang out. It's like, and I will prove to you that we have this game. And I was like, I, I took him up on it. I was like, all right, fine. And we got there. And not only did you fools have X-Men vs. Street Fighter, you had Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter also. And I lost my mind. The first time I saw that now loading screen on X-Men vs. Street Fighter, I'm like, I can't believe it. Those are, those are the letters. <laughs> that's it, the font. That's the font. It's like, I, it's like, I know this. I, I've seen this before. And then the music started kicking up, and I was, I was in total awe. And your cousin was there at the time, too. And when he heard, it's like, you know, oh, I'm going to prove to this kid, you know, we have this. He oh was he God. was more than excited. And that was also the day I learned how to do the Raging Demon, thanks to, thanks to Jerome. So hey, There you go. My cousin Jerome, man. He's teaching people how to do the Raging Demons in the air. In, <laughs> in the, the air. air. He said you weren't, you weren't good enough until you could do it in the, in the air and the catch air. somebody. And catch and somebody. And catch somebody. <laughs> So we were we, we were jumping up in the air doing it as many times as we could until someone landed it with Mech Goki. Mech Goki. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, those were the days, man. The import scene was pretty tough, man. Freaking Sega Saturn, man. That was the uh, that, that was the first time I'd ever seen a Sega, Sega Saturn. Also, seriously, man. My I, I I went from Nintendo to Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, what was the next one after that? It would have to have been um, Nintendo 64, probably. Oh, not Super Nintendo? No, no. We, we oh, never it, got blessed with a Super Nintendo. Oh, get out of town. No, I knew people that had it. Yeah, but you never got one. But I never got one. Wow, man. But, and I never knew anyone that had a, a Sega Saturn. You were the first, I was like, where's this lost technology that, that runs on CDs? <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. Like, man, though, you missed the Sega CD. Yep. Man, so you got to see Sega Saturn in its element. In its element. I, I watched the swap trick. With the five-in-one cartridge. In the slot, <laughs> and and the swap trick. I guess that uh, you see Jerome do. Like Jerome, Jerome would get us in total si- silence. Yeah. Just like shut up, everybody. Like <laughs> get down. It's like you know trying to give a, a machine CPR or something. It's yeah. like getting close up to it. It was tough because when you had to do the swap, you had to um, open the lid and then you had to listen for when the laser moved. Or when it was about to move. The way you could tell is that on the screen when the Sega Saturn was booting up, there was a Sega logo that would come up after the Sega Saturn splash screen. And that's when you're supposed to do it. Now, there's a chance you could cut your fingers open. Because yeah. <laughs> the CD spin is so fast. But you got to catch it before the CD starts to upspin. And Jerome was the master at that. He that dude was. could do that in his sleep. That's, what, that's what everyone was telling me. He like, was. He got it every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I mean, that's when you're playing Burns. Like, for regular imports, you don't have to do that crap. But, like, if you're playing Burns, that's a different story. I'm sorry, Sega. (laughs) (laughs) You just never see him. I was barely home. And if you did, it's in in shadow. It's like, what? It's like, did someone just come home? I just saw a blur go by, like, real quick. (laughs) It's like, that was my brother Adam. It's like, you have another brother? Dude, you got it. Because he had introduced me also to King of Fighters. I had never seen that before in my life what? also. It's like, what is this? It's like another fighting game. Another another series brought to you by Sega Saturn. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think at the time I had, um, I, 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 my Neo Geo CD didn't stay a lot at my house. I actually stayed a lot at Shoji Ramro's house because I'd, I'd always go over there at night. And um, it was over there. But I owned the Sega CD at the time and had tons of KOF games. But I also went out of my way to get them on the Sega Saturn. And I think I had... Uh, I didn't have 95 because 95 required a special cartridge, and I didn't. Ha- I had. I couldn't get my hand on both the game and the cartridge. No matter where I would go to use it, have either or. But um, most of the time, not the cartridge. It would just be the game, so it's pretty much useless. But um, 96, 97, and 98, 
those you could use with the five and one cartridges that we had with the with the megs and whatnot. And um, uh, I had that for my Sega Saturn, and we play it all the time. And it's like we, 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 it's funny because nowadays it's kind of hard to be multi-talented in any fighting game. I like multiple fighting games. You got to usually concentrate on one or two. Right. But back in the day, we used to be able to just switch between game from game to game, know all the moves, know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could get that back. <laughs> <laughs> But man, so so um, who, who, um, a, uh, Doctor Encyclopedia Black AJ um introduced you to KOF also. It, it was KOF ninety eight, mm-hmm. and I, I just thought it was so funny. You know the title, you know title screen. It's like the King of Fighters. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like wow. I was like what what is who made this? It's like wh- where did this come from? It's like yep. you know man, this is King of Fighters. So it's like you better get used to it in this house. It's like, <laughs> I want to get to the story, mm. like the, the the story that touches us the most. Mm-hmm. The day, the week that CVS Two was coming out. Yes, the most excited we could ever be. Yes, it was also one of the most tragic weeks in American history. Yes, and um, Nick, I'm gonna let you get into your your side of the story. And my heart goes out to all the the, the people you know that lost a loved one or knew someone that lost a loved one in in 9/11. Mm-hmm. And in no way am I trying to belittle, belittle that at all. But I, I can honestly say I was. I was sad about something else that day other oh. than that. I mean, it was, I, you know, it was just, it was something that we had looked forward to for yeah. so long. And just to have something like that, again, you know, it's nothing personal or anything like that. It just, it just, the timing couldn't have been worse. Yeah. We imported the game from uh, from one of the online dealers. I forget the name of it. There was a really popular website where we could import games from, and I forget what it's called now. But um, we imported the game from them, and um, because of 9-11, it got delayed. So I'll let you go on. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we had those school planners and stuff that, you know, we could put everything <laughs> in and had calendars in. And, I mean, it's messed up, but I literally, before any of, you know, bef- well before the month of, um, you know, September, it was, it, I had that day, because I remember the website had said, like, this is the day it's going to ship. Yeah. It comes out this day. It should ship by this day and be here by Friday. Because I know we had, like, next day shipping on that. Like, it was, it was, we went all out for that. We went all out because we and don't want to. We want to sleep on that. <laughs> I kid you not. On on nine eleven in my planner, it said D Day on it because it was just <laughs> it was the day, and I was so excited. Like I couldn't. I went to school. I actually went to school happy that day because I was like, <laughs> like this is the day it's gonna come out. We look forward to. I'd save all that money up mm-hmm. from um from working construction for that summer, and I was like, this you know it was finally the week. It was finally the day that it was gonna happen, and you know unfortunately. You know, due to certain events, you know, due to terrorists. As, and in fact, <laughs> I saw that, you know, it was my second period class and I saw that was going on. And the first thing that crossed my mind was, is mail going to get delayed? <laughs> it, is, is the postal service, gonna, you know, I, again, you know, it, it may sound after, you it know, was to some people. Reaction, dude. But it was just, it was, you know, because at the time, the, the towers, you know, again, you know, I, I hate to bring up. You know, old history and stuff, yeah. but nothing had happened. I mean, as far as only the one had been yeah. had been hit yet. So in my mind, I was thinking, you know, is is this going to affect mail at all? Because I remember them talking about, you know, you know, planes and stuff and everything are going to be stopped. And Plus, at the time, we didn't know the magnitude of the situation. Right. You know, we didn't know how many lives were going to be lost. We didn't know, um, you know, we didn't know if people got out in time. You know, we didn't know anything. And then the next, you know, it, it wasn't. It, it didn't sink in how bad it was right. at the time, but yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 honestly 
you know, you, you, the first thing you come to mind is like, well, flight's going to be delayed. Yeah. You know, flight's going to be stopped. It's like, I, I, first thing that came to my mind is like, it sucked to be flying today because you're not going to yep. go anywhere. Right. <laughs> They're grounding everybody. And then it slowly dawned on me that yeah, the, the mail would be one of those things that get grounded. Right. And that's, that's what I was wondering too, if that was going to get affected. And of course, you know, once one thing led to another, then not only was I sad for what was happening, but also because it was like a double whammy for, yeah. I know at least for both of us, it was, it was a sad day. It went from a happy day to a very sad day. And I remember, you know, again, um, Thursday, cause I remember that was a Wednesday mm-hmm. and then Thursday, you know, again, I wasn't, you know, it was, everybody was sad about what happened the day before, and you know, I was sad for two reasons. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was gloomy for everybody. Ooh. And, and it's like you were on cloud nine. At the start I of the was. 11th, oh dude. man, I was. I was as as what was um summer. What is that? That movie? That summer. Summer. Every, um, everyone. Oh, everyone has a summer. They want to remember. And then that that was that was the summer. And man, it's it's like Harrison Ford winked at me in the window that day. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was feeling good, and then that you know, you saw, you all saw that solo in your reflection. Yep. I'm like, dude, I'll be over in a second. I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't even think that I hung up the phone. I think I dropped it, and and I honestly don't remember if I, 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 I probably ran there. You blacked out. <laughs> it was, it, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and. I rode over on that bike as fast as I possibly could, and I get into the house, and he took forever to answer the damn door. It's like, what is taking so long? It's like, and he comes on, he comes and answers the door on the phone, mm-hmm. and I'm like, who are you calling? I was like, I'm right here. It's like, you know, he's like, oh no, I'm talking to my my cousin in um, you know, one one of the islands or something like that. I'm like, yeah. I'm talking to them. I'm like, dude, where is it? Where is it? And it's he's like, oh, it's in the back room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go back there, and it's I'm looking at it in all of its glory on your TV screen. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. So that's what we did. We um, Every time she brought us a drink, Nick was drinking um, all sorts of brews. Like uh, you switching from Bud Light to Newcastle. Yep. And, and I know, you know, Shoji will smack me for doing that because <laughs> I eventually went from Newcastle back to Bud Light because... Ooh. Eventually we left, but you know at that point I was like, well, I need to keep drinking. Yeah. And no other place has Newcastle, so. You switch from clear to brown, back to clear. Brew. So. Mistake. <laughs> oh, that old dude next to next to me, that Obi Wan Kenobi dude. He was cool as hell too. That dude was cool as crap, man. That dude was just ordering Newcastle after Newcastle. He kind of spilled his Newcastle on the table, though. Yes, he did. <laughs> All over the shroot bucks All that we were trying the to win. Shroot bucks. <laughs> If you ever go to Sahara and you go to the dollar tables, if you get a blackjack, or I'm sorry, if you get a 21 off the first two cards that you get, they'll hand you something called the Vahan Buck, which if you get five of it, you get, a, I think, a free spin on, on some wheel to win a prize, and you also get, like, free plays on slot machines and whatnot, and we accumulated quite a bit when we were there. That old dude next to us, man, he... Um, he had a stack of those things. He had a fat stack, and he knew when to bet big. Like, I'd see him, like, you know, he'd put one in every so often, and then there'd be a time where he put in, like, six, or he put in, like, $20, and he would win that mess for sure. One time he won with the 21, and it's like, dude, how do you know you're going to get that right off the right off the bat? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, it's funny, too, because he also did something that I'm not even still sure what he did, because he had 21, and then he bet again on something like... I, I honestly do, I'm not even sure. I was actually going to actually going to ask my father about this because he he's more of a 
you know, he knows how, how this stuff's played. But I don't even know if he'll know because the guy next to me, you know, he, he was an old man too. Yeah. And he saw him do this, and apparently it's a legal move. And he bet on himself or something as far as if the dealer still had 21. Yeah. Even though he had 21 or something to that effect. And the guy had said, you know, in all my 30 years of playing – I've never seen anyone do that. I didn't know you could do that. Wow. And it's like, it, he didn't know you could do that. And then, <laughs> and then remember, I, I don't know what it was that your guy did also, that the dealer's like, oh, you can't do that. And he's yeah. like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? It's like... <laughs> It's, it's like he was testing It's her. like, man, it's like, did, did you make the rules of blackjack? It's like, you know, you know a lot of stuff about it. The place I saw on Man vs. Food, ironically, again, called, um, was it House of Hashigogo? Sure. Yeah, as a, well, as, as a, Nick and I have called it now, uh, Henshinagogo, baby, <laughs> from Beautiful Joe. But um, we went there, for we all four of us went there for breakfast. The cool thing about uh, Hashigogo is that um, it is a place where they do fusion cuisine. For breakfast foods, and you know they'll, they'll make a waffle, but they'll infuse a, a a a piece of bacon throughout it, so that you know you get the taste of bacon in your waffle. It's pretty neat, and um, I know Nick is not a quote too crazy. I can't about add to the story because I just had a, a buttermilk pancake and <laughs> <laughs> side of bacon and orange juice. So and the portions are huge, like they were. They're bigger. You won't be able to finish your meal unless you're like your champion eater. If you've ever seen Uncle Buck, that was the size of my pancake, so. Yeah, they got the Literally, they had to take a shovel and flip it and then put it on my plate. Man, I don't doubt it. That thing was just humongous. I, they should have called this Jane's Counterattack. So when they started singing the song, all I thought of is the. The Char's song and Char's counterattack. <laughs> hey, that 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 the, the man they called Jane. That's a it's a catchy song. It's a very it catchy song. I actually heard that. I never saw this episode until I watched it on Netflix, and I heard that song throughout the years. And it's like, what is that? What is that from? What does that have to do with anything? And um, sure enough, I, I finally find out the origin of that. And it's one of the like I said, it's one of the best scenes in the entire series because the reactions on the rest of the crew's faces when that song starts <laughs> to be played yeah. in the bar is priceless, especially the doctor. He can't believe that mess. He keeps saying, you know, I forget what he uh, he he keeps he got saying. Completely something. wasted. Yeah, he, he was already drunk to begin with. That's, that's like I, that's why he was laughing. So I must hard. be delusional right now because I can't believe they're singing your praises. <laughs> and they and it's funny because as the song is going and the lyrics are going, Jane is actually explaining the truth behind the legend. And it's a nice, it's a nice counteraction. Uh, 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 what's a juxtaposition of um, of what really happened between the the, the legend that played out, and um, it's just really cool insight in this character. It's good to see um, Charles Logan in this episode because he's always good. At, the, the actor that plays him is always good. Always at, a devious bastard. Always playing devious bastards, but that just makes him a uh, uh, awesome. I think it's Gregory Itson is his name, and um, he's a really good actor. He was great in Twenty Four, and to see him in this episode before tw- he was in Twenty Four was really cool. And um. You know, for the most part, the the, the sub story of Anara um, allowing uh, Anara choosing his son to um, to finally lose his virginity, and the fact that he stands up to his father in the end is a really cool scene. Plus, uh, the the um, the conflict between Jane and his former partner, and to see how diabolical Jane was back in the day, as opposed to the softening of him throughout the course of the series, is a nice contrast too. It, there's a lot of contrast in this episode, but it shows that you know these characters are developing through the course of the series and it's it's a great episode overall it's one of my favorites Salt Solbro at the comic store reading the uh, Serenity thing <laughs> where's Ryu oh, forget you man <laughs> they're in like a they're in like a Chinese uh, 
Maul here. Where's right here? Oh, it, indeed, indeed. This first question comes from Red Comet ninety. Mm. Oh, uh, recently on Mecha Talk, and by recently he means March when he posted this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was a thread where people started to discuss what Char's real reasons were for starting up Neo Zeon. Mm. I figure I'd ask what the Gundam trio thought of this and what you three think Char's real reason for creating Neo Zeon, whether it be actually following his father's ideals or merely out of a selfish desire to beat Amaro. Thanks. Well, what's he say in Char's counterattack? So, Neo, um, what do you think? What did he say in Char's counterattack? He just wanted to eat people off the Earth and stuff? Yeah, he's sent it into deep sleep and people yeah. polluting the Earth and blah, 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 blah. There, there's a reason. Because Tamino said so. <laughs> Soul bro? Oh, yeah, he had some, he had the noble reasons, but I think the core came down to wanting to enact uh, Amaro into... Um, into facing off with him. I mean, it, it's a mixture of things. Fan I know. S- s- no, just, just, it just is in the background subliminal, you know, subconsciously for him, you know. It's probably one of the things that drove him to do it, but at the same time, he had other, you know, Shars are complicated. So, dude, hey, I'm going to drop an asteroid and kill millions of people on a planet instead of just saying, hey, Armoro, it's Shar. It's Let's added- go have a battle out by the, uh, the flagpole <laughs> of Granada. It's an added bonus. <laughs> You know, it's part of Jan- Gr- Shar's grand scheme. Mm. But um, no, I, I think it's a mixture of things. Um, I, I like to think that the 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 grand scheme um, effect of wanting to get people off the planet and, and forcing mankind to to move into the next level is this big thing. But yeah, I, I know he, he there's some there's some selfish desire there too, and it, it becomes more apparent as their fighting is going on towards the end of the movie. So because he says, "Armor, I'm doing something wicked." Yeah, I mean, he's just he's it's, he's channeling his inner Voldemort, man. <laughs> Chris, here. <laughs> I confess myself disappointed. segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and uh, it's been a few episodes, but for this segment we're going to continue with the second installment of our Ghost in the Shell Roundup. In the first one we talked about the original 1995 movie by Mamoru Oshii, and this time we're going to take a look at the 2002 TV series reboot Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex sometimes affectionately known as Gits Sack among fans. And, you know, the TV series has the same cast of characters. You've got uh, Major Kusanagi, you've got Bato, you've got Togusa, you've got uh, Aramaki, and, uh, you know, some of the other supporting cast members. But it's an alternate universe from the original movie, so don't expect it to be a continuation of that, because it isn't. And it shares some similarities with um, the original movie, but also uh, there are some differences, and um, the interesting thing about uh, this show lies in its setup with its storyline, which is part of its title, Standalone Complex. 
throughout the season, uh, we see sometimes one episode that's complex, sometimes they're two or three in a row, and then in the finale, it was like maybe three or four episodes in a row of complex episodes of this massive scandal involving political corruption. You have uh, corporate cover-ups and stuff. Yeah, corporate yeah. cover-ups. Corporate crime. Corporate Corporate scandals. crime in biotech, yeah. in the biotech industry. Cover-ups of... Um, Even market manipulation, I think. Yeah, market manipulation. Talk about yeah. yeah there, there's talk of stock manipulation. Uh, you have, you know, the um, the cure for this condition called cyberbrain sclerosis being suppressed because the manufacturers of micro-machines, not the little race cars... <laughs> <laughs> they want their treatment to develop, and they want that industry to develop, even though the micro-machines are yeah. proven to be completely ineffective compared to the Murai vaccine. Yeah. And, you know, there's this whole cover-up because the very people who are suppressing the Murai vaccine are using, are it. using it themselves <laughs> because yeah. they have this condition. Yeah. So it's sort of an interesting combination of a lot of elements of things that are part of our world now. You know, we've how many times have we seen stock manipulation? How many times have we seen corporate fraud? How many times have we seen political corruption where you have, you know, government bodies that are suppressing treatments because of... You know, somebody being paid off or okay. some kind of other political reason. What, in America? Uh, no way. <laughs> this last decade's been full of it. <laughs> yeah. So, all the last, all, all, oh, yeah. last 20, or last 100 years, it's been that way. It's very so, true. Something that's been going on for years, just, just executed in different ways. But yeah. yeah, so for me, the genius of uh, the whole storyline that's used in The Laughing Man is that um, it takes all of these elements that we're familiar with that really don't have anything to do with technology, but then puts them in a setting where technology is very prevalent. Not only, um, and, and just, just uh, to add in the end, not only does this, uh, this series have one of the best penultimate episodes, but it has one of the best wrap-up episodes ever. With, uh, I guess it's, it's led by Togusa as he's you know, trying to piece together the last bits and pieces of the whole Laughing Man case in the final episode of the series. And, you know, the fact that, uh, and it's sec- about to do something really stupid. Yes, yes. And he, he thinks that Section 9 is pretty much kaput. And, you know, finally finds out at the end that, you know, it's all a facade and that they've unofficially been re, you know, re, re Oh, my um, God. I can't believe you spoiled it for everyone. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh, you know, my God. Eight someone, years. <laughs> somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's and he's surprised to learn that you know it was all mm-hmm. Aramaki's setup to save everybody. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, I love that way that the previous episode ends with the major getting their head blown off. That it was like, wow, what a way, what a way to cliffhang everything <laughs> into the into the, uh, the into the final episode of uh, make fun of Bato. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Holy like, <laughs> Let's play it again. <laughs> Bato, that reminds me. Weren't you bawling your eyes out a few months ago? Uh, screw you. Oh, really? In that case, let's say I grabbed the satellite footage from this scene. Yeah, and you ought to send it to the Major, too. All right, cut it out. Mojoko! Right? You bastard! <gasps> I told you to stop, damn it! <laughs> Give up already? <laughs> <laughs> Does it get the seal of approval? I guess it gets it gets an unprecedented three seals. Well, did you already give three seals before? No, I've only I've only given two. No, you gave you gave three for Firefly. Fire, no, I gave two for Firefly. You gave it for Serenity. Yeah. No, I gave I gave one I just for Serenity. Heard the episode like the other day. I edited it. I can. I, you want me? You want me to go back and run, run the tape back? I will. So what if <laughs> right I'm right? Okay, what so. if I'm right? <laughs> 
I, I give I it up. I'm pretty sure we've heard the the three Solbro. I have to. Have you? All right. Well, I'm sure one of our listeners sure. can 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 call me to the carpet on that one. But well, well, you'll be corrected for being wrong as usual. As usual, three seals though. I would give Firefly as a whole a four or a four and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would give Serenity, uh, without a doubt, a five. What? Man. Yes. Solbro. Your, your rating is. Uh, I gotta give it. I gotta give it. Um, just like well, actually, um, I'm are these Chris. are these as good as season two of Double O? Hey, hang on, hang on. I gotta give this an unprecedented three Solbro guarantees. There you go. Cue the cue for the applause one. for, for ser- which one? For Serenity. Um, what about Firefly? I already said it in Firefly. I'd give it two Solbro guarantees, man. Okay. Two. There you go. But uh, Geist is just from first minute to the last minute, just a complete and utter unlikable asshole. Man. There's nothing at all that makes you relate to him or sympathize with him or like him. And he could have been rough around the edges, but mm-hmm. you know, at least been something other than just a mindless killing machine. I mean, it's so bad because when he when he speaks, which is very rarely, it doesn't do anything. Like he's just like, you know, I just want the information in your head. Oh, I'll do it. You know, it's just like, okay. Yeah. Might as well be and the Terminator from the first movie. Actually, he had more yeah, personality. Kind of a low-rent knockoff. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and um, you know why? Why does he uh, want to release the Death Force? It's like he just feels like doing it to be a dick. You got this going on, of course. You know, just like MD guys want a gratuitous, uh, unremarkable uh, violence. Just you know, to have violence. Instills. Uh, yeah, instills. <laughs> Uh, we find out that the remnants of the human populations in this kind of SDF one knockoff. Uh, <laughs> that's that ship looked like a knockoff. It looked like the poor man's. Uh, oh. it, it, it looked like it the poor was, man's it was SDF that one. One that they found in space, but uh, didn't get to explore, and then disappeared later. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's the um, SDF three, right? <laughs> the one from Robotech. Um, that's where it ended. Up. <laughs> yeah, it ended up in the MD guys world. Where'd that come from? Where'd this generation come from? And you know, you would think um, if there was a human colony on this planet and it was being uh, wiped out in a robot genocide, don't you think they would have sent maybe like uh, a distress signal to other human colonies, like, "Hey, can you give us a hand? We got these killer robots killing everybody." I'm sure if they once they Especially get done killing us. Like Federation. Yeah. But then these dumbasses who are like whatever, they're so like uh, into their own thing that they wouldn't bother to think of asking the Earth Federation for help so that the population doesn't get exterminated. Yeah. What what is the sense behind that? And for me the one of the worst things is this OAV from the mid nineties, which we mentioned was funded by CPM, um, it's just so cheap looking. Yes. Even more than the eighties one because there's so many scenes where it's nothing but just still shots, still shots, still shots. And when you see this overabundance of still shots, it's just the hallmark of a cheap production because, you know, they're cutting corners. Because they're not animated if they're showing, doing still shots. And not only still shots, but some reoccurring ones, which is just like... <laughs> Recycled still shots. That's the worst thing. I wonder if Fakuda was a big fan of MD Geist, too. <laughs> I, would, I would not even knock him that way. I know. Ooh. I'm just joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, Would this be the first negative numbers in the, <laughs> the MHQ scale? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We got a lot. We get. We got. Uh, uh, well, I got a lot of shit when one of my reviewers gave uh, the Nadesco movie uh, zero stars, <laughs> wow. and, I, and I got all the hate for it, even though I didn't even review Nadesco. So I'm like, what the hell, man? But I would say I would give MD Geist: Colon Director's Cut a one. A one, 
and I would give MD Geist 2 colon Death Force uh, kind of wavering between zero and half a star. Okay. So <laughs> And the thing is, you know, and I, and I want to summarize, I want to make this clear before any MD Geist defenders come in, because okay. I know they will at some point. Oh, man, they will. You know, there are things that are bad, and that they're so bad that they're good, mm-hmm. just because they're so bad. Yeah. But then there's that rare category of something that is so bad that it goes beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad that it can't be good for being bad. Yeah. You can't, you can't is, look at the good. You can't, you can't take it for what it is or whatever. There's no amusing cheese. There's yeah. no, like, you know, something that you like even though it's bad factor. This is just all out bad. This is not the this is not the uh, the original Street Fighter movie with Jean Claude Van Damme where <laughs> you look back and it's like it's so bad but it's so campy it's actually kind of good you know so I don't think I'd say that either the 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 only thing I would say is uh, you know amusing about the original Street Fighter is that whole speech yeah. that uh, Raul Julia gives and it's like you know for something like you know. For you, uh, meeting me, it was the most important moment of your life. For me, it was Tuesday morning. Yeah. It was Tuesday. <laughs> but. So, moving on, our next question comes from Furious Rodimus, who asks this very deep and pointed question. If you were the masked rival, what would your nickname be? Hmm. So, uh, I, I have a couple. Um... You know, depending on which part of the UC timeline I appear in, I might use a name like, say, uh, Rear Entry. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, Dirty Sanchez. What the hell? Okay. Those those are some those are some potential. Um, what was the uh, What was the question again? If you were the masked rival, what would your nickname be? <laughs> well, if I was in the Unicorn period, I'd be Angry Dragon. Or the one-eyed pirate. <laughs> I don't know. I've never even thought about I, that before. I, I would call myself Hatersance. Hatersance? Hater Hatersance. Like Renaissance. <laughs> Sober, nice. what would you call yourself? Ryu. <laughs> Street Fighter. <laughs> Saji Crossroach. Uh, I don't know. I'd put you... I couldn't think of anything because this is, I didn't see this question. I know I usually don't look at the mailbag questions because I like the more spontaneous answers. But for that, I have to look, I'd have to look for a while. But you'd have to do it where it's something ridiculously like just bizarre and like, you know, maybe, maybe two words that really don't seem like they should go together or some, you know, some bastardization. Boca Raton. Boca Raton, huh? (laughs) Boca Raton. (laughs) Nice. God, it's like a list. I guess it's the. <laughs> I guess we, we wouldn't have it any other way with you, Austin. God, I guess it would be ju- uh, judo and the junkyard kids. Oh. <laughs> Is that a Saturday morning ABC cartoon show from from nineteen eighty four? I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make it into one of those. <laughs> the junkyard That's, kids. What? Why? What did? What bothered you about judo and the junkyard kids? So damn annoying! Oh my god, the amount of <laughs> just like the first ten episodes of those idiots. It was just why can't they die already? Oh, you didn't like um, Mondo and Beaches every episode trying to get Judo killed and then oh, somehow reconciling great. at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like one of the worst part. I was like, really? In real life, my if my if if my friends were trying to get me killed multiple times, I don't think we'd be standing around joking about it at the very end. And uh, I thought that Iron Mask was annoying. He was just a whiny bitch. He was a low rent. He was a real low rent uh, 
villain. <clears throat> I know we we make fun of Zex as being low rent, but you know Zex actually served a purpose. Iron Mask was just like, oh, my wife left me. And Zex was interesting. Yeah, he had he had a story like, to him. My wife left me for some guy who bakes bread. Wah, I'm gonna wear <laughs> this mask and kill everyone on Earth just because I'm angry because I got cuckolded. Wah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna f that's pretty much all her thing was too. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you who was a little annoying too. It was Kogali's father. The dude really? Was like, yeah, the guy was like too. I sometimes I I, I hate the the people that are like too pure because it's like, come on, man. You know, nobody's like that in real life. <laughs> Come on, the man stood there silently as he burnt to death. You yeah. know what? You know why he annoys me? Because he keeps coming back dead. <laughs> is, that, is that why he annoys me? Cause I it's the flashbacks of him that constantly annoy me. So he actually, never died. So actually, it's not so much that he annoys me, it's the flashbacks of him standing there in that fire <laughs> all the damn time that annoy me. Well, well, then if that's the case, then you have to be annoyed by Nick, uh, Nickel, because he dies how many times in Seed and in Destiny? Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Like, freaking, like, five times in the episode after he died, they just they did the, uh, <laughs> the strike batter up moment. For all you modelers out there, uh, the next uh, perfect rate kit that's going to be coming out. Guess anyone? Oh man, I actually know the answer to this. Someone told me, but you go ahead and um, you will. Really, uh, wait, 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 wait. Is 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 is, is it the Bolin Oak Saman? <laughs> <laughs> actually, the Palace of Thing. Oh, man, nice, nice. I, I wouldn't mind getting that, actually. That, that'd be pretty cool. The Palace of Thing. Palace of Thing was a cool suit. It was... It was it, yeah, it was it, better than the Bolo Salon. Yeah, most definitely. That thing was just doo-doo. <laughs> no, it's actually Perfect Raid Methus. So, for all you, fa all you, all you FA fans out there... Does, does it, uh, can you put it back together very easily after it falls apart constantly? Yeah. And blowing up? And this will be the first uh, Perfect Raid that has a, a sound chip in it. So, all you hear is, Camille! Camille! Now be the first perfect grade that's fifty dollars. <laughs> it's so cheap to produce. It'll also be the last perfect grade ever. <laughs> nope. It's um you you wanted it, you got it. Strike freedom. Oh or as they say in Japan, strike all freedom. So they just they just sidestep freedom and just went right to strike? Yeah, pretty much. That's a damn But you shame. know that they'll they'll use all of those those uh, leftover runners in that frame to Dude. make a freedom. Yeah, oh, heck yeah, it'll be coming. I Just you know. like how they recycled, you know, the frame of the strike to make uh, the red frame. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and um and rouge. <laughs> so I look forward to that um that that throwback that throwback perfect grade that we'll get in a couple of years. What's that? <laughs> the freedom. I oh. want to keep all the you know they repackage it as that. Yeah, I know they'll do every other one, but except for that. Jesus, man, whatever. the freedom got like the most airtime out of all of them, right? Yeah, but jeez, so, I don't know. I, two, there's a lot of people, two there's series. a lot of people that like Strike Freedom though. I guess I'm <laughs> poor, unfortunate souls who yeah. have no no design taste. Man. Exactly. And um, you know the Gundam Double O movie? Yeah. <laughs> what were the odds he, two years ago that the Double O, the the Gundam Double O movie would be out before the Gundam Seed movie? If you would have really <laughs> thought about that, <laughs> it's like too bad you can't go back in time with the DeLorean, right? <laughs> Place a bet down there in Japan. Uh, mm -hmm. He Flamex had a question for all of us. What's that? Do you guys watch AMVs at all? If so, any particular ones you like. Oh. Well, it's funny you ask. Damn. There happens to be this one that I just love. Love. It's so amazing. It's called Bernie's Lament. It touched me. From the sound of it, that's the only envy y'all seen. It touched me from the inside. <laughs> In inappropriate places, which I later pointed out to a therapist on a doll. <laughs> <laughs> 
it definitely uh, it definitely uh, incurred the interest of the Emperor Palpatine. He liked it. Oh, he it, did. it had a it, it had a lingering effect on me, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of all the AMVs, that's the only one you all. Well, I know I know Paul's seen all of mine, but um, I've seen a lot of other ones too. Uh, you, you, it's the one that stands out. How is it? What? <laughs> Because it's the joke. So my it's golden boy. One. So my golden boy AMV, the one that won an award at AFO four. Yeah, that don't that don't that don't stand out at all. Not nope. for not for comedy. To, to Queen. Not for comedy. <laughs> not, for, not for comedic value. <laughs> yes. Wow. Not for comedic value. <laughs> and, on a technical value, yes. Positive contact don't stand out it's, at all. It's a Macross. Yeah, but we can't nope. make fun of you with it. And, and and credit is due. My tribute to Mobile Suit Gundam that don't stand out at all. Nope. Not, well, not, all right. for, not for comedic value. No. <laughs> They're good. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that assassination attempt, oh, Soul Bro? I love it. I, I love the... Oh, yeah. um, Favorite parts of Gundam, isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> the best headshot ever. <laughs> too bad. Too bad that it... Good. I give him an A for effort, but uh, an F on... Um, Execution. Liability. Yeah. If it was Gogo, he'd have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has for sure. <laughs> He just sniped him from another colony. Ooh, from a whole <laughs> with battleships in between. While having sex with three women, right? <laughs> and having the same expression on his face. <laughs> stone cold dead. <laughs> he's stone cold. He's stone cold, man. Jesus. <laughs> but so, uh, here's another set of, of parents of victory. Hmm. Oh. Uso and the Planeteers. <laughs> Now you gotta wonder. We don't we don't see too much about Suzaku's dad. Yeah. But you gotta wonder, uh, what kind of a dad was this guy that his like psychopathic ten year old son thinks the best way to avoid war is to murder his own father. Yeah. What kind of nut did he raise? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. His kid was just overly passionate. I I don't know. He, he I Yeah, you're right, we didn't see much of his dad, but I wonder what kind of effect he had on him. He he did kind of raise his son militaristically, though, don't you think? You know, his his son grew up knowing like all sorts of uh, martial arts, and you know, just you know, probably because every Japanese person knows martial arts, right? Well, and <laughs> it just looked like his his son was being you know, fathered in a way where he'd be uh, he'd follow in his father's footsteps eventually. Yeah, and does it still doesn't make any sense why he would my ten year old son would figure out the best way of avoiding war is to kill me? <laughs> I mean, come on. And hold the whole country. Yeah. Ten-year-old kids cannot rationalize politics. That's, that's just beyond their ability. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. Or to face, to grapple complicated issues of morality of, should I kill somebody or not? His kid was well too, um, his kids was way too informed then. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the examples um, that I'm sure you guys are, are, are the love to death, though, um, one of the greatest... Uh, Examples of bad parenting and just shitty parents overall is um, Shinji Ikari from Evangelion. His oh, um, we had we had to get. I was gonna probably I was gonna try to use him as the end. <laughs> so thanks for spoiling things as usual. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were saving um another show for the end, but uh, a, a redeeming show that would redeem you know bad parents. But um, no. but I'm sorry, I, I I jumped the gun. My bad, my bad. Uh, Paul, mm. why don't you tell us your comments about uh, parenting in Evangelion? I'm sure all my comments will be immediately reversed and troll rage will ensue afterwards once they're said. So, um, no, Gendo, not a good guy. <laughs> not a good guy. 
Um, not in the slightest. Not in the very slightest, especially, you know, you, you have a, his wife, Yui. She seems like a very sweet, very kind, wants to raise Shinji. And, um, you know, Gendo, the manipulative bastard that he is, is using her to create the Evangelions. And she kind of gets killed and um, or absorbed. And, um, you know, basically just sends this kid off somewhere. What is, what is this? Lived with his teachers or something like that? And yeah. then pawns him off with um, a drunken babe who can't keep her clothes on. <laughs> and then and then sends another little hot chick down there to live with them. So not exactly the, be- not, not, not exactly the best uh, environment for a guy to, uh, you know, that's already disturbed to, uh, you know. <laughs> to- he, doesn't, he doesn't even qualify as a poke parent. That's like... Oh. I don't know what you would call him. I mean, he is just uh and his 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 creepy attachment to like the young lollyish clone of his dead wife. Yeah. Oh, and then his, he clones over and over again. And then and then his his weird manipulative hate sex that he has with uh uh Ritsuko. <laughs> Who also has uh mama issues. Yeah, whose mama was banging him too. <laughs> So, whereas his uh, his old pimp hand is very strong getting the chicks, uh, he's definitely not a good guy to to uh, end up with. So uh, no, I don't think he would win Father of the Year award. <laughs> oh, no, no. So he's he's chilling with Charles and Marianne right now. <laughs> Some ways he makes them look like um, good parents. <laughs> makes them look like amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> nice hearing from you. Glenn and. Beck is my new protege. <laughs> <laughs> he knows well the forces of darkness and evil and stupidity. He'll be starring in the Force Unleashed three. Look out for that. And fan fiction, <laughs> or actually, yeah, fan fiction with history. <laughs> what would you like to know? Oh, I'm good. I I I, I think I think leveling in the fact that uh, you're con- you that you're uh, Rupert Murdoch and uh, Fox News is being controlled by the dark side is is enough for this episode here. It explains a lot. I'm also Newt Gingrich on Sundays <laughs> <laughs> and John McCain on Mondays. I'd almost ask what day you're John Banner. But... So you're you're almost like you're almost like a cafeteria special. You're you're something different every day, <laughs> or someone different every day. It's it's very hard to manipulate everyone all the time so they don't even know why they're being manipulated and even I don't know why I'm manipulating them. So basically, <laughs> that's why we never see all these people in the same room. Yes. <laughs> Be- because it's all you, and the- you can only do it for one day. You want to know something very frightening? What's that? What's up? I'm also Sarah Palin. Woo! Man. I-, I could... I could... That doesn't surprise me. Oh, that just disgusts me. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, Dennis's favorite uh, segment of Gundam is uh, the, the news. Neil's news. Yes, my news. And um, You don't know anything about the news. <laughs> oh, God. Did I wake you up? I th- You're just a shitty tabloid writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, our first question uh, of several comes from Kosh, who um, gives us a couple of things to think about. Uh, her first question is, as a woman, I feel that a lot of the time female characters in Gundam get the short end of the stick. If you're a woman piloting a mobile suit slash mobile armor, most of the time you're either the baddie, totally loco, or just a tool to develop the male lead with a star-crossed love. 
And if you're unlucky enough to be Lala and Four, you get to be all of those. It sucks. The funny bit is that, though, Tamino created most of these types of characters. He's the only one in Gundam who can consistently create strong, assertive female characters. Diana Sorrel, Kiel, and Machine are a few examples. I mean, bloody look at the characters in Seed and most of the ones in Double O. I guess my question is, wouldn't it be good if, for once, a protagonist was a bloody woman? Women watch Gundam. We buy the models and toys, damn it. It'd be great if Bandai got their heads out of their collective behinds and realized we do more than buy singles and look at the admittedly pretty boys. Do you think it's likely we'll ever see a female protagonist in Gundam anime anytime soon? So uh, I'd like to tackle this one first. Go for it. I'd like to say um, I I would agree with, um, you know, a lot of the times uh, women characters don't fare so well. But uh, look at some of the other mecha shows that are out there that are not Gundam and how women are treated. And, um, like, for example, Macross. Yeah. Do you ever see any non-Meltrandi woman ever be a pilot? Nope. 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 Because even uh, in Macross 2, Sylvie Jean is part Meltrandi. Yep, yeah, that's true. You know, I cannot think of any non-Meltrandi Zentra- or non-Zentradi female pilot in Macross. I who does not either. have some, some of that blood in them. Yeah. And you see women in the military um, in uh, some pretty high levels, but not usually at the very top. You know, aside from uh, that three-second glimpse of Misa as the captain of the Mega Road in Flashback, uh, how often do you see a woman commanding a Macross? Yeah, they're all under, um, they're all under a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're all bridge bunnies. <laughs> yeah, so you, you got that. Um, Votoms, for Kai's sakes, has hardly any women in it. Yeah, that's true. And, and the ones who are, who are pilots are super people like uh, Fiona, Fiona. Who's, a, who's a perfect soldier, or in Shining Heresy, uh, Titania, who is sort of like a Major Kusanagi bio-android type thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of franchises out there where women get a pretty short end of the stick compared to Gundam. But in terms of the will we see a woman as the um, main character in a Gundam show, I would say no. I'd say it's pretty similar to the question we had a while back about a uh, like a black character as uh, the star of a show, Laurent notwithstanding. Yeah, and it's the same thing. You know, anime is made for a young audience. Why do you think that ninety nine point nine percent of the anime out there is about high school kids? Yeah, because that's the audience they're going after. And when it comes to robots, I know there are plenty of female robot fans out there, but by and large, the biggest consumer in Japan, which is all that Sunrise cares about, is men, specifically young men. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, old otaku men who still like to identify with, you know, the young men they used to be when they were watching these things. So, you know, I'm pretty convinced that uh, in the future we're still going to keep seeing more of the same of young boys. Because even with Double O, where in season one most of the cast was adults, Setsuna was 16. Yeah. yeah. For that very reason, that you had to have, you know, that uh, yeah. youth appeal of a teenager. So, sad to say, but I don't think we're going we're gonna to see that. You know, in OAVs, anything is possible. Remember in uh, Igloo 2, how they had those rotating protagonists, yeah. and the uh, rotating protagonist of the third episode was a woman, you know, getting down and dirty there with her gun tank and being, you know, crazy, unfortunately. But still, that's that's something. So uh, I would expect we might see better treatment of women as supporting characters, but I sincerely doubt 
that we're going to see a, a main female Gundam pilot as the star of a show. Well, Kennard reminded me of a low-rent Domo Kashu because it was like, our, <laughs> instead of like, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man before? Like in uh, G Gundam, it's like, are you Kira y- Yamato? It's like, do you know where I can find Kira Yamato? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I would say he's like a he's a he's a low-rent Domon combined with a more annoying Shinasuka. Yeah, oh, yeah, you had to go there. Um, <laughs> and then you got Mini Moo. Um, Mini Moo. Uh, <laughs> bad as this is and i'll be first to admit that this ova was it, it was ill-conceived really it, it is um I, i've been like i've many, mentioned many times on the show i've been a robotic fan for a long time um and i, I love all three series probably because the fact that i didn't even get to see the uh the latter two series in their in their in their whole run until years later after i got exposed to robotech as a child so i've got a fondness for both robotech masters and uh the new generation also um watching this man i i i went into this knowing a lot about the robotech universe because i've read all the novels i've played the role-playing game i've watched the episodes extensively you know i used to, as a kid used to write fan fiction so knowing a lot about the robotech mythos is a, was a big deal to me at one time when i was you know younger so watching this everything i've acquired from robotech over the years most of it got thrown out the window and, and that's not to say that the novels are canon because they're not but um when you read the robotech set Sentinels, and and it's pretty much the 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 primary version that you can find of of Robotech the Sentinels, which was a follow-up to Robotech that took place after Macross, but somewhere in between, uh, a little bit in between um, the Robotech Masters, and and it, it runs kind of in another part of space as Robotech Masters and um, the New Generation is going on. So there's a lot of things that are going on that contribute to the universe that's in um, the Robotech the Shadow Chronicles, like the Shadow technology gets introduced in uh, in the Robotech uh, the Sentinels novel series and Janice M one of the characters that shows up in the Shadow Chronicles is initially introduced I mean the, in the, the sexoroid the sexoroid exactly <laughs> she's a major player in Robotech the the Sentinels she gets introduced as a uh, as 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 a as I guess a uh, an android that um I forget his name um Emil Lang one of the scientists that helped to uh who was on board the STF1 in um the Macross saga he goes on the Robotech expedition. He helps to create her with the Haydenites. And, you know, she becomes a major player in the Sentinels, you know, helping to end the conflict. Um, you know, everything that you learn from these novels is thrown practically out the window because they're trying to reintroduce Robotech to a new audience in this movie. And a lot of it just comes half-cocked. Hey, like, hey, so bro. Uh-huh. So can I sum up your Robotech experience? What's that? Your entire life? Mm-hmm. I were to print on a t-shirt and say, I bought all this Robotech shit throughout the decades and all I got for it was this crappy DVD sequel. <laughs> all I got was Shadow Chronicles. <laughs> all I got was Shadow Chronicles. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. You're right. When it comes down to it, um, I, we, all we got was a cash grab. And I, I, well, I, think, much to look I, at. I think this is a great example that sometimes there's just that point in time that something worked well and then other points in time, future points in time, mm-hmm. it doesn't work as well as it did anymore. I think Robotech's that. Robotech was good for its time yeah. and everything, but there just wasn't enough. And, and, and even the, 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 the people that are doing this, Harmony Gold and all of them, yeah. they didn't even have enough passion or desire to make this good. They, like you said, they, they were trying to do just a, a quick crash, cash grab. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of these things where, yeah, I think Robotech just should. You know, I think it would be better served for the franchise if you just let it be and not do the live action movie. Don't do this uh, sequel to Shadow Chronicles because it's just, it's now it's just starting to cheapen it and um, it's making poor people like Soulbro and stuff really <laughs> lose their 
lose their sight of it. I mean, <laughs> I have I have two things to say. Okay. One one good, one bad. Mm-hmm. Here's the bad thing that I that I that I would say as someone who is okay with Robotech, but also is a fan of Macross. Yeah. You know, we have Harmony Gold not being very helpful with uh, you know Macross releases and Macross productions and Macross anything in the U.S. Right. And this is what they give us instead. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you really <laughs> want to push Robotech, at least make something good. Well, if, if you're, you're gonna, not if you're not going to promote Macross in America, at least make some good Robotech. That's what I'm saying. Especially hearing these guys, um, you know, make jokes about stuff about Macross and all this, and it's like, okay, that's cool. But if you're going to do it, then when you bring when you bring out new Robotech, that stuff better be the greatest friggin' story ever told. Yeah, especially when you not. have the, you have this long to work on it. <laughs> Yeah. What I will say as a nice thing about Shadow Chronicles, it's not as bad as Robotech 3000. Oh, well, and nothing as bad as that. <laughs> that was just far <laughs> so bad. So bad. The fact that it's only 3 minutes mm-hmm. is it's just not enough to um, you know, justify the the existence of such a horrible abomination. Jesus, man. Man. And Next, we have a question from uh, Alan Fortran, oh, right. who is not Dr. Tran, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Good to know. He says, after watching your Macross segment, I thought that your opinion of the narrator of Robotech was a little exaggerated, so I went back and watched Robotech. My goodness, I had never noticed how often the narrator speaks and how annoying it is when he talks at the most inappropriate moments. My question is that... Have the opinions of others influenced or changed the way you look at some shows now? And if possible, what shows? He also knows that he's not a doctor. <laughs> um, not like when people, uh, I guess the question is when people say something about a certain thing and then you go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, um, not too much, to be honest with you. Uh, I really can't think of anything off the top of my head. Where I usually notice annoying, if something annoys me, it just annoys me. And a lot of times things annoy me more than they annoy others. So um, um, maybe the biggest thing is um, the example I could have is Bernie's Lament. I always knew there was something kind of weird about it until Solbo's best friend mentioned that it was kind of pedophilic. So <laughs> but then when I went back and watched, I was like, oh my God, I can see where this comes from. You know, I got a question on YouTube about that. What, what's the joke in this? This video is awesome. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, and I had explained. It's like, um, some people think there's pedophilic undertones. It's just <laughs> a little video. It's not me, but some people that will go un- unmentioned. Many people. Think that, but <laughs> Most people. Do they? <laughs> Another question comes from uh, frequent listener Furious Rodimus. Hey, hey. Who says... If you could enter into an anime and hasten the death of one character, who would it be and how would you do it? Cots. By the same token, whose death would you try to prevent and how? To, uh, Cots. Um, I, would, I would go how, in... How would you kill Cots? Um, actually, I think I would Megazone him. Megazone too. <laughs> I'd, bring a, I'd bring that monster so it could do what it did to that captain in Megazone. Um, and then... The, the Man. And, then I'd, and then I'd grab the... And then I'd collect all the pieces... Of cots and then put them in a blender and then shoot that and then and then put that on the um, the transport and endless waltz that was going to the sun. So, and uh, this is from Mr. Flamex and this is dealing with uh, some news that came out of 
the uh, New York Comic Con, which is going on this weekend uh, as we're recording. And uh, Bandai Entertainment has announced at the, at the New York Anime Fest, New York Comic Con panel that on that Saturday that the Mobile Suit Gundam 00, as well as First Gundam and, uh, uh, TV series, are going to be on DVD with English subtitles and dubbing. And it's going to be the first time that Bandai Entertainment has released the first Gundam series with both English and Japanese soundtracks. The 42-episode series will be released in two parts in 2011, i.e. it's actually 43 episodes for people that don't, uh, don't know or um, you know, have, have the old DVDs. And uh, that is because of, uh, well, Tamino didn't want the, that one episode released. And uh, they also announced that uh, uh, Gundam UC, there's going to be um, some Gundam, they'll release Gundam UC on DVD and after releasing the first Blu-ray disc only. So, Unicorn, I'm sorry. And um, that's kind of good because, unfortunately, I don't have the first Gundam TV series. I have the movie trilogy, but I don't have the TV series. And that was like the tsunami fied version that they released in the early 2000s. It sure was. Yeah, it was tsunami, which is cool because I always did like the opening that tsunami made for it. But um, even even hearing Brad Swale shout every day, "Take this, Zeon Rat!" <laughs> Forgot about that. But. Uh, uh, as, as I said, this is going to be the 42-episode series, which originally it's 43 episodes, but that's because of um, Tamino. I don't know what his problem was. I think it was what he didn't like the episode, didn't seem it fit, and it was like Ooh, animation. Who freaking knows? But, yeah. um, that was some of the stuff, but I will turn it over to Chris. for Before uh, some... I start complaining, yes. uh, I, I would like to say you know, I am glad that they um, yeah. licensed the Double O movie since it is airing as we speak, mm -hmm. subtitled. At uh, New York Anime Fest slash Comic Con, so that just would have just would have uh, made me burn with the anger of a thousand suns if they aired that movie subtitled and didn't yeah. announce it being licensed. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you know that's good, and I guess it's good that Unicorn's being released on um, DVD. On DVD, although I think it's a little odd that uh, Bandai Entertainment is releasing the DVDs because Bandai Visual released the Blu-rays, Blu but. You know, by this point, I've stopped trying to understand how Bandai works or why they do any of the things they do, which leads me into my ranting. Okay, so, you know, I'm very happy that they're finally releasing, um, you know, First Gundam uh, with the Japanese soundtrack, and they're doing a collection because before you had those ten individual dub-only volumes. Yep. Yet there's still this one problem of the missing episode, episode 15, which you can read a review on MAHQ. Plugging. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> and you, you can know, find it. You can find it online to watch. That too. Yeah. It's uh, it's a mediocre episode. It has atrocious animation. Yeah. Without a doubt, the f the worst animation you'll see in the original series, but also perhaps collectively in all of Gundam. Mm -hmm. Right. It is just atrocious. I mean, if you see if you see the Zaku from that episode, good God! Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> it's, bad. It's a monstrosity. So if that's the case, you might say to yourself, Chris, what's the big deal? The big deal is that um, you know it's part of a show that is anime history, and I want to have it so that I can watch it. Um, you know, originally the the story back in 2001 was that uh, Timino didn't like this episode, yada yada. But I think that's a bunch of crap. I can understand that content creators have control over what they release, but I really am sick of this George Lucasian attitude yeah. of, you know, trying to um, manage content decades after the fact. A very obvious case of closing the barn door after the horses have left. 
you know, um, if Tamino doesn't like that episode, that's fine. He shouldn't get to decide what I want to watch. You put the episode on there, and I decide if I want to watch it or not. Well, I wouldn't expect Bandai to go and dub this episode 10 years after the fact because I'm sure that would be prohibitively expensive. Just right. stick it on there subbed. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Put it in the extras section if you want to segregate it into, like, its own little ghetto. Yeah, that's, that's fine. True. But this idea of I don't like it so you don't get to watch it, I mean, does does the existence of this episode offend Tamino so much that he just can't stand the thought of dirty Americans watching it? <laughs> because there's a hypocrisy here, and the hypocrisy is that episode has always been available in Japan, including yeah. the recent Japanese DVD remaster. Exactly. So why is it that it's good enough for Japan, but uh, we can't watch it? Well, that, that was the point I was going to make. It's not like you can't find this thing. It's not like yeah. you, you talk about like the George Lucif Lucification of stuff. It's like I've heard about that whole thing with the, the Star Wars Christmas special where, you know, that man that man used like his vast wealth to like erase that from, you know, uh, thing. And, you, and you can understand that. But. You know, something well, like that, this. Well, not even that. Forget that. I'm talking about, like, with the, the, the Lucasifying. It's like with the yeah. original trilogy, he just doesn't want anyone to watch, watch the, the original versions of those movies ever again. He just, yeah. just, just cannot stand the idea of people watching that. He wants you to watch his crappy CG-ified yeah. versions that he keeps meddling with every few years. And That's true. You know, I just can't stand that because you look, exam for example, at uh, the fancy edition of Blade Runner, The Final Cut. Mm-hmm. There's five different versions of that movie on there. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to watch the Final Cut version, Ridley Scott is not there hovering over your shoulder telling you... You can't watch it. you you got to watch this version. You can't watch that original version. How yeah. dare you? You're going to watch what I tell you when I tell you, and you'll like it. Stick it on there somewhere. There's no yeah. reason to not include it. And it would bother me less if his attitude was global. You yeah. know, if nobody in the world got to have got it, it because he yeah. said... I don't like it, and nobody should watch this. Well, but it, it's selective because it, they let Japan have it because we know yep. that if they pulled that shit in Japan and didn't release that episode on those DVDs, it'd be a shitstorm. Oh, yeah. Well, You'd have otaku, you know, burning down all of their houses. <laughs> well, the, 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 the thing about it, it's, it's With like, their mothers in them. It's oh, like we wow. said last episode where, you know, Japan doesn't care about the rest of the world. And, they don't. And and and, the, and this is the thing. It's like you know the Japanese. We we want you, Bandai is just basically saying we want you to buy this, but yet we're not going to give it to you the same way as we give it to the Japanese fan because they're better than you or they're they're entitled to more than you or something like that. And it's just they like, just have never been able to understand that Americans don't want to watch things that have been cut or edited. Yeah. I understand, of course, that you know if you're broadcasting something on American TV, you have to make allowances for that. That's fine. There's no excuse ever for things to not be uncut on a DVD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do you expect me to pay you money for an incomplete product? And, you know, I am bothered by this. I'm still going to buy it. Yeah, right. I mean, if, if the here. original DVDs that came out 10 years ago had uh, the Japanese track, I would have bought all 10 individual DVDs, even knowing that that episode wasn't there, because as much as that bothers me, it's not enough to make me not want to enjoy having the TV series yeah. on DVD rather than, you know bootlegs or fansubs or whatever, but it still bothers me greatly that 10 years after the fact, they're still just as clueless about this, and they just do not understand Americans are willing to pay you for the product as long as they get the same thing that people in Japan get. Mm -hmm. It's not a hard concept, but Japan, specifically, you know, these, these anime companies that take a very hands-on role in American releases, they just, after 30 years, they just don't understand this. Yeah, they still keep repeating the same mistakes. Now, my question to you, though, is, uh, do you own the original 
release on DVD, the uh, original American release that came out years ago? I do not, because why was I going to waste my money on some dub-only thing? That's true. I mean, I'd like the dub okay, but mm-hmm. you know, I was always holding out for a future re-release I didn't know it would take 10 years. I did, though, buy um, the trilogy DVD, so I do have that. But okay. Yeah, I got that, too. I had always made it a point of I'm not going to spend you know money for, A, a release that has no Japanese track, yeah. and B, is missing an episode. Well, you know, I, I guess I'm the, the one fool here that went and bought it. Uh, and well, it's it, doesn't make you, it doesn't make you a fool. It doesn't make you a fool. I mean, that's no. just my choice. I yeah. just but, I mean, when you bring not buying an incomplete product. When you bring all this stuff to light, yeah, it, it angers me, too, that they don't put that additional episode on there. As least as, as, as extra stuff. And, and, you know, if it's not too late, maybe they'll consider doing it before it's released. Unless it's already they printed, then that will suck. They, they don't care. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. There's good people that work at Bandai Entertainment, yeah. and they know what the score is. But, of course, their their hands are tied. They yeah. when, when the order comes down from on high at sunrise, they can't do anything about it. There's only so much pull they have. So I'm not blaming them. No, and I'm sure that if they were able to be in charge of these things, they would fight for stuff like, let's throw on this missing episode. They would fight for these things. I'm sure they want to, but they can't because that's just the corporate structure. You know, the when your of... home office says you got to do it, you got to do it. Yeah, they have to submit to the word of God, basically. And that, yeah, that and, um, you know, I'm sure Bandai knows that this might have some kind of impact on sales and Sunrise is blissfully ignorant because we know that anime fans... They they don't need much of an excuse to not buy something. No, not at all. You know, you have the tiniest thing like, oh, um, you know, we we didn't throw on this, you know, fifth version of the opening as an extra, or we didn't put, uh, you know, karaoke on the ending credits, and you know, uh, we had to change this one shot because it, you know, would have been illegal kitty porn in America. You know, any tiny little thing we had to make this little thing, little thing is like a jihad of anime fans it's like I'm not gonna buy this I'm just gonna torrent it I'll show them yeah. like no you never wanted to buy this anyway you just needed uh, a self-serving justification to not buy it so I've already seen that popping up with MSG what? no missing episode I'm not gonna buy it and the thing is you know there certainly are things that uh, Japanese companies and American companies do to anime that are worth complaining about it's an issue of picking your battles yeah right you know, if, if you if you yell at anime companies about every tiny little thing, um, they're not they're gonna ignore you. Do you think that they like hearing that every day? You think Funimation likes hearing um, you know everyone complain about every tiny little thing to them? What eventually happens? It's it's you know the boy who cried wolf. If yeah. you complain about every tiny little thing, they're not gonna pay attention when you want to complain about a very big thing. Uh, uh, it just comes down to when it comes to to Bandai and Gundam in America, they can never give you good news without throwing in some disappointment. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you, 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 they, always, they always do that. The good news always comes with some disappointment. They, they, can't, they can't go one step without going back to. Like, like Double O only coming out on DVD here. God. You know what's That's, funny, though, is I see people geez. bitching these days about this is a, like another straight talk issue, but we might as well throw it out here now. Right. Um, as you guys have probably noticed, uh, because of the um, you know the anime market, but also the economy, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot less dubs on anime, and mm-hmm. stuff is coming out without dubs. Right. I mean, that's no big deal because I I like dubs, but I prefer watching anime in its original language, and I have no problem with subtitles. But uh, I see a lot of people now bitching whenever something gets released without a dub. They're like, hey, there's no dub. I'm not going to buy it. And I remember. 
it wasn't too long ago, even well into the DVD age, people would still bitch about stuff getting dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> now they're bitching about it not being dubbed. Well, it's 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 Transformers animated again. You know, it's it's it's, 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 it's so all... backwards, and it, it's perfectly it... illustrated. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is amusing. Uh, also from the Bandai panel, um, I, I guess we're going into Peter territory here. Nice. Uh, they're releasing K-On. Mm-hmm. And you know that's like a moe like type musical show about a girl band yada yada. Oh boy! So um, they announced at this same panel yesterday that um, they're not going to be dubbing the songs into English. <laughs> so instantly there were a bunch of whiny fans on the forum of a anime news site that shall remain nameless. <laughs> a a a network. Of of news that is related to anime, you might say. Uh, don't, don't don't worry about them. <laughs> I, don't say. I I, uh, I sometimes take articles for them, so their time their 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 the clock is ticking on them. I've already so, killed two websites. <laughs> so they were all bitching like, um, where where where? What's the point of even dubbing the show if they're not going to dub the songs? And I want to hear a consistent experience in the same language. And where where where? I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, these freaking morons. And then I said to myself again, wasn't it just a few years ago that anyone would bitch whenever yep. a song got dubbed into English? Yep. yep. I remember the whole explosion over Beck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I remember that. I mean, this too. is like five five years ago or less that people would bitch to high hell. Because I remember that Funimation used to make it a practice of, maybe they still do, yeah. of dubbing songs into English. Yep. yep. Will be like, these voice actors suck. They can't yep. sing. Why they're changing the lyrics? Oh, crap! Or why do I hear this dub song? And now it's the exact opposite. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like you know, uh, getting to an anime fandom, relatively speaking, uh, the cranky old man, get off my lawn, <laughs> stage of anime fandom. But is is it just me, or or is everything just like crazy and backwards now? Well, it's. Yeah, it's anime fandom. It's society in general. It's everything. I mean, we could we could go on for a while on that because it's it's just um, it is just way way out of there, and um, it's a shame because, like you said, uh, we have we have these companies are trying, and let's get even beyond the whole thing with Bandai. At least they're trying. They're bringing the stuff out, but you know, it's like people, like you said, people will have any little reason to not, you know, to not. Uh, buy something and yeah. and and they just and they nobody's consistent with anything it's like you know oh i don't want dubs why do they have dubs on here and now it's like oh we're releasing this uh sub only oh why don't, why don't they have a dub and it's just it's just stupid and it's it's just the reason why the um you know in a lot of ways the fandom's just just killing the industry and uh, it it's 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 destroying you know the 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 few fans that are out there that really just want to watch the stuff just want to get it in any way shape or form mm-hmm. it's just frustrating for them and it's uh, you know and and um you know it's it's just causing probably those people to move on cuz i i feel the same way it's just like you know let's let's pick our battles let's do what you know bitch when it really is needed to be bitching and let's all the let's take all the other stuff and just let it go i mean it's not that important in the grand scheme of things well i don't have any any more complaining yeah to say about this subject other than Bandai, I know you're not listening and you're going to be chumps anyway, but, you know, open your eyes. <laughs> well, some people don't care about everybody and if it's not yeah. for them, then they don't give a shit about what anyone else likes. Yeah. yeah. The, way, so. the way I look at it is like this. I go into a restaurant. 
I look at the menu. I don't expect to like everything on the menu. I don't. But, you know, I order what I like. And it's the same way. Chef Bandai don't make everything that I like. <laughs> Is that like Chef Boyardee? Exactly. <laughs> Chef, Chef Bandai. Here's your gunpla, kitties. That was more plastic shavings. It's like, nothing's going to change the fact that I don't like beets. So if you serve right. me beets and steak, I'm going to eat the steak. What is it? <laughs> I'm gonna I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take the beets. Hey, there you go. There you go. Zaku-shaped pasta with meatballs. <laughs> Uh, they do have that at the Gundam Cafe, I believe. Yeah, hey, I know. they got all that kinds of that crap. I've got to try that mess. But <laughs> I, sure. I want to point out, um, mm -hmm. you know, because we had a lot of uh, responses on the forum regarding this and people saying that, you know, oh, of course, you know, not everyone's like that. Yes, this is true, but um, I want to make an admonition right. about, um, you know, if you're familiar with politics, you every once in a while you'll hear discussion of the silent majority and the idea being that, oh, in whatever group that there's some extremists who have some crazy ideals, but, you know, the silent majority is reasonable and, and doesn't believe all this crazy stuff. But here's the problem. The silent majority is silent. <laughs> so when you let the crazies speak, um, it makes all of you look bad. You know, perfect example, sticking with political analogy, you got your teabaggers out there. They make Republicans look bad. Right. I know lots of Republicans. Republicans are sensible people. They're not all crazy, but there's a bunch of clowns running around saying a bunch of crazy stuff, and they make everybody look bad. Yep. It applies to any group that has any sort of belief about anything. So with Gundam, if you have all these maniacs who are out there bitching about every series and every alternate universe and every model kit and yada yada, and all you ever see on any forum you go to, or almost any forum you go to, is just these people bitching, it makes it look like everyone is like that. So, you know, us here fighting the, the good fight against trolls and morons, we can only do so much. The silent majority has to step forward and beat down these trolls and show the world, no, we're not a bunch of whiny bitches like this. You know, yeah, we, st we can enjoy Yeah, stop being silent. The silent majority is useless. It doesn't do anybody any good for the majority to be silent. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to the analogy I use, I'm not going to sit there in that restaurant and sit there and troll the beats. <laughs> Just That'd be kind of funny if you did. Uh, so I'm gonna complain to the waiter. It's like, yo, what, what the, why the hell are you serving beets, man? You know, yo, I these hate beets these. are shit, yo. <laughs> you know, I hate these, son. I want some broccoli in this house, bitch. <laughs> exactly. Um, I guess uh, uh, out of all the mo all the all the franchises out there that uh do this a lot, I gotta I gotta point at the the James Bond movies that do this the most. Uh, and and we've talked about this in the anime cliches too. The um the Uber weapon. The, the super weapon that um that weapon the main, of doom weapon of doom that the, <laughs> that the main characters have to stop from going off or have to acquire or, or whatnot you know it's always like the the third act vehicle <laughs> in which to stop before a major cataclysm happens and um yeah, that is yeah it's been done it's been done quite a bit um it, I, I wouldn't mind to see it if it's in the first or second act and they get it out the way and they come up with something even more interesting for the third act uh to ramp up the stakes, you know, that, that, to bring things up to epic levels. I'm cool with that because uh, I don't think it's ever going away. But the, uh, yeah, the Uber weapon, it's been done t way too many times. And this is from, again, Taka Taka Nova, whatever the hell your name is. And um, they were talk there's, he has a link for some behind the scenes on the English dub of uh, Gundam Unicorn. And uh, it, he was talking, I guess they were, they uh, changed, uh, he says Char's uh, v voice actor, which we know through Frontal's not Char. He is not a Char. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I got to thank you for um, Mr. Um, Mulaflaga because uh, I, I've, I've actually um, 
he's, he's actually, I, I'm announcing this today, um, the inception of Team Neo. And uh, th those, are, those are people that are loyal and, um, you know, they, uh, they, they don't come after me and, and they, they try to see my side of things. And the first inductee is going to be our friend Dolo because he's always been very good and tries to uh, calm the trolls. But uh, another, lis uh, another listener here, Mula Flaga, Ironic, eh? Um, <laughs> that uh, he he said he said on uh, Mr. Takahaka Nuba's um, thing is the guy that's going to be doing the English dub of a mullet char and unicorn is actually the guy that did a uh, guy in uh, Gal Gygar. So uh, thank you for uh, any kids. He goes just thought I would throw that in in case you know isn't sure who he is. Thank you because I wouldn't know. Michael Center in class. He yes. also did the voice of um, Dean Venture on the Venture Brothers. Man, nice. okay, I love that show. I love it too. Cool. But, um, yeah, there's just some interesting stuff. I know a lot of people are very interested in the voice acting stuff. So uh, check out uh, Taka Taka Nuva's um, um, link there. And uh, thank you for your submission. And um, you will be get, I, I'll be creating patches for the Team Neo one of these days. One of these years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what, one, of the, one of the biggest things that you have to do on Team Neo is you have to um, – you ha you have to uh, basically um, hate. Sell your soul. No, uh, the Crossroad Crew. You have to hate them. Oh man! You, so you, you we have beef. War. Yeah, we have beef. You don't know what you're inciting. <laughs> what a bu <laughs> bunch of slap fights from you guys. Oh. <laughs> Pizza in the face. Let's get to the questions. Um, but first, I have a question of my own, which might encapsulate some of the other questions. Okay. And that is. Um, I've noticed that, unfortunately, a lot of anime fans, their perception of what Japan is uh, comes solely from what they've seen in anime, which is a little crazy because if some foreigner, um, their whole idea of America was based off of our movies and TV shows, we think that's crazy. Yeah. So uh, that in mind, how would you dispel the illusion and contrast um, the reality of Japan compared to what people think they know of Japan? You stole one of mine too, Chris. Bastard. Oh. Hey, I'm a journalist. It's not stealing. It's it's scooping. <laughs> it's scooping. Damn it. Scoop me. Um, well, you've scooped a kind of difficult question. I think, I mean, I think the best way to start thinking about it is it's kind of like our TV shows here in America where you might have a TV show about high school and there might be a nugget of truth as to what high school in America is really like. For example, you know, the bells and the locker period or going to your locker and like, you know, people being ridiculous at times in high school but at the same time you know i don't i don't think at least when i went through high school there wasn't a kid getting swirlies every day like <laughs> nor I mean, is every single person in the school uber hot exactly oh, man say by the bell you lied to me <laughs> <laughs> you don't hit a magical age of puberty and suddenly become a supermodel which depressed me but um oh, 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 oh. I, I mean, I think that's a good way to start thinking about it because the, obviously they want these shows to be accessible to a Japanese audience um, in many ways. And so there, there are nuggets of truth about Japan and about Japanese society, but at the same time it's going to be sensationalized. For example, I mean, girls in Japan, they really do wear school uniforms and they really do take pride in wearing their school uniforms and that's a common thing. That places pedal bears everywhere. Yes, pedo bears everywhere, and his name is Ridakuma. No, don't you dare compare my Ridakuma to pedo bear. That's one of my pet peeves. So, how many it, times a day does Tokyo Tower get blown up? Um, yeah. they actually. And did you see any aliens land in Japan? 
Why do and how many times do schoolgirls get whisked away to uh, fantasy worlds? Exactly. Is there any dimensional rifts opening up at the Tokyo Tower? Like, I, I only encountered one dimensional rift. Oh. They've gotten really good though at putting the Tokyo Tower back together. It's it's a it's a twelve o'clock. Well, if it's blown up show. a thousand times, you get good at rebuilding <laughs> after a while. Yeah, I mean, it's really they have like a magnetization structure. It just kind of pulls itself back together. <laughs> um, like a big erector set yeah, with magnets. Exactly. What about multi-dimensional schoolgirl kidnappings? Multi-dimensional schoolgirl kidnappings. On no, the I didn't see any of those, <laughs> but I did see some schoolgirls that in heart or maybe not schoolgirls, but I did see the, some people in Harajuku that could classify as aliens with their style. <laughs> nice. Speaking of aliens, did you run into any Gangudo girls? Oh no. I I don't think so. Understandable. Well, uh, next I have a question of my own that's uh, very hard-hitting journalism. Uh oh, oh shit. and that's about toiletto. <laughs> now I hear that um, Western-style toilets are becoming uh, more prevalent in Japan. So, both with your host family and when you go out in public, uh, what kind of toilets would you encounter? And uh, did you have any learning curve with Japanese-style ones? Oh, and also, I also, I also have a, 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 an addendum to his question: is okay. I seen like on a uh, couple shows and stuff where they have like some of the cool things on their toilets yeah. like uh, you know remote controls and yeah. you can do all this stuff on there um tell us some of the cool things that they have on the toilets okay. too oh oh no i'll totally i'm a big toilet fan i'll totally i i have stories like they have um, a showroom right there's yeah. like showrooms and stuff yeah. Ooh, i saw that on yeah i saw it on a travel it's not channel difference than like the toilet section of lowe's except for those can make animal yeah but these I these mean, are cool toilets <laughs> though i mean they got buttons and stuff yeah. on it why would i mean um, so, Ours just flush. Okay, toilets. Um, the toilet, the the standard toilet in like a public restroom, is kind of you're either gonna get a basic toilet that you'd find here in America, uh, if it's a Western style, or you're going to get a squatter. Um, mm. And the squatter, there is a kind of fun learning curve. Of, <laughs> um, That's the, an interesting way of saying it. The the Japanese are cleanly people. Why am I walking into a bathroom that smells like urine? Um, and it's because <laughs> <laughs> no matter, apparently, no matter how often you use a squatter, you will miss. Oh. So, um, oh. um, which speaking of a funny story, which I talk about, I actually have a panel called traveling to Japan that I do at cons. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of this I cover in the panel, but this one particularly, I was a cheap way to get around is to take night buses. Cause you get on the bus at midnight, you sleep on the bus all night and you get to Tokyo Whoa. at 8 a.m. So, I mean, it's it's like $50 to take the night bus one way, whereas the Shinkansen is 170 So, I took the night bus a few times, and I get off the night bus at 3 a.m. I'm groggy. I barely slept. And I'm like, if I don't go to the bathroom now, I'm going to have issues when I get to Tokyo and I'm carrying my bag around. So, I get off the bus and I go to the bathroom, and I'm kind of bracing myself for a squatter, and I'm like slapping my cheeks. I'm trying to wake myself up because I'm like, I got to be on my A game for a squatter. And I see a sign that has a symbol of a Western toilet. So I'm like, yes, Hell Western yeah. toilet. America. <laughs> yeah. Hell yes. Was, was it a picture of like a toilet with a cowboy hat on it? Is that how you knew it was a Western <laughs> toilet? Or was it, or, or was the toilet, or was the, was the, uh, the inside of the toilet the American flag? No, I you wish. Know, those colors. But so, no, I, I, I see one toilet and I'm like, all right, it's Western Or a toilet style. with big round eyes. Score. Yes. Squatters have the little skinny eyes and the, the regular toilets have the big round ones. That's oh, how you know the difference yeah. in the picture. Um, but I, I get in, I close the stall door, I'm getting ready to do my business. 
don't worry, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that. But um, I, I look over the toilet, and there is a picture. And it has a stick figure person <laughs> at the toilet. Yeah. And it has three pictures. One of them, the person is sitting backwards on the toilet. Like, their legs are facing, you know, the plumbing area. Oh on the other one, the person is literally standing on the toilet, squatting over it. <laughs> And they both have X's through it, and of course there's a way to do it. But I'm sitting here, I'm going, one, why is this picture necessary? And two, are you really that confused that you see a Western toilet and squat over it? And, and I'm not talking like hovering squat. I'm saying you're standing on the toilet seat squatting. I've seen pictures of that. Yes. I mean, those, those pictures, those I illustrations. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I've seen pictures of stuff like that, too. I don't know if that was from Japan or from maybe some other country. I, but that is hilarious. I saw it in Japan, and I'm just like, how oh do you get God. it that wrong? I, I can kind of figure sitting backwards, but how do, you, how do you squat on a toilet and go, oh, yes, this is how I'm supposed to do it? But so those are kind of the array. At school, uh, warming toilet seats are very common Whoa. in nice places. They have nice. little dials, um, yeah. and you can warm them. And I actually have That's a bathroom awesome. at school that... <laughs> I'm getting excited, was... aren't you, Neil? I'm just going to spend my whole life sitting on here. Well, how many times have you, uh, you know, not to get too graphic here, but, you know, it's it's late at night, it's the winter time, you have to sit down, yeah. it's like, woo, man, I'm up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have heated leather seats in my car, I should have a heated friggin' seat on my toilet. Exactly, and I, I found the teacher... Tell your local congressman that. <laughs> I found a one one stall. I turned. You're on the clock, Marco the Rubio. I want self-heating toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I swear, every time I went and used that toilet at school, it was as if a fat sumo man had just stood up from it, and it was warm and toasty. Wow, and it that's was awesome. Nice. Um, <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then at home, of course, it also has the warming feature, but there's a little control panel to the right of the toilet, and every time. Oh, like Captain way, Kirk's chair. Yeah, basically. <laughs> This is awesome. Exactly like that. And every toilet, by the way, um, has a large... A Give large me all she's got, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big load coming down. <laughs> Captain, I kind of changed the laws of physics. Oh, Captain, but I, I can't, can't handle it anymore. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, awesome. Never has shown room. That's probably Gak, right? Uh, was it? Gak. Oh, yeah, Gak does, though. No, he's an immortal demon. He doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. From Snoops619, how often does Godzilla actually attack? I think it's exaggerated in the movies. Well, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with uh, Tokyo Tower being destroyed earlier. They really, they got it down pat, and they just, you know, Godzilla... Were you kind of disappointed up. he didn't attack enough? Um, I would be. I, I mean, I was disappointed, but, like, Mothra paid visits, so oh, okay. they, like, work in shifts. Gamera went in there. Yeah. Okay. And then Ultraman showed up and beat him down. There you go. <laughs> how many common writers are there running around the street at any given time? <laughs> and and Super Sentai teams. And don't forget about Jet Jaguar. Don't forget about him. <laughs> oh, God. Jet Shut Jaguar. <laughs> Another submitted question. Uh, this one comes from Raijins. He says, did you meet any Japanese people that had a dislike slash hatred of Gaijin? I'm sure he meant Gaikokujin. Anyway, on the other end of the scale, did you ever meet any Western fangirls slash fanboys? How about hilarious English moments? As far as Gaijin, I say Gaijin. A lot of people over there say Gaijin. But yes, the true word is Gaikokujin. Um, 
meaning uh, outside country person, if you break it down kanji-wise. So it literally just means foreigner. Gaijin's the slang. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean something nasty, which is a, what a lot of people think. Um, it's basically, the way I say it in my panel is, it's the same word, it depends on how you use it. In English, we can say, oh, that person's a foreigner. And it might be true, and you're just observing a statement of fact. Or you can say, that dirty foreigner. Same word, different meanings. Um, I actually... I really didn't meet anyone who hated Gaijin, um, and that that's being said, I mean, I went to Hiroshima, I listened to a Hibakusha, which is an atomic bomb survivor, oh, recount wow. their story, mm -hmm. um, and even they said that a lot of Hibakusha do still have a hatred of America, but it, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the extreme end of the spectrum, yeah. and, and even she said that most Hibakusha today are like, you know, Americans today had nothing to do with that incident. They mm -hmm. had no power over it. So, I mean, I, I met all kinds of extremes. Most people I met were more curious about me and why I was there because foreigners are very uncommon and I am very foreign looking in Japan. <laughs> um, and uh, most people were more curious, but they weren't. They, I wouldn't say they had a dislike. If anything, they just had a dislike because I didn't know the culture, I didn't know the unspoken rules. That's right, you didn't know about culture. Culture. <laughs> um, I didn't know the unspoken rules, and I, I didn't speak the language as well as they might have liked me to, so it was just more annoying things that you'd find in any cult country. So from, uh, just to, to O'Reilly interrupt your, your answer with another question, um, you mentioned Hiroshima. From seeing that and from other things in your time there, how would you say, uh, how would you describe the way that Japan deals with World War II? I'm very curious about that because um, I was in Germany a few months ago, and from what I saw, and also from what I've read about Japan, it's uh, like two completely different things, they the way have, both countries uh, deal yeah. with that. They have, um, they definitely have a very strong victimist history. Um, there's definitely a lot of parts where they focus a lot on the atomic bomb and not the horrific things which the Japanese were doing. Yeah, right. Um, not surprising. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even in the atomic bomb museum, like, I was walking around, and, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to get into if it was right or wrong, but they had things like, in Hiroshima, at the time of the atomic bomb, there were X many civilians, and I'm like, yes, and you're not mentioning that civilians were directly helping with the war effort. So X many less soldiers, all right? And some Koreans. And I'm like, you mean the Koreans you brought over as slave labor? Those Koreans? Or, or sex labor? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so... Or what about the POWs that died in uh, yeah, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? It's just one of those things where... I mean, they definitely have their own spin to it. It's definitely a lot more Some focused spin. on... Uh, it's definitely a lot more focused on the victimist side of things of, oh, mm. we were bombed and therefore our atrocious acts are not really focused on they pale in comparison exactly so yeah. it, there's definitely a lot of that, the 200,000 people that were killed don't compare to the millions that we killed unnecessarily and raped and in raped city and, in yeah. China. um yeah but i mean it's one of those things where i just look at it like no one wants to paint themselves to be the bad guy and everyone's hands are bloody are you there on december 7th Oh, shoot. I was there on December 7th. I would have walked around the flag. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's the way I was kind of relating it to. I, yeah. I, I didn't know if there was like something, some preconceived thing that you had or something that you just learned that it was like, you know, wow, I, I didn't realize it was going to be this way or, you know, they're just like us or something like that. And 
I mean, aside from their love of fried chicken, um, <laughs> that was that was surprising. That, 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 to me, that's one of the things I, I've learned the most out of this: the fact that KFC is like the <laughs> Christmas dinner. It is of, the Christmas uh, dinner. I had Japanese people. Not to revisit the topic, but I did have Japanese people who looked at me in shock when I told them that on Christmas I did not eat KFC. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, what do you eat?" Turkey. Yeah, like <laughs> Christmas food pie. Turkey. Um, what the hell is that? <laughs> I have to say, like, well, if, I, you're, if you're Jewish, you I eat Asian food, yeah. so that's yeah. <laughs> the only thing that all open. comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Next article here, and this is from uh, Nin Shadow or Nine Inch Nail Shadow, probably Trent Reznor. <laughs> and this is kind of appropriate that Nine Inch Nail Shadow or Nin Shadow would have this um, for all of those fans of uh, genocide and killing innocent civilians by dropping colonies on them. If you go to Gundam.info, there's the ultimate Christmas present for you. Uh, they have Operation British sweaters and parkas. And I definitely, definitely, if there's anything that I would say to do from this episode is if you're listening to this, you need to go right to this link in the Neo's Listener Submitted News article site on this because this is just too much to be true. It, 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 it's too good to be true. For the Xeon apologist in your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> For the... For, for, for the low-rent Zagiran Zabi in your life. Um, for you your know. neighborhood space fascist. And I'm just going to describe this to you, but every one of you listeners out there has to go to this link. Uh, it's a black or a brown, or black or like a heather gray sweatshirt. And it says in front there, in like old English style uh, writing, Operation British. And it has like a patch, you know, like you would see like an Air Force, like a fighter ace would have on his flight suit. It's got a patch of the planet Earth and a colony falling on it with two lightning bolts on either side. And then on either side of that, it says 00, and on the other side, 79. On what would be the left sleeve, it's got GG. And on the right sleeve, it's got Principality of Xeon in Old English writing with the flag. Is, is the GG supposed to mean good game? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, per I personally want to rock the planet t-shirt showing um, Axis about the fall on the planet. The parka... <laughs> And, and and this is this is a huge on on the uh, on the sweatshirt. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking like most of the front of the sweatshirt. Uh, the park is a little bit different. It's got the same stuff. It's all up on the front and it's on either side. The Operation British patch and stuff is on the left hand, left breast side, and it's a, it's a lot smaller. But you have the good old Principality of Zeon, um, uh, you know, flag there, a little bit larger and a little bit more prominent there. So um, you know, for all those folks that love seeing, you know, let's. Let's gas them, drop them, and kill them. Um, this is uh, this is for them. So uh, thank you, Mr. Nine Inch uh, Shadow, Nine Inch Nail Shadow, or Trent Reznor, or Nin Shadow, or whoever you are. Uh, thank you for your submission. And um, wow, that it, it's almost up there with Pundum, but still can't beat it. And um, last little thing here, and I just want to also let all the people know that uh, give give a break uh, on the Ava articles. I'm not gonna do them for a while. So uh, let, let, let's let the joke die a little bit, and then you can start popping them back in, because uh, every time that there's, uh, there's something with some wetsuit or some stupid thing that's going on there, um, I'm just not going to... Super Samoan edition. Yeah, I'm just not going to do it out of spite now. So I know you're being spiteful. I'm being spiteful back. Uh, but, but Mobius Diablo has an interesting one uh, linked to CNET, and uh, I'm not going to go too much into this, but... There's, uh, it's dealing with, um, we've all seen Macross Plus and the whole thing with Sharon Apple. 
Well, there's actually some technology that's going on with that right now. Oh, yeah. So uh, definitely check out that article. He's got the link there in the uh, in the in the thread, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So um, you know, definitely check that out. So um, and the last one here is from Nasty Nate. And uh, I don't know how nasty you can be if you're for Christ, but I guess you are. Um, nasty in a good way, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he has a, from the Anime News Network, and this coincides with one of our topics today, but imagine what topped the uh, Blu-ray charts in Japan. And, uh, <laughs> uh, for, the, for the week of uh, November 8th to the 14th. No, it was not the Blu-ray release of Garzi's Wings. Chris, uh, any um, any 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 guesses before I, I spoil it for everyone? Queen's Blade Super Samoan Ultra Boobs Edition. Nice. <laughs> nice. What we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it's just boobs, not even bodies, just just boobs. Well, no, unfortunately, and it it's not the complete Blu-ray box set of Dragonaut. It's uh, Gundam Unicorn Volume Two. Oh, sold uh, eight, eighty-one thousand copies. Uh, during the week, uh, d- between the w- uh, the week of uh, November eighth to the fourteenth, doesn't sound like a lot, but Japan's a lot smaller <laughs> than than the United States, and uh, so there you go. So that's the news. I'd like to thank everybody for their submissions, and back to Chris, you know, to get us out of here to go into some real trash. All right, that uh, wraps up our opener. So just uh, sit sit tight, don't change the channel. We'll be right back. You're listening to all the smooth hits on. Gundam FM at MHQ. <laughs> Garzi's Wing um, takes place in Bison Well, but um, it's not the same Bison Well from Dunbine and Neo Bison Well because there's no R battlers. And, uh, well, as you'll, you'll see in a second, why it's so different. Right. So in this story, uh, a half-Japanese dude named Chris, who I'm embarrassed to share a name with, uh, in the very first minute, he's being lectured by a annoying Frabo-type female friend about how irresponsible he is. And he's like, man, screw you. So he goes for a ride on his motorcycle. And then uh, some magic duck flies by him, and it rips his naked soul out of his body. It was Lala. <laughs> I guess it, I guess that's a swan. This is a duck. Oh, was it? Uh, it's it was, the Aflac it was, duck. I was going to say. Aflac. Okay, so the Aflac duck comes, and it rips his naked soul out of his body and starts dragging him down uh, the Aura Road with all of, like, the seaweed and the little babies. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he snags the obligatory Ferrario on his necklace. Right. And she gets dragged down to Byston Well with him. This is all within the first minute of the show. So suddenly, um, his naked soul is a corporeal body in Byston Well. So he finds himself in the middle of this fight between uh, some barbarians and... uh, samurai riding armored raptors and suddenly some dude starts attacking him so he grabs a sword and starts fighting and he's fighting naked which is something that Tamino really loves to do I don't know why he has this thing about having characters in situations where they're naked and he was had no fish no fish to protect them no fish to protect him so um, afterwards everyone proclaims that he must be um, you know the uh, the holy warrior come down from from upper earth to help them and they're just a bunch of like tribesmen who are being used as slaves by some dude to build him a palace and they want to escape 
and they want to take Chris to um, you know the the Holy Land where there's this like magic tree, which I'm just going to call the mana tree because that's what it is. That pretty much. And uh, they want to take him to the mana tree so he can complete the right to become the Holy Warrior. Garzy's wing. Yes. Soul, bro. Yeah, as I had mentioned earlier, I bought this DVD thinking it was going to be close or near. It's okay. We've all caliber. been burnt by anime before. <laughs> <laughs> near, near the caliber that um, um that Orbat Dunbine you know set up for me, and I watched. Well, oh, that 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 thing that says Tamino on it. You're like, hmm. yeah, Tamino, responsible for such hits as what Mobile Suit Gundam, yeah. Dunbine, L Game, all watched, these all these shows and stuff, and yeah. it's like, whoa. I'd watched countless shows from Tamino already, so I wasn't prepared. Yeah, you're over, yeah. For the booty, you don't that have this, to apologize. <laughs> that the booty that this this anime was, man. Um, I sit down and I I watch this and I'm dumbfounded uh, what, <laughs> because not only is the flow so so weird when it comes to the way the story is being told, key points are being left out. <laughs> and I know this is based on a novel or a series of books that Tomino has written. I know that, but of course, as an American, I have not read that shit. So I honestly don't know what the f is going on when I'm sitting here watching this. It's like okay. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, and and, and 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 the revelation that his body is still conscious or his body's still in the in in, in the real world because watching Orbat Dunbine, when you get swept by well, you get usually get swept lock, stock, and barrel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Body and all. So and, you know, and no magic ducks. Exactly. No magic. No Aflac magic duck. No no Capital One barbarians. <laughs> None of that shit. What's in your Bison well? <laughs> <laughs> we get double points for visiting Bison well. Oh, man. Well, well, we get double points when we fly on the Oro Road. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a pirate now? <laughs> I'm fucking my <laughs> But you, you, you sit and watch this, and the fact that he's communicating with his body, and his, and his body is going to, I guess, the... Um, the uh, the ground, the medieval war handbook, which is the Britannic, the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> telling this mofo, okay, you're gonna need to make some gunpowder. It's like, dude, can you make gunpowder on the spot? <laughs> can anyone do that? Even reading an encyclopedia, uh, you know, you may blow your own hand off. Are you are you serious? You're gonna tell him how to make a gun? Or he tells him like how to use like that explosive stuff that they have, yeah. Like yeah. arrows. And, and You're like, hey, why didn't we ever think of this? <laughs> and make fuses and all that stuff. And 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 it, this would make some sense if it was a prequel. But I really don't feel a connection to Orbat, the, the world of Bison, well presented in Orbat, Dunbine, or um, Neo. I think you have well. to consider it to be just like an AU of Bison, well, because yeah. I don't recall in Bison, well, there being flying monsters and armored raptors with samurai on them, and you know all of like the weird creatures that are in this thing. Which brings up a point of something that Tamino does that annoys me what? a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of shows, he tends to have this like this alphabet soup of like really bizarre names of things. Yes, and there's so much of that in 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 uh, Garzi's wing. You know, it's like, sir, we can't use the the bogety boos because they've deployed their ooga boogas. <laughs> yeah. And then and then we get to the part at the family. Uh, sorry, not the family reunion. The class reunion at the pool and how everybody buys into the fact that this man is going through a schizophrenic situation because <laughs> that's how i'd say it's like this guy's schizophrenic this guy's insane <laughs> it's like he's what he's living he's living a, a life i mean you know if if oh. i said to a friend of mine like say for example dale or pedro yeah. i said hey guys uh the affleck duck came and it ripped my soul out of my body and took it to some like bizarre fantasy universe mm -hmm. and all of the pain that my soul feels i feel Right. I would hope that they would have me Baker acted on the spot. Yeah. 
exactly. Have a paddy wagon for your ass. That's what they would do. Well, not only that, it's not only his <laughs> friends, but it's his family too. And yeah, it's like, his family you know, they're like, oh, we'll just make you some soup and put you to bed, and everything will work oh out. God. It's like your, your necklace is wiggling. Oh my god, I get what's going on. We'll have your annoying friends stay over and watch over you, and oh it's just like, dude, uh, you know, just just to make a long story short, it's almost as if Tomino sat and um he he got inspiration from a whole bunch of things and put it in a blender along with some doo doo and mixed it up <laughs> and made a shake out of it. I'm talking like the last Starfighter, Lord of the Rings, um um the Ten Commandments, Spartacus. All this stuff he took some elements from and just put it all together in a mismatch that just don't make any sense at all. And um, well, he, the the end result was his bank account going up because it's the only did. reason why he did this. I'm cause... sure it sold. And for anybody who read the books, it the, the probably the anime made perfect sense. It probably only takes no. That's the anime makes no sense. There is no there is nothing in this world that could make that anime make any sense because that story is complete garbage. She she's really warming up to me as a character. Um, I I. I you know, she seems as, as Neo had mentioned. Um, she she reminds me a lot of Kashiria, um, but uh, at the same time, you know, you can see a little bit of a a play in her as well. It's it's. She's I don't a, see that at all. You don't see that. At I don't all? see any Kashiria in her. I don't. <laughs> see, I mean, she she's kind of got that. You know, that that one is like this mass manipulative woman who. Yeah, that's true. You know, would stab any, anyone in the back for power. Blue in her either, plea or whatever the hell you her know, name was. Well, but she she is because she's well, a clone. I, I see that. I mean, I see the resemblance, but I don't see did, anything with the. Uh... Did, did you did you expect to see her uh, running through the halls naked, and screaming? It's still waiting. <laughs> now this is the moment you've been waiting for, Soul Bro. Wait, wait, and and his Jay Lanoing of Unicorn. Well, uh, just uh, Chris is yeah, most of the, the, the best parts of this. It's uh... the best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has gone over some, uh, pretty much most of the best points <laughs> of this of this review our our discussions. So uh, I'll just get into things that um that he didn't talk about or or to just touched upon um the uh, episode and helps to break her out of the ship. So, you know, they, there's a bond being built between those two. Um, you got this. You got to uh, also see that Banneger was getting both sides of the coin. Hey, he wants he wants a little bit of playoff, old Audrey. Maybe so. Why Maybe wouldn't you? Trying to hook up. But. Uh, for the true person, if you want change in today's society, I suggest nothing more than the shirt um, produced by the Cospa uh, company. It is a shirt of Giran Zabi in the classic Obama icon, blue-red with Sieg Zeon at the bottom. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> so tell me, this is that, wow. this is that uh, print of Obama that says Hope on it, but it's got Giran Zabi's face, and it says Zig Zeon. Yes. <laughs> wow. I own this shirt. That is crazy. Oh my god. I, I think genocide would have been more appropriate. I know. Hate. <laughs> yeah. Hate would have been would have been poignant. No, right you need there. you need to print up one of Austin and have it say hate. Yeah, that that Oh my god. Ooh, man. You know, it sounds Screw like it, I'm going to make that for next year. You should. General <laughs> hate shirts. Oh god, we should do that to be honest with you. Um, but you know, what what's so funny is I you feel like all these things should have been uh come with um, you know, the re-release of uh, Igloo or or would that be that guy's uh, gloves, Mr. uh Space Nazi and Mr. His leather gloves. fetish. Yeah. <laughs> well, it actually did come out in 2000, was it? The patches all came out in 2007 along with Igloo. Oh. So, god. for all your Space Nazi needs. 
the next episode I, I I love to death is Speak Like a Child. That's the one with the beta tape that uh, Spike and Jet go out of their way to find a player for in order to find out what's on the tape. Yeah. And um, the tape apparently was delivered to Faye. Faye didn't really give a damn because the tape, you know, would would have cost her a fortune to pay the the shipping fines in or shipping up uh, the shipping po- the postage for. But um, towards the end of the episode, after they go through all that trouble to get that um the beta player, which they don't get, they get a VHS player. Um, <laughs> the beta player is delivered to them, and they all get to sit down and watch this tape. And you find out that it's a a big piece of Faye's missing past when she was much younger the past that she can't remember and it, it's a it's a tearjerker ending i you know just to get hit after all the fun that episode provides to get hit with all that all, all that dramatic uh flair towards the end was really cool um ones that i enjoyed uh i'll start off with uh boogie woogie feng shui which i was going to mention so there <laughs> and uh one of the things that appeals to me about that episode is that it's jet on his own yeah and you know he's helping this girl out because he knew her dad and it's interesting how um well, first, every time I see her, I, I, I keep thinking of Luna from, from the Lunar Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she kind of looks like her. She, she does. She's dressed up as like a little like gypsy-type gypsy. chick with a little scarf and her little feng shui board and all that crap. But anyway, that, um, you know, because her dad was never around, she um, had these very strong feelings of dislike for him. But then she found out the truth from Jet, which was that, you know, her dad was a feng shui master for the syndicate and that he kept her and her mom away because he didn't want them to get caught up in his world yeah because as we see that was catching up to him and you know it's sort of sad that you know they go through all this trouble to find him they find where it was this guy was hidden inside the space gate and all they have time to do is for this guy to say like goodbye to his daughter before yeah you know that sort of little hole in there closes and he dies yep so it's pretty bittersweet that you know again you know like we were saying earlier about saying things at the last minute you know she finally understood her father and didn't hate him anymore but it literally was when he was at death's door yeah pretty much speak like a child also i thought um was amusing because of this whole quest for this betamax tape that they go through such ridiculous extents to try to find yeah they went back and uh, forth to earth like how many times (laughs) (laughs) or that it started off with like spike being just such a moron when um they were trying to uh watch the tape at that guy's tape store and he just kept kicking the the player until it broke yeah my plane works when i kick it You know, it's just it was just hilarious how dumb he was and and uh you know just their general uh lack of knowledge about these archaic video formats. Welcome back to episode sixty eight of Gundam at MAHQ. In this episode we were joined by Andres Serrato from um to- some from um Tomopop.com and uh he guided us along in the holiday mecha and uh, merchandise guide. Uh, where we talked about all sorts of stuff that you might want to get your your loved ones that are into Mecca uh, for Christmas, uh, models and whatnot. And then uh, we had a hearty discussion about one of the one of our favorite animes of all time, Cowboy Bebop, the uh, definitive Space Cowboy series. And um, before uh, before we close this episode well, out, the definitive Space Cowboy series, Space Cowboy anime series. How about that? How about I don't that? Know about that. There but... are other ones, but it's it, to me is the best of the three. That's just me. But um. Before we uh, before we close the show out, I want to hand the mic over to Chris because he's got some important news to share with us. Well, uh, first, since we didn't mention this at the opening, uh, this is the last episode of Gundam for 2010. <laughs> oh man! 
scared yeah, me. We're, we're, we're taking off the holidays, so we'll be back in January with uh, some, some podcasting goodness. Mm-hmm. But uh, the news that I have this time is the announcement of the MHQ Podcast Network. You might say to yourself, Stealth, how can there be an MHQ Podcasting Network if all you guys have is Gundam? Well, I'm glad you asked that because we are going to be having next year the premiere of two new podcasts. So the first one uh, will be called Chaos Theater. And if you're a video game fan, that's an Earthbound reference. Mm-hmm. And uh, the show kind of grew out of um, a desire I had to do something different because you know, with Gundam, we've been talking about robots for three years. And while that's fun, there's only so far that you can go with that. And although we've stretched the concept a little bit to talk about uh, sci-fi stuff like Firefly and Galactica or anime just like Bebop right now, mm-hmm. there's only so far you can stretch that because there's no conceivable way that I can stretch it that we talk about Castlevania or One Piece on Gundam. Unless they it get just, robots. It just doesn't work. Mm. So um, I approached Pedro good old Pedal Bear South Hell yeah. uh, show. So we're going to be hosting Chaos Theater, which will be focusing on general anime, not robots, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, and video games. And if you're a very, very long-time MAHQ fan, you'll find that uh, some of the things we talk about on this show will harken back to the way things were on FAHQ when we started off as the Fantasy and Animation HQ. Man, throwing back. Really throwing back 10 years. So, you know, if if you want to hear us talking about things that aren't robots and you sort of want an un-Gundam, then uh, Chaos Theater will be that show. And initially, when it premieres in January, it'll be a monthly show for the first few episodes. But ideally, we're going to switch to twice a month and um, the show will appear during the off weeks of Gundam. So that way you always have every week some MHQ podcasting goodness. So um, you can check us out. We have an email address. You can reach us at chaostheatershow at gmail.com. And that's theater, E-R, not R-E. <laughs> um, you can uh, tweet us at twitter.com slash ctcast. You can also visit the right now empty chaostheater.blogspot.com. <laughs> and by the time that you hear this episode, there will be a Chaos Theater subform on Mechatalk. Oh, so uh, we're going to be doing things different from Gundam. Um, show's going to be shorter, maybe about an hour per episode. We're going to have one main topic. We're going to try to have a different guest every episode to talk about a specific topic. And those guests could include Gundam co-hosts. Uh, they will definitely include haters like Austin. So you know, we could <laughs> finally have um, you know, a fight to the death between Solbro and Austin about Capcom. Oh, man, I'm going to gear up for that. You, you need to start training for it because you're 10 years too early. Uh, there'll be a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about, so uh, please check the uh, soon-to-be threads on the Chaos Theater subform on Talk for ideas. We are going to have a mailbag, so you can send us in uh, your questions on many subjects, and I hope that you all enjoy that show. The second podcast that we're unveiling is uh, as yet untitled... Uh, Plamo cast that will cover uh, Gunpla, General Plamo, toys, sci-fi type things, and uh, the host for that will be Tomopop's Andre Serrato, who uh, unfortunately couldn't stick around with us the whole episode for this announcement, but um, he will be doing this show, and um, 
you know, it'll be pretty similar to the things that he's talked about on Gundam. He'll be talking about news, uh, model kit reviews, modeling tips, a whole variety of subjects. Uh, this show's still a little bit in the flux, so we don't have a name for it yet, so there's no addresses or anything I can give you, but uh, it will have a forum on uh, Mecha Talk at the same time, and of course we can just change the name from a temporary one to a final one. That's going to be a monthly show. Uh, we're going to stagger the introduction of these two podcasts so that they don't um, cannibalize each other's audiences or Gundams. So expect uh, this Plamo show to start probably somewhere around March, maybe. And uh, we could certainly use help from the community if uh, you uh, want to volunteer with uh, providing information about your kits or if you have any uh, expertise with uh, podcasts, particularly editing. Uh, we're going to put out a call for that stuff, so please watch for further information. And um, that basically is the announcement, and um, it all came up pretty quickly, but it resulted from me wanting to do some more podcasts over the years, but struggling to find an idea of what could we do that would differentiate from Gundam. And um, I think this, this does that because uh, Chaos Theater will probably with only a few exceptions not really talk about robots so you know you can check out your robot fix on Gundam and that will never change because let me just make this clear nothing is changing about Gundam uh, you can enjoy all of these related but uh, different topics on Chaos Theater and if you really want that uh, modeling fix that goes more in depth than what we've done with Andres in the past then you'll have a whole show with him covering all of those topics so i'm excited about these shows and i hope that you all will be as well and that you'll listen to them um of course we'll provide download information for you and with both shows once they hit five episodes then we'll be on itunes and all of your other media subscription services as well oh that's good i mean that is especially you know i, I, th I think with the modeling one because we, we, I think we've all figured out here on Gundam that we just can't give it the service that it really uh, probably deserves. And, you know, having somebody like Andreas doing it is just, you know, going to be an exciting thing. And I, I hope, I'm sure there's a lot of people hearing this are going to be very, very excited. But, um, um, oh, before we go, I guess the, the one thing I always want to tell everybody to support our sponsors uh, with uh, GoDaddy and uh, Petco. And of course, hopefully I'm able to, I'm in the good negotiations right now hopefully we have some other things that will be coming most likely the first of next year so that'll be good um and of course uh you know the more support you give those folks the more support you give us and uh, definitely give the support to the new shows because hopefully uh, we get to a certain point with our hosting services there maybe there'll be some other um sponsorship that can be done through them and maybe a little bit more towards that arena so well not as specific you, you just never know so um definitely support everything i know i know times are tough for a lot of people and you got to watch your dollars and all that but you know there are some pretty good deals uh especially if you have pets i think that that the petco thing has always been a good thing because uh i don't have my dog anymore i had to put oh. him down but the thing was it's very expensive to own a dog or probably even a cat uh, with food and shots and all that stuff, so definitely check those out. Plus, it's the it's the holiday season, man. Yeah, tis the season. Yeah. Go for it, guys. Pick up pets some... needs gifts too. That's yeah, right, exactly. man. Get, pets get, are people too. Get Rover a new bone. <laughs> or 
catnip for Kitty. Well, Neil, thank you for um, thank you for bringing um, bring, uh, bringing that to light. And um, Chris, thank you for that earth-shattering news. And um, hey, you heard go. it here, folks. This is the Gundam World exclusive. Hell yeah, man! Exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> so uh, uh, the MHQ network it gets large enough, we can uh, we can go after some of the other cable networks. Hell yeah, dude! Maybe have the uh, our, our version of the. O'Reilly, no spin zone, O'Reilly factor. WB, we're looking at you. <laughs> Invite people on and turn their mics off. Yeah, and we could demand we're, writers too. Exactly, <laughs> writers, man, chilled those, hams, those chilled hams. Here we come. Red M and 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 red M and M's only, and red gummy bears. <laughs> Just red. Yes. That's how we. That's how we throw down. But, but um, check these websites out when you get the chance. MAHQ.net, of course, the Mecha and Anime headquarters. Gundam.net for um, episode info, liner notes, and links to our social networking sites. Um, you can find us on iTunes, and of course, um, reach us by email by sending us messages to GundamMAHQ at gmail.com. And um, if there's nothing else, thank you for joining us in uh, episode 68 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MAHQ production. have lost a hero to our glorious and noble cause. But does this foreshadow our defeat? No! It is a new beginning. Compared to the Earth Federation, the national resources of Zeon are less than one-thirtieth. Despite this major difference, how is it that we've been able to fight for so long? My people, it is because our goal in this war is a righteous one. You of all understand this the best. We were driven from Earth and forced to become colonists in space. For 50 years, a handful of elites on Earth have extended control of the Earth Federation into space. How many times has the Federation quashed our demands for freedom? As long as we, the Principality of Zeon, fight for this sacred cause, God will not abandon us. My beloved brother, Garma Zabi, was sacrificed. Why? History demands that we, the chosen nation, must dominate this new age. We must not become complacent, and we must bring an end to this stalemate. Together, we have struggled in the harsh life of space, and built this new culture on which we stand. Zeon Daikun said that the rebirth of man would begin with us, those who live in space. However, the arrogant worms of the Earth Federation claim that they are the ones to control mankind and resist this renaissance. Many of you have lost fathers and sons to the Federation's senseless resistance. You must keep this sadness and hatred alive within you. My brother Garma Zabi has shown us these virtues through his own valiant sacrifice. We must gather this hatred and crush the Federation. For true victory is within our grasp. Victory is the ultimate vindication to all of those who have sacrificed their lives in this conflict. My people! My people, rise and transform your sorrow into anger! Never forget that we, the citizens of Zeon, are the chosen! We, the superior race, shall save mankind! Hail! Zeon! 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 Zeon!